There it is. Oh, okay. No, 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 no. Coco Talk would like to thank our patrons, the real sponsors of our show. Al Hartman, Alan Huffman, Blair Ledoux, Brendan Donahue, Brian Joyce, Brian Weasler, Christina Armstrong, D. Bruce Moore, Davey Mitchell, Diego, Disney Saints fan, Eric Canales, Fedor Stamen, Grant Leedy, Jason Bucata, Jason Downs, Jenna Farron, Ken Reichard, Kyle Etter, Malfunct, Paul Fiscarelli, Paul Shoemaker, Richard Lorbieski, Rob Inman, Stephen Wagner, Steve Bjork, Terry Steen, Terry Steggy, The Backyard Shed Gang, Tom C., and Tom S. Thank you ever so much, patrons. Coco Talk is an unscripted live broadcast. Anything can and will happen. The views and opinions expressed by members of the panel and the live audience are their own and not necessarily those of the Coco Talk show, its sponsors, affiliates, or subsidiaries. Open minds encourage, sense of humor recommended. If any off color comments were made, we're sorry. Hi, this is Dale Lear, designer of TRS-80 Color Baseball, and you're listening to Coco Talk. This is... Coco Talk, the world's leading live talk show featuring the Tandy Calor computer. It's time to drop your socks, grab your real time clocks, and let's rock. Coco Talk is rocking the 8 bit world, keeping the Tandy flame alive. We may be mocked, but we'll never stop, because Coco Talk is rocking the 8 bit world. All right, everybody, welcome to just another regular show of Coco Talk, where we are bringing you the first ever virtual 29th annual Last Chicago Coco Fest. Coco Talk is rocking the eight-bit world, keeping the tiny flame alive. We may be mocked, but we'll never stop, because Coco Talk is rocking the eight-bit world. <laughs> Hello out there in Coco Land. I'm Steve Strobridge and this is a Coco Talk editorial. Today we'll be airing a very special Coco Talk that's been dubbed just a regular show. And no truer words have ever been spoken because every week any regular episode of Coco Talk brings you the greatest Coco infotainment in the world. Every week, Testify. we bring you the world's largest virtual club meeting where people gather, exchange ideas, preview hardware and software projects, socially interact, and we have fun while we're doing it. Uh, Absolutely. Every week, we celebrate Coco Fest, which was the inspiration for starting this show. And our passion and commitment to the Cocoa community have allowed us to grow to become the greatest Cocoa talk show in the world. Every week, on any regular yeah. episode of Cocoa Talk, we have a mini virtual Cocoa Fest. 
But this week, mm-hmm. we're celebrating what would have been the 29th annual last Chicago Cocoa Fest and the 40th anniversary of the color computer. We would have been in Chicago in person right now, but in lieu of that, we're bringing you the first ever 29th annual virtual Cocoa Fest. Glenside Color Computer Club has kept the spirit of Rainbow Fest alive for 29 years. And for the past three Uh of those, Cocoa Talk's been helping to carry that torch. So I humbly invite you to share with us today a very regular episode of Cocoa Talk. Coco forever, people. All right. Yeah. Amen. Hey, hey. We are here. We are Amen. here. We thank are live. You. Thank you very much, and thank you. Thank you. You're too kind. Wow, thank you. That's all I have to say is wow. Wow. Well, we're here. We got nothing <laughs> to Steve, talk about muted, today. Buddy. Uh, am I muted? Anything you. can you're happen. I'm not muted, am I? <laughs> am I muted? Stevie can't get his microphone back on. Steve, he's become a J-host. All right. Am I muted? Can you guys hear me? All right. We're here, guys. We're live. We are here to celebrate the virtual Cocoa Fest. This is it, folks. we got a great show, a very special show in store for you today. We've got a lot of people who have been able to um, uh, present for us today. We've spared no expense to bring you quality infotainment spared today. No expense. And and at the beginning of all Cocoa Fest, if you've never been to a Cocoa Fest before, Cocoa Fest usually start off with the national anthem. So there's an opening ceremony with the yeah, national yeah. anthems. And so what we're going to have for you right now is nobody better to sing the American national anthem than a Canadian. So ladies and gentlemen, please <laughs> enjoy the Bruce Moore for the opening ceremonies. Greetings, all you 2020 virtual Cocoa Festers. I invite you all to rise, take off your hats, and join with me in singing our national anthems. Are you getting up? Just because we can't see you doesn't mean you shouldn't stand up. Okay, true patriots, please stand. Oh, say can you see by the dawn's early light What so proudly we hailed at the twilight's last gleaming Whose broad stripes and bright stars through the perilous fight O'er the ramparts we watched were so gallantly streaming and the rockets red glare the bombs bursting in air gave proof through the night that our flag was still there oh say does that star-spangled banner yet wave o'er the land of the free and the home of the brave oh our home and native land true patriot love in all of us command 
With glowing hearts we see thee rise, the true north strong and free. From far and wide, O Canada, we stand on guard for thee. God keep our land glorious and free. O Canada, we stand on guard for thee. O Canada, we stand on guard for thee. Coco forever! What a way to start a regular show. Welcome, everybody. Oh, we, we should apologize to Bruce for the American anthem being so hard to sing. We're sorry. <laughs> We're sorry. We're sorry. All right. Well, listen, we've got a jam-packed show. We're just going to jump right into it. We've got a schedule. We've got presenters ready to present. The first presenter, the first presentation we're going to show off today is from a gentleman from Australia, Darren Ottery. Welcome. Thank you for being here for the first ever virtual coca fest so last week darren was showing us his project where he's been working on a cover of the uh new order song blue monday this is being sequenced on coco's being played through midi via coco's and then performed in his studio so we are going to debut that video right now are you guys ready yep. yes all we are. right so i'm going to put you Hot. all on mute and then we're going to go ahead and crank this thing out
Yeah. Oh, that was awesome. Wow. That's, it's just, right. just, just too cool, but wow. way too cool. I have, nice. I have one word to say about that, and that would be. Oh, Rocky. Oh, man. So <laughs> there were a lot of questions in the live chat while that was playing, like how much of that was being played on the Coco. So, Darren, you want to tell us a little bit about the project and what you did and how you did it and all that kind of stuff? Yeah, yeah, sure. Um, you know, um, some of the guys had um, I did a little bit of a, a sneak peek preview of that project. I, I wanted to create a project where the Coco was um, – uh, what I would have liked to have done back in the day, you know, if I had uh, a Coco with a MIDI interface and, you know, some cool software. So now uh, we've gone back to Coco MIDI Pro and use that as the um, as the, the, the beginnings of the project. Um, so uh, Coco MIDI Pro, for those who don't, don't know, is a, um, a multi-track sequencer. Um, so basically the way that works is that uh, I, I record um, each track uh, from my MIDI keyboards and my drum machine into the into the Coco MIDI Pro sequencer, um, and then we can play that back. Uh, it can play back all of it, so all of the drums, all of the bass, all of the little sequence lines, um, they they all come out of out of the Coco as uh, you know as MIDI data, which then triggers the instruments. Um, uh, in, a, in a live way. Um, what I've done in that particular video is the drums and the bass and uh, quite a few of the sequence parts are actually coming out of the, the Coco live. Um, and, you know, um, uh, that's what my wife was mixing that together on the mixing board. Um, I was then playing um, some parts over the top so that it looked like that I had, would have something to do in the clip um, and singing the vocal over the top um and that project was um it was just so rewarding to do um it was uh, a lot of fun um i'll also um uh put together a behind the scenes video um sort of showing um how that all works and um so people can see that um i'll pop that up on my youtube channel so um i think um i think we'll put a link up after the excellent after the talk and and people can go and have a look at that. Excellent. We'll be sure to share that. Well, that's awesome. Yeah. Does anybody have any questions for Darren about his music, his instruments, anything like that? Mixing board? Yeah, it's a, so there's a mixing board there. Um, it's a uh, Allen and Heath GL 3300. 3300. Yeah, yeah. I guess 38. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> very close. Yeah, I love that. I love that old gear. It's, it's amazing. And, and it all kind of uh, gels with the... Um, <laughs> I mean, this is, 19, this is 1986 technology, 1990s technology, and some modern technology all mixed together. And a, and a cocoa. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Just, uh, I've used a GL3800 32 channel before, so look for Yeah, it. yeah, they're, they're a great board. I have a quick what question. Do, how, many, how many cents were you controlling with the cocoa at that time? Um, so what you heard uh, was six, six tracks, so a drum track. Um, so they, what happens with the drums, even though there's lots of different drum sounds there, they all end up on one track. So there's one drum machine, um, and then there are five other um, synthesizer parts playing, yeah, you know, when you're listening there. And, and then there were others that I was playing over the top. Wow, that's a lot. So six on the Cocoa plus a handful that you were playing. So we're looking at at least eight, eight instruments going off at all times. Oh. 
Yeah, yeah, but but in reality, you know, if I wanted to, I could have just uh, made a video of, um, of of the Coco playing back ten tracks. Um, but that would be boring. So yeah, yeah. This, is a, this, is, this is a performance piece, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like one of the what, best uh, pop songs from the eighties too. So. Yeah. What <laughs> yeah. uh, what um, media interface are you using there, Darren? Um, so look, I, I think it, I think it would be called a Coco uh, MIDI pack. Uh, is that is that what the uh, it was? It's it's um, something that a guy named um, Jason, um, who I, I don't know if he's on the group anymore. Um, he he built that based on the um, original Perth. Pack. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah. Jason Lee Steer. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. And and one okay. of John Scott's cases. Excellent. Yeah, right. Excellent. Cool. Yeah. There's a lot of um, lot of Easter eggs in that video clip too. Um so uh you know there's a lot of Ed Snyder in there. There's a lot of um there's some Nick Nick Marentis. Um you know oh, yeah. if you yeah. if you have a close look it's it's all there. It's all, it's probably about 15 Easter oh, eggs oh. that you can have a look at. Yeah, there's like, I mean, I see, you, see, you see Gunstar and uh, sitting on the thing, and there's there's the TRS-80 in the background, too. And there's yeah, there's a, there's a lot of Tandy Easter eggs in that video. I have to watch that again. That was really there's cool. A, I really like the way you got the... Um, I love the way you got the titles running on the uh, on the Model 4 in the background. Old print, yeah. you know, the, the, old, the old print line, print blue Monday, go to go to 10 sort of thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's a um, it's a little text program I wrote. Very simple. I wanted to push the model four to its uh, you know its, its limits. Um, so yeah, that's. Uh, <laughs> that's you should uh, maybe next time you should try living on video by Transix. Yeah, yeah, I sure. Think... I'm always always open to suggestions for sure. I, and uh, actually, the next thing I want to do is I want to I want to write some original music and and put that up. And out of that project, I'd like to share some. Um, uh, some of that. Um, I have uh, I have a couple of uh, Yamaha DX7 uh, in my basement, and I have some uh, Yamaha MS6 uh, music machines as well. So oh, lovely! I'm just looking forward to uh, taking it out and uh, maybe working with uh, the Transix uh, mm -hmm. composition. Oh, that's that's amazing! I mean, and that's the best thing. I mean, you know, if there's a silver lining to this whole uh lockdown madness this studio was not uh together three weeks ago it was in in bits and pieces and i've just had a whole heap of fun putting it all together wow um with your uh cool. with your model four you gave me an id about uh, using this one <laughs> <laughs> yeah do it that's oh. the way all right well we've got a jam-packed show today so just to let you guys know we've got over 24 people that have um that we've coordinated with to give presentations and i put a call out this week and everybody needed to rsvp by friday to get on the show and so if you had not reserved to get your slot in here um unfortunately we can't let any more people on the call right now we've already got about at least a good five hour show for you well the goodness of it's to be determined but i'm pretty sure it's going to continue to rock so we're going to keep on going we now have our next presentation, and this is a guy we met at VCF Midwest last year. Where the heck are you now? I've got so many people on my screen. Can you, there you are, Nathan. Can you see me? See you. Yeah, I'm going to make you full screen. I'm going to stop sharing because you might want to screen share too. So up next on our presentation roster is Nathan Bird. Welcome to Virtual Cocoa Fest, Nathan Bird. So what do you have to show for us today? What's your presentation? Thank you very much, and uh, it's going to be really hard to follow that. That was amazing, <laughs> just so you know. Uh, so, uh, yeah, my name is Nathan Bird. Um, 
I uh, started using a, a cocoa when I was eight years old and uh, it kind of stuck. So uh, I'm from St. Louis, Missouri. Um, my brother and I started using it and, and programming and that became my career. So this was just a little project that I did to try to give back a little bit. Um, uh, one of my favorite games growing up was a game, uh, you could probably see it behind me, Dungeons of Daggeroth. Um, it was a classic game, 1982, written by Dynamicro. And uh, it's, it had a lot of unique features and it's super advanced for the time, super advanced for the Coco. Uh, honestly, I think they sold a lot of Cocos based on, on uh, Dungeons of Daggeroth. And so I'm sure a lot of people here are, are very familiar with it. So uh, I love that game. And even into adulthood, and I went to go look for uh, available versions, and and uh, there was uh, some PC ports. There was uh, a uh, PlayStation port at one time. Wow, I didn't know um, that. that I don't think is there anymore. Um, but uh, a lot of different great uh, great versions of Dungeons and Daggeroth. But one thing you could not do was play it online. So. I went to fix that. Uh, so this is kind of announcement uh, today. As of today, you can you can go to uh, Daggeroth that online and play Dungeons of Daggeroth from anywhere, from your desktop, from your mobile phone. It's installable. Uh, runs on almost every web browser. Installable on uh, your mobile device or on your PC. No so, way. It's uh, cool. So yeah, thank you. So so this is uh, basically uh, you know the, the, the I've been working on this for some time, but I can't claim to have done anything really special. This is like a lot of things we do, standing on shoulders of giants, right? The original source code was released um, uh, by Dynamicro. Then the PC port was created, uh, a PC port was created um, and uh, was open sourced. Then an SDL port, um, which is a graphics library, an SDL port was created. And then I took that and I made it, and I used a programming language called WebAssembly uh, in order to put it online. So um, let me just go ahead and jump into it. Oh, uh, one other thing I should mention is this is totally uh, open source. Uh, there is a link on, uh, on Daggeroth.online to, uh, to the repository. So this is available for everybody. Uh, let me go ahead and try, of course, online demos are really fun, but I'm gonna try to do a screen share here and show you a little bit of Daggereth online. Okay, and if somebody could just give me an indication whether whether you could see that. Yeah, we see it. Fantastic. Okay, so this is the site. Um, there's other information, um, the GitHub, how to play, some information, that sort of thing. But let's just jump right into it. So we're gonna play, uh, play some Dungeons of Daggeroth on my web browser. So it just comes up. I can. I don't think you're sharing sound, are you? Start a game. I did. I turned the volume down. Let okay. me turn the volume. You can turn back it up, up a, a little notch bit. A little bit. Let's see if that. Can you guys hear that now? Yeah, I can hear it. Okay, perfect. Um, so, and this is just um, Dungeons of Daggeroth. And we can go and play the game. Uh, I won't. Uh, show you my terrible Dungeons of Daggeroth skills. <laughs> uh, 
one funny thing is I've actually, I did a port of this. I have never actually beaten this game. <laughs> so somebody's going to have to beat this just to tell me that, that it all works. But uh, I've gotten pretty far, but I haven't beaten it. So this is Dungeons & Dagroth, uh, running in a web browser, uh, running um, uh, in, you know, in a, a way that we can install it on the computer. So let me go ahead and... Um, one other thing to, to point out is I do have uh, mobile controls as well, because if you remember the, the Dungeons of Dagroth, everything is um, everything in Dungeons of Dagroth is uh, done with commands, typing commands, and that doesn't work very well on a mobile phone. So we, uh, I also implemented some oh, commands where, where, where I can, uh, you know, either you know pull a pull uh, item. Sword. Oh, look at that and uh and use it or do you know attack various things like that um probably gonna die here in a second this this guy's so here let's attack him a little bit so that's the game oh, that's um, cool so it is uh yeah there i go <laughs> so uh if anybody can get farther than me uh, jump on uh, Dagroth. You set the bar online. pretty low, so I think that's. <laughs> <laughs> jump on Dagroth online and, and give it a try. Uh, I definitely am uh, looking for some. Uh, I'm sorry. Okay. Um, I'm uh, definitely looking for some help uh, in a couple of areas. So, besides going out there, check it out, share it with people, uh, please. Uh, also, I'm looking for help in a couple of areas. One is I'm looking for somebody who has information about how the artifact colors worked on the high-res two color that could help with some enlightenment for me. Because because I'd love to get this in the artifact colors like I've got on the original Cocoa version running behind me. Um, but uh, it's a little bit beyond me right now, so I'd love to get some help with that. If, um, I, if I could throw in two cents there, well, I, sure. I think that's great if you want to learn how to do it. I'd say, you know, go, by all means, learn how to do it. I think this game benefits from no artifacting. It just looks much better monochrome in my yeah, opinion. Yeah, it, it was designed as a two-color game. So Yeah, uh, absolutely. It's an yeah. option. Yeah. yeah. No, yeah. absolutely. So you could turn it on yeah. and off. Yeah, that would be cool. Right. Yeah. Um, uh, and then also, just in general, uh, check it out. Check out some of the technologies used. I think, myself, I think digital preservation is really important. And not just in keeping the devices like we all have um, the original devices, but also taking and making some of these things accessible to newer generations where we can hopefully uh, you know get some get some kids playing, get some kids learning these uh, implementing in their own uh, and you know uh, implementing it uh, for taking these ideas putting in their own projects. Yeah, so. absolutely. How long have you been working on this? Um, oh, I've been working on this off and on for probably about six months now. Um, but uh, uh, really, just you know, like everybody else, we've we've all had a lot of time recently, so yeah. that's helped out yeah, a lot. Absolutely, that's very cool. I noticed you have a Z load and Z save commands. Is that local to the current web session, or can you actually save it somewhere where you can pick up the game later? You can actually save it, and you can pick it up later as long as you're running in the same web browser. It saves it uh, in your in the web browser itself. Okay. okay. Uh, also, something I mentioned briefly, but I didn't uh, touch on, is you can actually save it if you go if if you go to um, Dungeons of Dagroth 
or to dagger out that online with your say your phone or computer it'll have one of the options will be to install and you can actually install a local version of that as well and so that will run locally and allow you to, to run it if you see safe and see load there of course that's your local copy too cool that's impressive that's super cool so um i just uh, jason the coco man are you here I'm not sure if he's unmuted, but um, so we saw you at VCF Midwest and you had the coolest yes. line. So what was that line you said when you when you ran into us at VCF Midwest last year? Oh, I think I said, I think I said uh, uh, that, uh, that uh, oh, what was it? Uh, now I'm trying to remember, but uh, but it was it was about uh, using the switcheroo and and uh, how everybody should have a switcheroo. <laughs> <laughs> switcheroo is a good, yeah, absolutely. Uh, and I thought that yeah, was that's great. what's running behind me. I I, I absolutely love the things. So yeah, you, yeah, you came up to Jason like, oh, you're the guy who made the switcheroo, and this is the greatest thing. Everybody should have a switch. Everybody who's got a oh, Coca yeah. Three should have a switcheroo. I'm like, you're the that's... switcheroo guy. I remember you. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. you're the switcheroo guy. <laughs> That's my you know, original Coco from when I was a kid running in the background, and it's running with the switcheroo to, to, to get it back up and running. So, yeah, uh, thank you very much. Uh, that's, that's awesome. Cool. I'm glad to hear it. I'm glad to see people enjoying uh, this, these little silly things I put together at home. Absolutely. It's great. Yeah. Um, does anybody else have any other questions for Norm about his project about Daggerath Online? Anyone? So anyone? And if I can, if you do have questions afterwards, uh, please go to go to daggerthought.online. There's a link to to the either just send me an email or there's a link to the uh, my GitHub page, and you can always throw in an issue if you have any problems or uh, uh, you know chat on there as well. Okay. And in the live chat, Robert Murphy says, Nathan, I have to say you did manage to come up with a good follow up to the Blue Monday video. Dagger <laughs> score is pretty high. <laughs> awesome. Thank you guys very much. I, uh, I had a lot of fun working on it. Okay. okay this is you. an exhibition, not a competition. Please, okay. no wagering. <laughs> All right. So um, we are, the next thing that we're going to talk about right now, this came up on Facebook this week and the timing is, is perfect, but uh, Norm Lamoureux on Facebook, he posted a video, I'm assuming that he took himself, of uh, Rainbow Fest from 1989 and a lot of comments have come up for that people have recognized either themselves or other legendary coco community members so i thought we would just play this video and then you guys can tell me to pause because i have never been to a rainbow fest you guys can tell me to pause the video at any given time or rewind or whatever you need me to do so let's just go ahead and get it started and then just you guys chime in at any time when you need me to pause or rewind whatever okay that's the wrong file okay so vlc has decided to remember the last thing i played versus what i wanted to do that's that's the joy uh -oh. of doing it live right so hold on just one second here um here we go here's the video i was like man that sounded weird <laughs> Oh, no, hear nothing. Oh, you guys can't hear it. Hold on. Or or see it. Yeah, it's on, it's on YouTube, though. Technical difficulties. There you go. Oh, poor Taurus. Okay. So I'm going to go now. So. See you later. 
the Hyatt Regency. It said grand opening. Was that a brand new hotel opening? No, it didn't oh. open. I think they did some remodeling. Oh, okay. I was still in high school in 1989. Wow. Uh, yeah. Remembering I was wishing I could be there. Right. There's James Jones. Right, oh, right there? Registering. Yep. Wow. Okay. Hey, James. Look at that. They have, like, the the sign-up booths that you have at all the conferences. Yeah, and those are all Rainbow Magazine staff manning the booth. I wonder if they had accepted PayPal prepays at this event. Are they using a TP10 printer to print their receipts? <laughs> I don't see any line. Registration line. Look at the stacks of technology there. I noticed a lot of people wearing ties and looking very formal. <laughs> yeah, that's usually the booth representative, especially the Radio Shack booths and Computer yeah. Shack and stuff. Now, see, I thought that mullet sighting right there was Curtis Boyle. So, Curtis, can you confirm or deny if this mullet belongs to I don't think to that you? one was me. No? I usually wore the actual fest shirts when I was there. Okay. I'd buy the shirt first and then go. So. All right. I could have sworn if I saw. If anybody sees the lovely Tamara, let, let us know. Okay, right there. It's hard to pause, but yeah, you get the yeah, idea. Yeah. I thought that mullet yeah. person so, might have been. If you, if you can name that mullet in three tunes, then. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so, um, so you guys tell me when to pause if there's anything, because I don't know anybody. Well, just the sheer size of it compared to Coco oh, Fest yeah. nowadays. Yeah. And this is not the biggest ones. This has actually already started tapering off. Coco Cats over here. Here. That's Lonnie Fox. There's Rick Adams. Where? Go back. Right there. Down. In the yeah. Blue shirt. The blue shirt. John right Strong. Where's John Strong? Uh, no, that's not John. No. Hmm. Previous. Hmm. Yeah, just sitting there with the black hair, sitting in front of the computer with the screen. That's that's Rick at the Delphi booth. Oh, that's you Rick right there. Delphi. Yeah. Yep. Oh wow. You look slightly different. <laughs> <laughs> a little bit more hair a little shorter darker hair <laughs> this is Rick Ad ladies and gentlemen Rick Adams thank you you're too kind that's Lonnie Fox voice too okay Lonnie on the oh, megaphone yeah. what James is saying Rick was look that at your this, look at this the stacks of, of new in box stuff you know well Radio Shack used to exhibit there and they used to bring yeah. a ton of stuff from the local Radio Shacks in the area and they would just sell tons of them and they'd run back to the store for the next day and bring more. Is that guy wearing an I'm a coconut t-shirt? I think he is right there. That's uh, that's available on our <laughs> swag shop too, by the way. So. That's not possible. Very prescient. <laughs> We've got time well, travel proof right here. So <laughs> Maybe D. Bruce had something to do with it. Yeah, yeah I didn't know Stevie had a mustache back then. Delphi. Is that Rick the right there? Rick. That's yeah. Rick right there. Yeah, yeah that looks That's like you, me. Rick. I recognize you. Lots now. more hair. <laughs> I got a little bit of a mullet going on. Look Do you know that. who was next to you there, looking over your shoulder? Is this a random passer? Uh, no, I don't know. Okay. Pick in your pocket. <laughs> That's Lonnie. That's Lonnie Falk right there. Yeah. Yep. It's like a tall man, huh? And yeah, the... he was about 6'4". He was tall. Yeah. 
Here's the Coco cat right here. Taking pictures. Instamatic. Okay, that's not creepy or anything. No. no. <laughs> Missed it on a random, it wasn't. <laughs> random stranger's lap. Yes, so. Obviously not, you know, observing social distancing, but. No. It, it was, was a different time back then. Yeah. It's yeah. a different time and place. That's Lonnie still, huh? We have a Lonnie side. He was very active. He was with the main announcer. and Yeah, and he's, I mean, he's head and shoulders over most of the people in the room, so it's kind of hard to miss, huh? Or at least a forehead above most. Is that train in this video, or is that somebody on the panel? It's on the panel. It's on the panel. Whoever's got the train, mute yourself, please. Okay, so is Lonnie signing autographs, or is he just, like, lining up more film in his Instamatic camera or something there? Okay. Could be oh, either back then. Talking to the kids. Here you go, kid. Here's a goodie bag. Now get out of here. Yeah, he used to be a professional reporter there, and then, he'd be, you know, he hit a rainbow, and then he ended up being the mayor of Prospect. So. Wow. I have no idea who is inside that Coco Cat costume. Yeah. That's the whole idea. <laughs> So obviously, we got a lot of footage of Lonnie here. He would have been the big, the big star at this event, huh? Yep. After creating Rainbow in his kitchen table with an Align Printer Seven, I think oh, it was. Oh, Chuck Allison saying that's David Ladd in the cat costume. Coco Cat's identity has been revealed. <laughs> I think the cat would have been much more enthusiastic. Are you excited? Oh, look at that Sundog. Sundog right yep. there. That's Hello, Dog. kids. Are you excited about being at Rainbow Fest? I know I am. <laughs> I thought the court had ordered those documents sealed. What are we talking about? Oh. Creeping me out a bit here. This is the one that I was the keynote speaker for. Oh, wow. There, hey, Coco Cat. To, Everybody wave at the Coco Cat. I had to force to pay my way. Huh. I'm sitting on my knee, Jill. Sundog, Sundog. What do you mean? Was that Burke, and Burke besides Sundog? Yeah, and that's Chris Burke there in the white shirt. The plaque that I show off at uh, at uh, Coco Fest uh, came from this one. Is that Burke and Burke right there? All the hardware. What is no, that right off there? To the, off to the right. What does this say here? Something soft, hard to read. Gimme soft. Gimme soft. Who's Gimme soft? Oh, they did various software like Max Sound and a few other things. Um, I'm trying to remember. I think that's Samuel's brother or father. Oh, Samuel Gimes. Gimesoft, yeah. huh? Yeah. And uh, and so Alexander Wallace, our friend from Mexico. Viva la Mexico, Alexander. He says, for the record, I'm a big fan of David Ladd. Oh, I'm much happier breaking stuff. Yes, he is. Okay, so we have Gimmesoft here. You got a screaming kid Sir in the Comp. background. Well, Sir Comp? Yeah, that's Window Master and the. You recognize that guy who just waved at us there? I can't see the booth name there, and I don't right. recognize him off the top of my head. Video is a little blurry, but we're talking about analog video over the years that's been, you know, digitized. There's Lonnie. All right. Just think how much this camera probably cost back in the yeah. Lonnie <laughs> yeah. Falk has given Chris Hawk a run for his money with the number of buttons on his jacket back then, right? So. Well, he has the appropriate amount of flair. Yeah. See, you see all the ties? You see all the guys with ties? There's a lot of guys in yeah, ties. Yeah, that's here. usually the Radio Shack booth. <laughs> yeah, this is 1989, Alan Huffman. Thin ties. Look at that. 
CMA, he, that was a CMA monitor stand he was selling for $1.95 while supplies yep. last. Can you imagine that? Two bucks for, I would, I'd, and that could have been either for... Computer Shack or Radio Shack because they both sold all the Radio Shack stuff. They usually dressed up in ties and they usually had tons and tons of stuff for sale. Wow. Look at the ties. I got a tie. I got a pocket protector. I'm ready for Rainbow Fest. Ladies, look out. <laughs> There's Malcolm. I don't know Malcolm. He, he's passed away, but he used to be okay. a regular at Coke Wine. Okay. That's Lonnie Falk again, I'm assuming. Now, was that Cray Augsburg? I can't remember what he looked like. That, do you recognize this guy here? That's legendary game designer Steve Bjork, I believe, right? Also in a suit and tie. In a suit and tie, right. looking yeah. very corporate. This, and this down... is Steve. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, go ahead. No. Okay. Don't worry I was about just going to say, when, when this camera pans down here, I think you're actually going to see Rascan on sale because this would have been the. Um booth that was or that was selling it on behalf of nick in, in north america is that it right there yeah that i think is rascan running okay the little box beside it you can see on the left yeah that's the actual rascan version 2 isn't it nick yeah yeah steve york talking about something he's talking about how he's going to be on coco talk uh the following weekend Probably. So. <laughs> How come he back, never dresses Carter. in a suit for us? I don't know. Yeah. Well, check, check the hair. Yeah, look at that fro. <laughs> That's a great black power hair. Yeah. Rainbow Fest. Those were good times when even white guys could have afros. <laughs> well, we're all oh, we're presenting a uh, we're presenting a cocoa cat. Who gets the cocoa cat? And the is lucky that, winner is that guy is in the suit. York? No, that's not Steve York there. Nope, nope, nope. Another guy in a suit. Yeah. Is that Newman from Seinfeld? That's what <laughs> I was going to say. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, Jerry. All right. So that was that. That was uh, that was that was night. That was some highlights from the. Rainbow Fest from 1989. Was anybody on here on the panel at that event? I know a few people in the live chat were there. Alan Huffman says he was there. James Jones is in the live chat. He was there. I have never been to Rick Adams, Rainbow obviously Fest. Rick there. Adams was there. Um, so anything? I think this is the one year I missed because between 86 to 91, I made all but one. And there was one where some emergency thing happened at work and I couldn't go. And I think this is the one I wasn't able to make it to. Ah, so... Yeah. Anybody else have any memories of that event if you were there? And comparisons from a Rainbow Fest to a Cocoa Fest? Well, I'll, I'll, like I said before, th this Rainbow Fest is in the later part of it when it's already starting to wind down. Like the one I went to in 86 was probably two to three times the size of that one. Okay. To give you an idea of how many people used to show up. All right. Well, Rick, I went Rick to the Adams one in 84. Rick Adams, you might you want to I mean, unmute yourself? You know the speaker. You must remember oh, something. I have yeah, I have a lot of memories of it, but uh, uh, what can I say? Yeah, I was the keynote speaker that year. Uh, Lonnie wanted me to come out to be keynote speaker, and uh, you know, I said, "Well, I'd love to go, but I, you know, I have no money to do such a thing." And he says, "Oh, 
no problem. We'll uh, we'll pay for your ho- for your hotel." And I said, "No, I'm sorry. When you when I said I have no money to do this thing, I have no money to do this thing." And he says, "Oh, all right. We'll we'll pay to fly you up then. Okay, fine." <laughs> so <laughs> I I got the worst seat on the plane. It was like in the dead middle in the very back row in the cargo in the cargo bin (laughs) (laughs) with the livestock (laughs) hard to hold on to the wing if there was any livestock back there i think i could have talked to it but uh and i think that was the one where uh i'm all lined up to you know for registration right and uh so i was like i'm just going to be one of the regular people i'm lined up for registration it's a big old long line and i'm not going to be you know, uh, some special dude just because I'm the he- keynote speaker. You know, I'm not going to like, you know, hey, guys, I'm here. You know, I'm do just going to be who I am. Guy, right. Yeah. Do you know who I am? Hey, ladies and gentlemen, we have somebody that doesn't know who he is. Can, can we help him? Um, <laughs> so I'm, I'm in line about two thirds back, you know, about you know, a quarter of a mile back. And and uh, Marty Goodman shows up and says, you with me. And he grabs me, just t- takes me past the line. I'm like, bye, guys. I guess I'm going with marty goodman okay um and he there was something he wanted to show me it's like oh you don't have to register you're fine you know <laughs> so uh and then you know the keynote was uh that was my first foray into uh, public speaking and you know i was real nervous about it but did okay and you know i tried to make it funny and everybody laughed so that was good and uh then at the end i made some offhand joke about radio shack and and uh then uh who was it uh, somebody from Radio Shack uh, uh, said, uh, "Yeah, Rick, we got to get Rick another project so we can, you know, stop him from making terrible jokes like that." Right. Um, so that's about, yeah, that's about all I remember. Okay, I'm gonna need to ask everybody if you're not speaking to please mute yourself, or I'm gonna have to force the muting on the entire room. I'm hearing a lot of background noise right now, so uh, everybody, if you're not speaking, hey, mute. Hi. Yeah. Where is that coming from right now? We don't own that one. <laughs> That's Ken. Uh, all right, Ken Reichard, you have been muted. All right, so um, uh, we're getting a little little peek into the family life of uh, Ken Reichard and, and company there. Um, all right, so uh, I need, let me go ahead and unmute. Well, I can't do that. So Brendan Donahue, you're going to need to unmute yourself. Are you still there? Because you're going to be next, sir. Brendan Donahue. Yeah, I'm, I'm here. All right. Brendan and Morgan are here. All right. So what we're going to do right now, thank you, Rick Adams. Um, we are going to take a commercial break. And then when we come back, we are going to start segueing into more presentations that are going to be feeding into the Coco VGA. And so I'll be showing off a little project I've been working on that takes advantage of the Coco VGA. And then Brendan Donahue and his lovely daughter, Morgan, will be here to answer any questions you may have about the Coco VGA uh, upgrade you have for your Coco. So we'll be back. This is your time for potty breaks if you need them. So we'll be back in about three minutes, boys and girls. And the first ever 29th annual Virtual Coco Fest is happening. And we'll be back in three minutes, everybody. And now this message. Hi, it's Chris Boyle, part of the uh, Coco Talk crew of people hey everybody this is bill noble co-author of nitrous nine you are listening to coco talk live the leading live coco talk show good day mates 
This is Nick Marionettes, author of such color computer titles as Donut Disaster, Rupert Rhymes, and Rockstar Pilot. And I am here today to tell you about the world's most fabulous operating system, OS9. OS9 and its current incarnation, Nitrous 9, is the most advanced operating system ever created. And what makes it so good? Ease of use. I find OS9 so incredibly intuitive that I haven't once cracked open the user manual. And yet I've been able to create such incredible games faster than the time it takes to sing Walsing Matilda. Using OS9, I expect my next game, Funstar, will be done this weekend and distributed exclusively on ROM cartridge. OS9 forever. Any resemblance to actual events to persons living or dead is purely coincidental. Hi, this is Max Jackson, live from Coco Fest. And you listen to The Real Game, Steve Shrow. We're traveling through a dimension both of sound and ideas. We're at a place where the mind can comprehend and devise a solar radio, a wireless transmitter, measure time and light. 65 electronic projects brought to reality with this science fair kit. Astonishing, perhaps, but you can find it for Christmas for $17.95 in a place that's known as Radio Shack. Radios, stereos, recorders, everything in sound. today at lcurtisboyle.com. Hi, this is Sean Wheatley, and you're listening to Coco Talk with the original gamer, Stevie Strip. That's the end of that segment right there. So we are back, everybody. Uh, Brendan Donahue, are you still with us? Yep, sure am. All right. So what we're going to do next is there's a project that I've been working on. I showed it off a little bit uh, tail end of last year. I got inspired by Morgan, who created a very cool game for the Coco VGA that I saw last year at Coco Fest. She created a very cool game where you had to catch bombs. And I said, you know what? I'm inspired by that. I think I'd like to make one too. 
And so I started working on it and typical me, I usually run out of interest and I get distracted by a shiny object and I start a project and I never finish it. But I did say to myself, you know what? I want to present it this year at Cocoa Fest. I want to have at least a playable demo this year at Cocoa Fest. And so since we've had nothing better to do lately, I went ahead and I was able to get some more work done on it. So what I'm going to show for you right now is a little short, about three and a half minute video kind of showing you the latest version of this game I've been working on and telling you some of the future plans for it. So without any further ado, this is now the world premiere of Kabam. Kabam is a game for the color computer written in BASIC. It's designed exclusively for the Coco VGA. I've customized the fonts replacing the inverse with bold letters, fine-tuned the standard letters, tweaked punctuation marks, and changed the numerals to LCD digits. I've tried to use as few of the original Coco's eight colors as possible, replacing them with custom color palettes. Kabam is inspired by Activision's Kaboom for the Atari 2600. The story is simple. Villains are dropping bombs and it's your job to catch them in a barrel. If you miss a bomb, you lose a life. The backstory is a little insider humor. You start off on the title screen and can choose from three controller types, analog, digital, or keyboard. And the game begins looking very similar to Kaboom, albeit a little bit slower. But Kabam has a twist. Occasionally, you'll get mystery drops. What can mystery drops do for you? I'm glad you asked. One possibility is an extra life, extending your gameplay experience. Bomb Blast will clear all of the bombs on the screen, awarding points for each. There's a risk that your mystery prize may be a loss of life, so catch these when you can afford to. A fun prize is the flashlight, which will cause the bomber to freeze and stop dropping new bombs, allowing you time to catch the ones already in play. One of the coolest features I've yet to implement is the ability to catch the bombers. If your mystery prize is an alarm, it will call the police, they will catch the bomber, and put him behind bars. The game was designed with the idea of catching each criminal to move on to the next round, with a new criminal, bomb type, and set of colors. There are 32 different villain characters to cycle through, each uniquely drawn and colored along with a variety of different bomb types and colors. A perfect game would end after you caught all 32 criminals and won the game. If you miss a bomb, it explodes on the ground and you lose a life. When you've run out of lives, you'll return to the title screen seeing your score and the high score. The title screen will cycle between itself and the story screen every minute or so in an attract mode fashion. The game was started in October of 2019 and after about a month or so of initial progress, it was put on hiatus. The original plan was to have a playable demo at the 2020 Chicago Cocoa Fest in person, and the next best thing is to show it to you all today during our virtual Cocoa Fest. This concludes 
and I hope you've enjoyed this presentation. And there you have it, everybody. That was the world premiere of Kabam. That's cool. It's no Nightmare Highway. Cool. Uh, it doesn't have and a road. We thank God for that. <laughs> it doesn't have a road. It doesn't have a car. But, but it's got bombs. <laughs> and I was thinking about I was thinking about this as a limerick. It's got bombs. It's got a bucket. If you die too many times, you might just say, "All right." So, <laughs> man from Nantucket. It's <laughs> awesome. Uh, so, dot dot. dot. Um, it looks good. Um, yeah, I think it looks great. Thank you. As autocorrect cool. says, duck it. <laughs> duck it. So the joys of programming in interpreted basic wishing. This is now I'm back to where when I was when I kid where I said when I grow up, I want to learn assembly language so I can make games like uh, Rick Adams and Steve Bjork did, you know, and uh, <laughs> and I still haven't learned assembly language. So I'm still sucking in slow basic. But yeah, baby steps. Right. So, well, you know, you've made it when uh, this is redone on the MC10. Yes, exactly. Exactly. So that is now going to segue over to the creator of the Coco VGA project, who I first met at my first Coco Fest in 2016 when the Coco VGA was still just a twinkle in his eye. But Brendan Donahue and Morgan Donahue are here. Thanks for joining us today on our virtual Coco Fest. Glad yeah, you could be here. Thanks for the invitation. Yeah, it turns out actually that that was my first Coco Fest as well. Ah, I don't know if you knew that already, Stevie. Mm -mm. So yeah, I think the the game looks great. I think you've taken uh, great advantage of uh, of the features in Coco VGA, and uh, I think I think it looks awesome. Thanks. I love well, it. Uh, you were very helpful in helping me figure out how to you you know use your tools to create fonts and set palettes, and you you really helped me uh, a lot getting me set up to just be able to make my game do what I want it to do. So, Steve, um, what machine did you do that on? I did that on my White Coco 1. Um, well, I actually started off on a TDP 100, and it turns out the audio wasn't working, so I had to move it myself, and it was really easy to move. I've got a White Coco 1 with an F board, and you just pick it out of the socket and pop it in, and I, I even soldered in the audio connection all by myself. Um, and so I, I've done my own Coco VGA transplant and I'm not even a hardware guy. So, um, so it's in a white Coco one and, um, and it's running at the blistering speed of 0.89 megahertz. <laughs> um, does anybody have any questions for Brendan about the Coco VGA product and, uh, any, anything you want to ask me or ask Brendan about what this device can do for us? Do you have any new features coming up with software upgrades, firmware upgrades? Right, right now I don't. Um, I've been a little bit busy with work, but um, <clears throat> you know I've got plenty of ideas of things I'd like to try yet. Um, lately, it's it's been mostly trying to keep up with uh, with shipping out boards. So um, as of yesterday, we've shipped out 139 uh, nice. boards. Nice. So. Yeah. Um, so anyway, that's mostly what I've been up to. I don't, I don't have any significant uh, updates other than, other than that. And, and are there any versions of the, of it that you're still planning on doing, like for the different models of Coco ones and twos and dragons, et cetera, to, to get it to fit properly? So um, ideally, we'll we'll get there. Um, one of the stopgap measures that uh, that I've been toying with um, doing is is basically a adapter board, kind of similar to um, one of the ones that um, Ed provided. Uh, uh, David 
I think he's on the call today, uh, um, David O'Connor, um, to make it so that um, some of these Cocoa VGA boards can fit in, um, you know, Rev D or E Cocoa ones. So, um, so I have some requests for that, and um, also have some requests for some folks, including Simon Jonason, for trying to get uh, some of these boards to fit in some PAL Cocoa twos. Mm. So that's been a little bit of a challenge for us. Um, I will say uh, my most recent shipment from Ed uh, included a few um, a few of the SAM accelerators that let you run your Cocoa one or two at um, full double speed all the time and still get video out. Um, you know, because if you, you know, if you run uh, full double speed, um, it generally scrambles the video uh, on a Cocoa 1 or 2, unlike a Cocoa 3. So uh, anyway, I have a couple of those um, available. Um, I haven't posted on Facebook, just just trying to keep my head above water and all. But yeah. uh, anyway, those are those are becoming available. If, uh, excellent, excellent. Morgan, what did you think of my tribute to your bomb game? I liked it. Yeah. Have you seen it? I've been giving your dad copies of the disc image. Have you had a chance to try the game? No. Yeah, okay. we tried it. We tried it. No. No. Okay. Let well, me. Can... <laughs> <laughs> and we have we have a we have a question from the live audience from Morgan saying, uh, "What is your favorite game?" I'm assuming he means on the Coco. Um, I don't know. <laughs> well, is it one of the Dagroth is a great option, by the way. When you wrote, is it? Come on, you played. Have some you games have you written anything new, Morgan? Have you written any new Coco games? No. Okay. Excellent, excellent. Um, I do have a quick question for you, Brendan. I I sure. got the upgrade flasher thing that you sent me, and mm -hmm. I have uh, I now have time to actually use it. So I'm hoping it's going to be an easy process to do the firmware upgrade myself, and maybe I'll get with you offline on that. Yeah. Um, and I'm interested in the Sam doubling too, because my game needs my my game needs like Sam quintempling or whatever the <laughs> word, whatever the word is. So, uh, but we'll have to start with doubling. Yeah. So, so yeah, doing the upgrade is is reasonably straightforward. You know, I think the hardest part is just downloading and installing the uh, the the Quartus software that does the the programming for you. Okay. So uh, once once you have that, it's it's fairly straightforward. I and mean, is that free? Yeah, that is free. The okay. programmer is okay. free. So um, anyway, um, but I can I can help you with that. I can help you walk walk you through that. Um, okay. Whatever you want. Yeah. All right. Well, I got that here too. I got that here too myself. Actually, I got one of the, the flash updates for the Coco VGAs, but I need to get a uh, the, the the small connector. The one I've got here's got the large connectors on the end of the ribbon ribbon cable. Yeah. Um, I, I don't I can, actually. I can ship you I, one of those. Um, let me let me take a note to do that. Oh, and oh, you, that'd be fantastic. Did you see would, the yeah. message I sent you, Brendan, asking about a custom um, output from it where I could have the VGA and audio output in the back, but the two buttons in the front, like to separate those two into two different oh, boxes? I think I'd sent you a message about that. Yeah, I'm sorry. I haven't been on Discord very much lately, so I may have missed that. Yeah. Um, but I'll, I'll, I'll check on that. Yeah, because well, the thing is, it's you know your audio and video out in the back you don't need to mess with those but every now and then you need to press those buttons to change the artifact colors and to yeah. not have to reach so what i've done right yeah, now is i've yeah. got i've got sticky tape and i've got it sitting on the hood of my coco so i can do it from the top but i'd love to have buttons like above the keyboard like you know where the little rant the, the, the mm -hmm. coco badge is yeah right on that little curvy part above the badge if i could have a couple buttons there that i could just click right above the keyboard that would be a that's cool a feature idea. you know yeah that's, so, a, that's a cool idea yeah i'll so, keep that in mind 
Yeah. Also, another question: You said the Sam's or the Sam accelerators are starting to actually ship. Yeah, yeah, I've, I've got. What's, what's, what's the price for those? Um, I think Ed and I had agreed on like forty bucks or something like that, U.S. And okay. Put an order in for one of them. That's too, like nine thousand Canadian, just so you know, Curtis. So. <laughs> <laughs> or, or 20, okay, it's about or fifteen thousand Australian. Say <laughs> 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 that. Hey, um, hey, Brendan. VG, yeah. The VG6 uh, player uh, viewer is what I got on right next to me here, and uh, it works excellent. Yeah. yeah uh, oh, yeah, yeah. I, I remember seeing your posting on Facebook. Yeah. I, that, I got a, that's on a Radio Shack face mask. It's on a TDP 100, you know, Model 1 right. Coco. Ah, that's awesome. And it's, and it's a picture. It's that's awesome. awesome. Yeah. I, I never get tired of... Uh, of uh, VG6 pictures. I love those. I think yeah. they're great. <laughs> Do we have any other questions for uh, Brendan about Coco VGA or just comments or telling him he's doing an awesome job, anything like that? Definitely doing an awesome job. No yeah. doubt about that. So it must have as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, great job, Stevie. The game looks awesome as well. Yeah. yeah um, if somebody would like to be in my uh, beta testing on this, uh, just let me know. Shoot me a message on Discord, and I can add you to a group. I've got a group that I'm sharing uh, disk images with as I come up with new versions. Cool. And so if you'd like to be in on the beta testing on that, play testing, just let me know. It will be free of charge, so when it's done, I'm going to give it to Brendan to put on the website. So right now there's 130 potential people who could very slowly and painstakingly spend hours trying to catch four bombs by the time they reach the bottom of the screen. So, um, But I've got a market of 130 people now for my free game. I'm competing with Nightmare Highways, what I'm doing here. I'm undercutting the competition. So uh, <laughs> A hit single? The hit single, yeah. Awesome. Well, Brendan, I can't thank you enough. Not only is it just an awesome product for what it does, but you have been so helpful with everyone who has needed help getting it installed or for me, helping me tweak my development process and everything else. So I want to say bravo to you and Ed Snyder and to your other buddy. It was Steven Stiller? Spiller, Spiller, yeah. Spiller, yeah. So for everybody on that project, thanks for just another great a uh, new piece of hardware for the Coco. Uh, yeah, and I, great support for it, like yeah. you said. That's that's key. Support. I appreciate the, the really warm reception from the from the Coco community. It's uh, it's yeah. been a real real blast, you know, getting to you know help people get started with it and ship ship kits all around the world and stuff like that. It's been really cool. Yeah, and I, when I did my double back video this week, I was playing double back on my Coco with the Coco VGA, and the red and blues look amazing, you know, and it's on a real Coco coming through. Uh, on a modern PC, so it's just it's awesome, right? It's it's, it's kind of like the switcheroo of the Coco One and Two, you know. Stevie um, yeah, Strick had a question on YouTube. I don't know if you noticed. That. Okay, what's that? Strick Yak requires it requires removable of the six eight forty seven from. Is he looks like he's quoting? Can we clip a piggyback on the VDG? Um, yeah, if you prefer to piggyback it on top of the VDG. You can go right ahead. In fact, that's how I initially prototyped it, was I uh, soldered a socket on the top of the 6847 um, to make life easy for me. Where does one order one of these? Um, you can go to CocoVGA.com and just click on the contact link and just drop me a note. And then uh, I'm, I'm a little bit old school. I'm not, I'm not as up to date with the 
modern technology is. Oh, forget it. I'm not buying it. I'm not buying it. No. There's <laughs> no if there's it. no PayPal link and shopping cart and nope. checkout link. I, I don't want to no, know you. No. No. So I I, uh, I want to know your life history before I send you one of these. So you know. <laughs> yeah. You know, I, I think I have a question. Uh, with the, with the Coco VGA, uh, what is the known longest time for someone buying one and not yet installing it in their Coco? Oh, I don't know. I'd say probably a couple of years. So I, I, I don't think you have the, uh, the high score on that, Jason. Okay, because I got mine at the Tandy assembly, the, the second Tandy yeah. assembly, and it's still sitting over here as a future project. Which now, so, now, now, Stevie has that game. I'm going to have to do it. Uh, right. How can you how can you possibly resist not putting a Coco VGA in your computer when you got it there? <laughs> well, when you, when you have all these switcheroos and stuff to build, and then the emails to answer, you know, and exactly when I do get an email from someone, I want to switcheroo for my Coco one or two. I'm like, uh, go, get a Coco VGA. That's <laughs> this won't work, but that that's what you need. That's kind of funny because I get the same kind of question. Where can I get this for the Coco three? Well, you can talk to uh, Jason. Or you can wait a little longer and, you know, look for Give Me X or something like that. So, right. so uh, anyway, mm -hmm. yeah. And uh, I also uh, want to say thanks to Mikey, too. Uh, I saw the announcement that he just sent uh -huh. out about uh, the uh, the ANSI mode uh, that, that uh, can optionally employ Coco VGA in 64 column text mode. So that's, that's great. Thanks, Mikey. No problem. I had fun doing it. Nice. Awesome. Awesome. So, quick question. So, can you do that on a? Uh, can you use a Coco VGA in an emulator? Can you emulate a Coco VGA? That is actually one of the things that is near the top of my list to work on. Um, that's been a request by a number of people, um, including Ron Klein, for for quite a long time. Um, so that you know, it is a little bit easier to do debug in an emulator um, than it is. Um, I think Simon has asked, actually asked for this as well. Uh, so it's on my list. Um, I need to, you know, get MAME downloaded and get it built, and then see if I can uh, uh, figure out how to uh, how to do that. So um, it's on my list. Not okay. not yet. <clears throat> All right. Cool. Thank you. Very very cool. All right, Ken Reichard, are you there? I am here. And what about the rest of the family? Are they with us too? Is everything good in the? Uh... Marital bliss area. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I'll take that as no comment. <laughs> no, yeah, I mean swimming every, well. Everything is everything is fine here. I just feel stupid because I turned off the video and forgot to turn off the audio. That's, that's quite all. all right. Listen, Grant Lady has <laughs> urinated on the show, so it's uh, you, haven't, you, haven't got, you haven't done. Well, I, I got a ways so. to go then. You got a ways Nightmare. to go. All right. It's not an invitation to try. <laughs> uh, well, I'll accept it. We have um, we have another treat for you. Nightmare Highway is the gift that keeps on giving. It starts off with damage to vehicles. It then gets into psychological trauma, which then feeds into a video game, which fed, fed into a song. And that song has now fed this. So another world premiere for you on a very regular episode of Coco Talk for you. Enjoy Nightmare Highway the music video. Got some time to kill, might play a little Zaxxon. Might double back to play a little Temple of Rum. 
Dungeons of Daggereth, color baseball. But none can hold a candle to the greatest of them all. Nightmare Highway. Nightmare Highway. Nightmare Highway. Sure, I love my sailor man and firefall. Go on a rampage for some super pitfall. Shanghai me into a game of rogue or demon attack. But sooner or later, you know I've got to come back. Nightmare Highway. Nightmare Highway. Nightmare Highway. Nightmare Highway. It's got a road. And it's got a car. Dodge the furniture and you'll be a pop star. Megabug, Buzzard Bait, Sea Dragon 2 But none of those can satisfy me much as you do Nightmare Highway That was so terrific. That's cool. That is really cool. That is exactly what that needed was the video to go along with with it. That was, uh, man, I'm I'm blown away. I'm glad you enjoyed it. To quote uh, quote the internet mogul, Jason Reichard, anything worth doing is worth over. (laughs) (laughs) Well, after that first video, I was a little worried. They set the bar really high, but I was confident that I could get under it. <laughs> yeah, had to do a little limbo there, huh? So everybody limbo. Oh, that Mick, was so good. Mick Marota, did you play the mandolin in that one? Oh, you Ukulele? Yes, I did. Yeah. Oh, good one, good one. Oh, yeah. And that was Rick Adams singing, who wrote most of the lyrics. I uh, contributed a few of the lyrics, and that was Bruce in the background who produced it. And uh, did the backing vocals, and, uh, and I can prove really that awesome I actually, job. I actually did those backing vocals live. Nightmare Highway. See, that's me. Nightmare Highway. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I'm in it too, but under unrecord, unrecorded, and uh, altered electronically. Nightmare Highway. Oh, that was your voice. <laughs> Nightmare I Highway. It was... Yes. I always. Oh, neat. About that. I didn't know who did that. 
Well, it was in the it's interview. All, Did you guys watch all the me, interview? We have we have a so I this, watched the interview. The yes, video, I definitely watched the interview because I yeah, it's the it's the, it. oh, you would have failed the quiz. Yeah, yeah, I guess so. The <laughs> incident turned game, turned song, turned interview, turned bonus content. You name it, we got it. Thank you, Mikey, for holding up the timer there. I appreciate that. I see that. I want, want to acknowledge you. Um, but but wait, there's more. Uh, yeah. a, a a great personal friend of um of uh, Ken Reichard's uh, Samuel Gimes is one of our deep thinkers. Samuel uh, Gimes has come up with a Coco <laughs> Thoughts um, in honor of, of today's um, 29th annual virtual uh, Coco Fest. So let's hear anybody what here, Samuel anybody else Do we have to, slamming? Stevie? What Do happened? we have to? Yes. Uh, anybody right. else here break slamming? Yes. All right. Hold on now. Brace yourself for Coco Thoughts. And now, Coco Thoughts by Samuel Gimes. Finally, we are all gathered together for Coco Fest. (laughs) 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 Oh, Lord have mercy. May he spare us all. That's when the price is right, wasn't it? Yes, it was. The yodely guy just fell off the side of the mountain. Yes. So, uh, Ken Reichard, thank you for all that you do. Thank you. You are too kind. Um, Speaking of thank you and you are too kind, our next presenter is no slouch and no stranger when it comes to keynote speaking and presentations at auspicious occasions. And he is going to speak with us now about a little project he's been working on. So let me make sure I have this sound drop set up uh, very properly. So hold on for one second. Actually, I'm going to share audio one more time before before I turn the sharing back over to you, Rick Adams. But what I want to make sure you guys all hear is this. It's been an incredible journey. All right. So on that note, we have legendary game designer, legend in his own mind, and rock star extraordinaire, the voice behind Nightmare Highway, the hit song. I present to you Rick Adams, everybody. Okay, well, let me share my screen. Let's do that and then that. And you can see my screen, right? Yes, I see code. Okay. Uh, Yep. Okay, so what this is all about is sort of uh, Temple of Rom 2. And this all started two years ago when William Ashtell did a disassembly of uh, a Temple of Rom card and sent me the disassembly and I started poking through it and figuring out uh, basically what in the heck I was doing in my code 40 years ago. And so it was quite quite an adventure for me going spelunking into the code. Uh, so here's the code, and I just want to take you on a whirlwind tour of a few things that I discovered that were sort of a surprise to me, just for fun. Yeah, the first thing is, we'll look for the start of the code. And so there it is. So we're turning off interrupts, and we're clearing some stuff, and then we're going to branch to uh, LCD46. Okay, what's at LCD46? I'm glad you asked. Let's- <laughs> Let's go take a look. And there is LCD46. Here we are. And let's branch to LCF50. Oh, okay. You're branching to a branch? Uh, it's just, yes. that's completely useless. 
<laughs> Here we are. I prefer to call and it a then, time delay. And then the code uh, proceeds normally. So now, now I knew immediately why that was, and you may not, but uh, it's because uh, when I de first developed this game, it was on. Uh, I did it on a system that only had cassette tapes for storage, and so the source got too big for one 20-minute cassette. So I had to put the source on three 20-minute cassettes. And so I would load in one segment from one cassette and then the next and then the next and then work on the program and then save it out. Um, so we, which was very laborious, but I just couldn't afford, you know, $800 for a floppy disk. So uh, that was basically going between the three segments. Uh, actually, at this point, it occurs to me at this late date uh, at the bottom. Uh, one of one of you uh, assembler uh, savvy people can tell me. It says end start. Well, that gives it the starting address. Is that also the same as the the first address of the program? Like where it loads itself in memory? Yeah. Because whatever you're, wherever it is that label resides is what that would be. Yeah. Because uh, it occurred to me that I could have just. Uh, I think that means I couldn't have just put start way down where it, the, the code actually started. With some code, yes, you could have. Oh, I could have. Okay. Well, yes, because the execution, yeah, the execution address is completely different than the starting yeah. location of the code. So, I just realized that today. It, I was today years old when I figured that out. <laughs> so, but that's okay. So I didn't really need to do that insane initial series of jumps. But that's what that all of that was out, uh, all about. Now, another thing I want to show you is. I found two bugs in my code that I never found and Tandy never found. So one of them is right here. Uh, what is this? This is drawing the lines, uh, drawing the vertical lines, as a matter of fact. And uh, the vertical lines would quit one pixel too soon at the bottom of the screen. And no one ever noticed that, except I actually did notice that. And it bothered me, but you know, the, the uh, the game was out and it was too late. So there's that one. And then I found another one uh, where if you shot upwards toward the status area up at the top of the screen, uh, the laser would stop one pixel too short. Uh, so as you can see, it's, it's just a one-off error. It's like, you know, I needed a BLO instead of a BLS, you know, blah, blah, blah. So that's okay. Uh, so that's something that I discovered. Uh, the other thing is, there's a feature that I didn't even remember existed. Uh, yes. Okay. If the if the bat is chasing you and you pick up a treasure, you get double points for that treasure. Uh, I didn't. I, I remembered that back then, but I didn't remember it in present day until I actually saw it in the code and said, "What is this doing here?" And then I figured it out. So, and I, I looked back at the instruction manual that Tandy produced, that marvelous thing, and uh, uh, it doesn't list that at all. So that's, if you didn't know that now uh, before, you, you know it now. It was an undocumented so, feature. Yes. Now, another thing. Uh, okay, let's... Rick in the chat, uh, Dragon Bites is saying, are these comments ones you added to William's disassembly or is it you refiguring out what stuff 
was happening. Right. It's a combination of both. Uh, William put in a lot of comments, and then I added a lot more of my own and or altered some of his slightly. So it's sort of a collaborative effort. Okay. So here is something in the code that is uh, that I've added for Temple of Rome 2, um, which you'll find interesting. So if, if it's built with a custom uh, flag turned on, then it'll use uh, data for monsters and treasures and the lines of the maze and uh, portals and, and things like that uh, from a subdirectory called map. Otherwise, it'll use those files up at the top level. Well, the reason for that is that up at the top level, you have uh, all the files for uh, all of those things in the original game as it came out you know, back in the day. Uh, but down at the map level, there are a bunch, it's basically level data generated by a script that I came up with. And so I'm going to, I'm going to show, and the script itself is driven by a GIF file or a GIF file, depending on which school of thought you belong to. I'm a GIF guy. It's just my habit. Uh, so it's generated from a GIF file that's created from this Photoshop file. And there is the maze and the treasures and the monsters, uh, all done uh, as little icons. And so this is how I generated uh, all the, the, the map originally was generated by uh, Mark DuPont, who at about the same time that uh, William Astle was doing his disassembly, Mark DuPont was uh, he was reverse engineering the uh, the game to figure out uh, where the data was and what format it was in for all of the walls and the monsters and the treasures and stuff like that. So from that, he figured out the wall data, and then he generated uh, a graphic of the wall data. And that's what I started with. And then uh, put in this little grid and, and the icons for the treasures and the monsters and things. And so uh, if I want to alter uh, the maze, uh, what I do is I'm going to go and I'm going to grab, uh, I want blue, okay, and then I'm going to draw, you know, it has to be aligned with the grid or else it won't be recognized. I'm going to draw in this, and then I'm going to erase this. This is being done in Coco Max 3, right? Uh, no. <laughs> uh, actually, let's see. Uh, I screwed that up. Okay, there. So now we have a new passageway. And so when you build the game, it uh, generates the all of the level data from this one GIF file. So if I were to save this out now, and then uh, rebuild it, uh, then it would, uh, that, that passageway would now be there. And you have to align the, the blue lines of the walls uh, with the grid, or they won't be recognized because that's the, the coordinate system is every four pixels. So it, that's sort of forced on you. Uh, and then you have uh, different layers for the objects and the lines and the grid. And uh, so you can put in new treasures. Uh, you have to use the uh, 
the icons that are given, uh, there's a, a, a spider down there. And you see the little white dot. That's sort of an alignment dot. That dot has to align with uh, the grid. And so you can put uh, monsters and treasures and portals and, oh and everything. Oh, my. Oh, my. Um, <laughs> There you'll recognize the uh, the section where you wake up. And, that's the uh, that's the game start right there with the portal right in the center. Yep, huh? there it okay. is. Except that uh, you see that I have added. Uh, there's a room up here that I've added with a monster and a treasure. Hmm. Uh, in Temple of Rom two, I added that room, and then on the periphery of it, uh, I've added forty five percent more maze and monsters and treasures, and I've added uh, new monsters, uh, some which are kind of nasty. Uh, and then there's one additional thing, which is, uh, the yellow lines are to guide the monsters, what I call the, their, their aggro area or the area that they're aware of. So right here, this is a, uh, ghost, uh, one of the new monsters. And, uh, one of the nasty things about the ghost is that while it's at rest, uh, it's invisible. So if you were to come along this corridor right here and come in here, the aggro area for it is this rectangle right here. Uh, I come in, as soon as I enter the room, he's going to see me and head for me. And he's not visible. So I'll think, oh, this room is perfectly fine. And then I'll come in here and all of a sudden the, the ghost will appear and head right for me at three times speed. And I'll be in big trouble. Um, so, and then there's a treasure down here. So the yellow lines uh, don't actually generate any wall data, but for a monster, it's aggro area that it's aware of is you take the alignment dot and you go up, down, left, right until it hits something. So the yellow line is just to make it so that its area is just this part of the room. Otherwise it would be the entire room. Hmm. So you can kind of part you've partitioned his movement area in this room. Right. So he won't be aware of you. If you're here, you know, this monster won't see you, but, but this one will. Uh, so you could do some rather nasty things. If you drew a, a sort of a small yellow square around the ghost, then uh, it wouldn't see you until you got really close to it. And then all of a sudden it would appear out of nowhere and come right at you. And you could make it so that, you know, it basically you could turn it into a little bit more of a Twitch game. Uh, you know, it's like, oh my gosh, no, where'd that guy come from? You could do some rather nasty tricks with that. So, uh, so you write that out as a GIF file. Uh, the one th uh, thing that you got to watch out for is there's a, there's a color mapping layer, which is in the far upper left corner. There's uh, four pixels that you have to have there. Oh, it's actually about eight pixels. Let's zoom in there. That, that basically tells the script what uh, what index each of the colors is. So that's so it knows what a uh, you know what a black is, what white is, red, and so on. So when you draw out the level, you have to use these colors. Okay. So. Uh, and so this anyway, is this is a version of Photoshop you're doing this in. Right. Okay. It's actually Photoshop 5.5. .5. I think the, the latest Photoshop should work too. Okay. Who knows? So if somebody, Photoshop... wants, if somebody wants to customize Temple of Rum, they will need Photoshop right now, the way this is currently designed. Right. right. I wish they didn't, but they do. Because I'm not 
good enough to make like a, a, a web-based, uh, uh, you know, like pixel editor. So I'm going to go across to where the code Would is. anything that makes a GIF, would that work? Uh, yeah, as long as it looked just like that graphic. Yeah, with all his templates, he's got everything lined up for you where you can't make any mistakes. So. Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. It's very fussy. Yeah. Uh, so it would have to be the exact same width and height in pixels. The grid would have to be aligned exactly like it is in this particular picture. Uh, and as long as you have these pixels here so that it knows what the colors are, uh, and as long as you draw things with the proper alignment, uh, it doesn't have to be Photoshop. It's a very simple two-step process with maybe one or two manual in interventory steps. So uh, no, 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 nothing to worry about. Nothing to see here. It's, yeah. <laughs> well, it's it's very inside boss, in, yeah. inside baseball. I will admit. Yeah. Anyway, yeah, let me go across cool. to, to the cool. code. And so when you when you uh, build it, then the script grabs that GIF file and generates all that data and then includes it in the source and builds it. Uh, I'm kind of hoping, uh, I just made a start today on uh, a website to where you can upgrade, uh, I mean, update, uh, upload uh, a GIF file, and then it will automatically do all of this process, generate a version of the, of the, uh, of the game ah. in a bin file, and then put it someplace where you can download it. That would be cool. Now, I just started on that. I kind of have some ideas on how I'm going to do that. We'll see if I get to the end of that part of it or not. So there you go. Cool. I got and a question, I'm Rick. Pretty much done, yeah. Hey, um, I've never really played this game very far. I've played mm -hmm. it a little bit. But can you, um, is it possible to make areas where you can jump from one quadrant to another? I mean, uh, is that a possibility to yes. cause more excitement? <laughs> well, that was in the original game. Uh, it had these things called transfer portals, the little circles with the dot in the middle. And if you hit one of those, you would be you would teleport randomly into another faraway place of the maze. So that's a way to get far away from where you start. So you could, you know, and you would go to some random section way the way the heck out there. So even though it's a big maze, you could hit different sections of it, you know, with uh, another playthrough. Uh, with the level uh, generation, you can have, uh, you know, more, uh, fewer or more uh, portals. Uh, they'll randomly go to some other portal. Uh, so, yeah, there is a way to do that. Uh, you could generate a level uh, that would have, uh, I, I tried to have some way of having different levels sort of like Dungeons of Daggerith has different floors on top of each other. Uh, and that was too difficult for me to do. But you could fake that out by, uh, you could have, uh, if you look at, uh, oh, I'm not, let's see. Are you still looking at my screen? No, I stopped your sharing. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah. So if you were to look at the uh, entire uh, maze, then you could have like, a stripe down the middle and a stripe down, you know, a stripe down the center going each, each direction uh, that had nothing in it. And then that way you could have four levels. So if you got to the edge of one level, 
the other levels would be far enough away that you wouldn't see them because they'd be off screen. Uh, yes. So that way you could have, you, you could fake out having four uh, uh, levels. Or if you wanted to make them uneven, you know, you make, basically make them like, you know, pieces of pizza, you know, cut into, into rectangles. Uh, you could have more than four levels, but they'd have to be uh, unevenly sized. So you could do that. And then you'd have a portal or two in each one. So the only way you could get to the other section would be through a portal. So there's a lot of weird things you could do with this. Okay. Okay. That, that um, and, graphic you had, uh, the, the graphic you had up there before in Photoshop, uh, the master file for that, that's just a PSD file, is it? Or Yes. Yep. Yeah. And it is, it is online. All of this is online and you can download it at any time. Cool. Cool. Uh, this project is, uh, you know, there's a balance you have to, to do between how much money are you going to make and how much fun are you going to have? You know, if you, if your, your goal is only the money, you do not give away your source, but that's not solely the goal. It's like, well, I'd like to make a little money off of this, but mostly for this one, I'd like to have fun. And I think it'd be fun if everybody could look over my shoulder. So that's why it's on GitHub right now. Every last bit of the, and the PSD file and the script that generates levels and everything is, is all online, ready to be downloaded today. All cool. right. All right. It, a quick question on it. So I saw the, I saw the source in the PSD file um, for it. Are you, do you have instructions on how to build this and everything out, out somewhere? Um, if you're looking for contributors, like how, you know, how somebody can get started. Uh, I don't really have instructions on how to build it. It's done on, uh, you build it with, uh, uh, with William Astle's uh, LWSM uh, tools. And so I'm doing it on like a CocoaPie 3, uh, Ron Klein's uh, CocoaPie 3 distribution mm -hmm. on a Raspberry Pi. Uh, but it could be done, I actually did it on another Linux system that was completely unrelated to that today uh, on my web server. So uh, if you know Linux, and how to build things with Linux, it's it's pretty easy because it's just like a make file and then make. If all of that sounds very strange to you, then, you know, uh, then you're going to need some instructions. No, I think that's fantastic. I'll, I'll check I'll check that out. I'll, and anybody can hit you up on Discord, right, if, you have, if they have questions? Yep. Sure, sure. That is correct. And just one and other there's a channel uh, for this, yeah. One other note is you may want to take a look at, so I saw the PSD, you may want to take a look at the GIMP. GIMP might be another option for image manipulation that could that could do mm -hmm. this without. And that's that that's cross-platform open source that, yeah. that limits the photo, mm -hmm. that overcomes the Photoshop obstacle. You'd have to see if your template's right. directly transferable or not, though. Mm -hmm. uh, all right, we got to move on. So we are gonna, right. we're going to take a commercial you, break right now. Thank you very much, Rick Adams. Thank, Thank you. you. You are too kind. Thank you. So we're going to take a commercial break. After this break, we are going to have a, a brief presentation by Nick Morentes, which is the subject of what I've done this past year. Spoiler alert, <laughs> it involves eating Vegemite. And then immediately after <laughs> that presentation, we are going to hear from Henry Reitveld about a very cool thing that many of us have seen at the Real Cocoa Fest. It's an arcade one-up cabinet running in the VCC emulator where we basically have a cocoa in a cabinet. A lot of us have seen it. We think it's cool. We're going to see how he made it. And um, and Jason the Cocoa Man is holding up uh, a jar of peanut butter there. And this this should settle this, for all. How is this pronounced, 
right? Well, I, I don't know about anybody else. I'm a GIF person, but it's for a totally different reason. <laughs> As the old commercials always went, choosy moms choose GIF, right? So, <laughs> yeah. um, all right. So we're going to take a commercial break. We will be back with a little bit of Nick Marentes, followed by some Henry Reifeld, and we got more to come. Erico is here just to let you know who's coming up, who's on deck. Henry Reitfeld, Jason Reichard, Ron Delvaux, David Ladd, Mark Overholzer, Erico, Eddie Serbinski, D. Bruce Moore, Paul Fiscarelli, Michael Furman, David O'Connor, L. Curtis Boyle, Rob Inman, Mr. Dave 6809, Scott Went, and possibly even a Jim Brain sighting. So we have so much more virtual Cocoa Fest in store for you today, boys and girls. Just another regular show. We'll be back in three minutes. Enjoy this break and go potty. We'll return after these messages. My fellow Americans, Australians, Canadians, Europeans, and all of you ands, I'm calling on all y'all to help us make the world great again by visiting the Retro Swag Shop at 8bit256.com where you can get yourself a coffee mug like this with a little cute cartoon character that says, I'm a cocoa nut. You could also get yourself a coffee mug like this with a color computer 3 that says, I'm a cocoa nut. You could get yourself a, a deluxe travel mug like this with the Coco Talk logo on it. You might even be able to get yourself a DVD like this with over two hours of gameplay goodness. It is time for us to rise up and make the world great again by enjoying some quality retro merchandise and Coco nostalgia. So please visit 8bit256.com and let's make the world great for the color computer. Thank you very much. Good morning Coco Land. This is Brian Schubring with Music Man. Here at the Coco Fest, having fun, fixing issues, and making things roll, and making lots of sound. Have a great day, guys! Baby, there's something I need to talk to you about. Remember when we first met? Everything was so easy, and it felt like nothing could stop us. But now, everything is such a struggle. And <laughs> if I'm being honest, you're really starting to show your age. Can I get the check, please? Break up with 512K. Use two megabytes now with Nitros 9 Ease of Use Edition. Ease of Use. Download EOU today. LCurtisBoyle.com Some people have big plans after school. You know what Elliot's gonna do? Jeff, too. Elliot's at work on a book report using Scripsit on Radio Shack's Color Computer 3. It hooks up to his TV. And Jeff's at his Radio Shack Color Computer 3 playing the newest football game. But wait, what's Elliot doing playing new Super Pitfall? And Jeff's having a blast with a new math tutor. You never know what you might try with more than 100 programs for fun and learning. Radio Shack's Color Computer 3 comes with everything you see here. Other items each sold separately, only at Radio Shack. And now, Coco Thoughts by Samuel Gimes. I remember the days of grade school when on the playground we would talk about the latest computer and console games. Until one day when a kid told the teacher he was having a blast with his new math tutor. After he got out of the hospital, he changed schools. 
Greetings, YouTubers. Atari Leaf here, and you're listening to Coco Talk. All right. Well, we are back, boys and girls. We're back with a guy who likes to say, Oh, crocky. I'm talking about the thunder from down under, Nicholas Marentes. Good eye, Nick. How are you? Thanks for being here. Good day, everyone. Yes. For a Cocoa Virtual Cocoa Fest. Great. Um, I've got a little video to show. I just made a, a quick, short, two-minute video, basically just highlighting what I've been uh, wasting my time with uh, on the Cocoa since, well, what I've released on the Cocoa in 2019 and, and now. So it's a short video, but at the very end of it, or the last segment of the video, I'll just show you what my current game is. So after the video, I'll just have a quick uh, explanation of what it is, and, uh, and that'll be it. All so right. start the video, yeah. Without any further ado, adieu. we have, adieu, we have what the hell Nick Marentes has been up to. Oh, this is very inspirational. <laughs> <laughs> That was a great game. Just a cheap knockoff. These sound pads are too. So I guess uh, that was uh, just what I'd done in 2019. So, yeah, Popstar Pilot's not in there because that was 2016. So starting off with uh, Waterfall, which was just a basic, hi well, hybrid, actually, basic with machine language um, program, which I wrote in about a week and a half. Um, after that, I um, there was obviously Gunstar was my main big project. 
Um, but doing Gunstar, I decided to do an offshoot and just go back to my old game, Donut Dilemma, and just modify it so that it took advantage of um, running on a on a Coco 3 with a gimme chip, which allowed me to change a few things like uh, the, the border color on a PMO 3 screen. I was able to make black and I tweaked the game to support joysticks and all that. But now I've started a new game. My next game uh, that uh, you saw at the end of the video there is called um, Rally SG. It's, it, it's loosely based on Rally X from the arcades, but we, I'll change it a bit. Um, and it's, it's designed to work on a Coco 1, 2, 3, and Dragon. So this is an all-Coco all Coco game. This is uh, not specific to a Coco 3, and it's, it's run in semi-graphics 8 mode. So uh, even on the very first Coco, it'll run on that as well. You do require 64K of RAM, though. So 64K Coco 1, Ooh. 2, uh it's all you ever need. Or, who, who needs more than 64K? Or, Thank you. Well, that's yes. Right, that's right. <laughs> so that's uh, the video you saw was in development. So that's still a way to go. It's not, okay. not nowhere near finished. But that's what I'm doing at the moment. Wow. Uh, and, I, really like that, that, I really like the music clip you used in that uh, video. That's a really cool clip. Oh, that was, yeah, generated by the Coco. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> Sequenced. <laughs> Sequenced by the Coco. And yeah, Nick, your is... Gunstar sales are going really well, eh? Yeah, it's been selling quite well. The, even though uh, it's a 6309 Coco 3 game, which I thought that, you know, the sales would be a, a bit lower than normal, uh, which is what I was expecting. But as it turned out, it's uh, it's pretty well done close to Popstar Pilot sales. So wow. uh, it's very good. And I'm very grateful to the Coco community that those who bought it and those who supported it and, and everything. So uh, what it shows is that there is a market for game development um, on the Coco. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Um, talking about talking about that, Nick. I, as you know, I bought a, a digital copy of it. Um, yep. Can I send you the price difference and get you to send me a, 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 a DVD version? Well, um, no, I, I can't <laughs> actually because uh, they're actually made um, for the for for Gunstar. I went to a. Uh, external company who are in the US and they manufacture uh, and print the CDs and everything. Uh, I don't actually create the CDs. So for US audiences, it works out a bit cheaper as far as postage from like what I did in Popstar Pilot where I was posting everything from Australia. I mean, that, that was adding $10 uh, uh, just in postage. So I, I wanted to get rid of that. So You'd have to order it, I guess, from the US, uh, and they will charge 20. Um, so I'm not too sure how we can, I can do that. I that, can that, get with you offline on that. I can yeah, help you yeah, out that offline. Right. Yeah. Okay. It, right, cool, so cool. it's it's good using this other company. It makes it easier for me, and it makes delivery quicker for people in the US. But yeah, I don't have the control anymore like I used to. So. Yeah. Unfortunately, yeah, I can't do that. Okay. Yeah, you need a group buy. Yeah, get, a, get like five or six people to buy it, and then uh, have one. Well, person just ship. just like just about everybody here on the panel, uh, I, all of you guys have done just incredible things for the community in one way or another. So I appreciate you, Nicholas Morentes, and everybody else here too. It's just it's one big happy love fest that we have here. 
and um and it's just awesome um so we're going to keep moving though because we got a lot of stuff to cover so the next thing we're going to show is our very good friend ben drakes from explore vr he submitted a little something something for us and we saw a teaser of this a while ago it's something he's calling project a and this is a been you know ben's new to the dragon he didn't have one back in the day. He's a young whippersnapper, but he's doing cool stuff with virtual reality. And he's also working on his first game project. And we're going to see now teaser two video world premiere. Are we ready, boys and girls? Yes. Yes, right. sir. Here we go. Is that cool? Nice. Yes. It's all Super. being it's good. All being done in semi-graphics. Uh, very cool kind of, it looks like it's a hybrid of a kind of animated dungeon crawl plus some kind of real-time strategy slash RPG stuff going on the screen there. I'm not exactly sure how it's going to play out just yet, but it looks really cool. I love the animated torches and how you kind of zoom into the doorway. There's a lot of cool eye candy and, and, and visual treats going on there. Um, very cool stuff. And, and that's going to feed into a discussion we're going to have in a little bit uh, soon here too with Erica, who's also doing something semi-graphics looking related. So I love seeing what you can do with limited space and limited colors. And the things you guys can do with semi-graphics, like that Rally X, Rally SG, that looked really good. How the tires look like they were turning and everything, just that... You know, listen, it was no nightmare highway. There was no furniture, but it's not bad for a foreign, you know, foreign import product. So, um, nightmare <laughs> <laughs> highway. Semi graphics is the new high res. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. Right. Yes. Yeah, so my. You're a trendsetter, Ken. Yeah. Well, if, blazing a trail if, right into the couch. If you were at Coco Fest <laughs> last year, and you didn't hit a piece of furniture on your way in. And even if you did, you might have saw something that was really cool. It looked like an arcade machine, but it was running Coco Games on a stand-up arcade cabinet. So this is a very cool uh, project that Henry Reitveld has put together. And we have a little video presentation of that that we're going to show. And then Henry will be happy to answer your questions about what he's done and things like that. So check this out, boys and girls. Just a uh, detailed look at the hardware mod I did to my Rampage Arcade 1-Up to turn it into an all-in-one um, arcade machine. So I, I bought the arcade machine from Walmart for 300 bucks, but I ended up selling the uh, control deck, the PCB, and the monitor for $100. 
I used that $100 to purchase the parts I needed to turn this into the all-in-one um, arcade machine. So I started by going to the thrift store and just buying a $10 LG monitor. I stripped all of the, uh, the plastic surround from the monitor and just have the bare monitor itself, a 17 inch, and it screwed right in place of the uh, existing LCD. I ordered a $26 joystick with USB encoder and 13 buttons, of which I used 12 of them. So I have them laid out. I have to have my exit button, my action buttons, select, start or enter, uh, menu button, and then just four random buttons that can be used as a D-pad or um, um, control buttons for other programs. So this is the underside of the board that I made. It's a little messy, but everything works. That's the USB encoder, the joystick, and then the buttons. Inside, I'm using an Intel compute stick. And I'm using that because I picked it up for 50 bucks. You could just as easily use an old laptop or an old desktop because obviously the emulators aren't going to um, require much more than what those can provide. Um, my Intel compute stick only had an HDMI out and unfortunately my monitor only had VGA in. So I spent an additional $10 and just bought an HDMI to VGA adapter. And it works great. Come back around. Anyway, that's the uh, Arcade 1UP Rampage machine that I've converted to an all-in-one. And again, I did that by replacing the original 17-inch screen with a uh, $10 thrift store LG monitor that I stripped out of the bezel. I purchased a $26 USB encoder joystick and button kit. Uh, 50 bucks for the Intel compute stick and $10 for the HDMI to VGA converter. That is super cool. That is super wow. cool. Um, Henry, you do so many cool things, and just as you as we panned around and just see all the retro tech you have in your uh, in your layer there, uh, it's like that's a candy store. You live in a candy store. <laughs> yeah, don't give anybody your address there, because Yeah, if I give them my address, people will come and take and throw it away. <laughs> Not this wife would give it away. Oh, what a cool project! I saw it in person last year. Uh, it's super cool. You, you do so many cool things on YouTube. Uh, it's just every time you've got a new project. I'm glad you're joining us now because remember when I saw you 
last year at, at VCF. I go, man, I'd love to have you on your show. You do so many cool things. And you're like, yeah, I don't know. I don't really do anything that interesting. Meanwhile, we're showing like five videos a week from you of everything you're doing. So. Well, the truth was I couldn't figure out how to log on with my Cocos. <laughs> <laughs> well, Mikey, Mikey's working on that. He'll be talking about that in his presentation. So um, you can log on via ANSI in the near future. Uh, I hope so. Anybody have any questions for Henry about his cool setup he's got there, Coco in an arcade cabinet? The next time you bring it to Coco Fest, uh, I have to make sure I have to actually try it because I think you only added up the first day, didn't you, this last year? Last year? Uh, yeah, I believe so. Yeah, because I saw yeah. it there and I was going, oh, I'm going to go check that on Sunday because everybody else was kind of milling around and I, I wanted to give them time and then it was gone the next day, so I couldn't. Yeah, I just out of curiosity, why did you change the screen and not just keep the screen that was already there? Is that just because you could get more money for that because somebody wanted it? I, I, yeah, it was to appease my wife if I didn't have to... Uh, to spend more than the initial ah, investment. Then. Yes. Okay. Oh. So you're using voodoo economics here, right? Exactly. So. <laughs> yeah. Social economics. Yeah. I got a question here. What? Uh, what about the controls? Like you're you're going for a joystick, which is a digital one, right? Uh, would there be a choice or a possibility of have something um, analog that could mimic the real the the original? Uh, yeah, sure. Uh, as long as you had a USB adapter uh, for it, I mean, I mean, you could. When when I first built this, um, I actually did it with real hardware. I had a Coco Three that was in rough shape, so I decased it and used real hardware. So you could have, I, I could have uh, uh, used a real joystick if I wanted to. What made you change your mind and go away from the uh, the Coco hardware? Uh, I blew up my MPI. That ah. was an expensive crying moment. Oops. Oh, anyways, it's it? a pretty great project. Yeah, I definitely want to try it the, the next time we actually can have a, 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 a physical fest where I can actually try it out. Yeah, no, it's, it's a lot more practical now because um, I have two of them, actually. I have a centipede machine that I did the same thing to. Both of them are running the uh, Intel Compute Stick with the uh, Atom uh, X5 processor. One of them, is, this one is running Windows 10 and VCC and also uh, DriveWire, so I can use it as a DriveWire server for physical hardware. And then my Centipede machine is just running a Linux stick because it was a lot cheaper to buy it without the uh, Windows license. Mm -hmm. And I just ran uh, Linux and then uh, VCC under Wine. Okay. It works really well also. What is what is the stock hardware? I've, I've always been curious. What is inside a normal arcade one-up? I mean, obviously, it's some type of emulator, but what, what is it? Uh, it's, it's MAME. It's MAME. Yeah, it's, it's, it's running the actual, uh, it's running, uh, the actual uh, ROM, but in a MAME environment. But what's the hardware and operating system it's running on? Is it a Linux? Uh, there is Linux no thing? operating system. It's proprietary for each game because it's well. I mean, it's running Mame, right? It's not running an OS. Okay, so Mame is the OS. Um, I guess, huh? Yeah, I mean, not technically, but I guess. It, okay, it, it's uh, basically an embedded Mame application. It is, embedded, yeah. Okay. It, that's why you have to swap out the PCB because it's there's not really anything you can do to it. Ah, okay. So, so. I know that on some of these, like NES classics and everything like that, people have been able to hack the firmware to get to play more games or get it to play third-party ROMs. But these one arcade one-ups, they're kind of like at hard. least the first-gen ones that I have. Um, yeah, they seem to be. They weren't uh, hackable, huh? No, okay. I mean, 
it, it probably would have been cheaper to go with uh, a retro pie. Uh-huh. But no, they're cool. I liked them, but yeah, it is. It's a it's a little bit expensive. Three hundred dollars for a three quarter cabinet, you know. Yeah. Um, but they're neat. It's a neat thing to have. So and um, that's very cool. And and it's cool that you you did something good with it by making it become a cocoa. <laughs> yeah, I, I would uh, I would say that probably at the three hundred dollar price point, it's probably a, a little aggressively priced. Uh, for what you get, but yeah. I think if you uh, retro pie it or do something like I did, then then it becomes a lot more worthwhile. What was the input to the stock monitor that came with it? Was that also HDMI or something else? Uh, HDMI. It was okay. So if you wanted so to switch can, out uh, their PCB for a retro pie in that cabinet, yeah, you could take out the PCB and put in a uh, retro pie and uh, and just get the adapter to uh, fit it to the uh, HDMI adapter that because it's got a small adapter. It doesn't just plug straight into the uh, display. Gotcha, gotcha. And does it does does the MAME that you're using there allow you to map keys too, so that the buttons and the joystick operate as key presses? Oh uh, yeah, I'm not using MAME actually. I'm using VCC. We mentioned yeah. Yeah, and and uh, you can map uh, all those buttons using a uh, program. Um, it's called uh, joystick to keyboard, so mm. you can treat the the, uh, the button as a uh, a keyboard key so that's why you see uh 12 buttons on there because i had to emulate the uh the most common key presses that you would use uh on a real coco such as y for yes and for no one for or two uh space bar. The arrow key space bar yeah. yeah yeah the reason i mentioned it is that uh ben drakes in the, in the chat there had mentioned he'd love to see phantom slayer running the cabinet i think it would have been a big hit in the arcades uh you can you can pretty much run i um i mean it, yeah, the keys are obviously going to be awkwardly laid out because they're the buttons, but you can you can even program on that if you wanted to. Neat, neat, cool project. You just have to take the time to remap the keys to the uh, the keys that you need for that specific uh, application. Yeah, there's limited USB ports on those PC sticks because they're so small. But I'm imagining... oh, there's only one, so oh. I just added a power hub to. Get okay, me... added a hub, and and you could possibly Bluetooth, uh, maybe a keyboard. And mouse I have a as well. I have a Bluetooth keyboard. Uh, yeah. Okay. That yeah. I uh, keep on top of it. Because yeah. I also have uh, I also have DOSBox on it. Okay. So... Neat. Neat. So it's a it's a it's a Coco and a PC. You yeah. Know. Well, it's running um, it's running a track mode. And VCC is just one of the many emulators that's on it right now. Ah. Well, obviously, for, for the demonstration and for Coco Fest, I just I have it boot up right to VCC. Uh, but I can just change the uh, boot program and have it boot right up to a track mode normally. Okay. And then you just choose VCC from the uh, scrolling menu of, of uh, systems that you want to emulate. Yeah. No, that's cool. And when, yeah, when you have a PC, you can do just about anything with it. Yeah, uh, that's a fifty dollar PC that you got in there. You could take any. Yeah, they're uh, they, they go for about a hundred bucks brand new, but uh, I picked this one up on eBay for fifty bucks. They're they're used, but they come uh -huh. wiped. I've had no problem with it. I've I've had two of them now. Neat. No problems. Awesome, awesome. Well, thanks for being here, and um, and thanks Thank for, for everything that you do. You not only drive from where what where in Canada are you, Henry? I'm uh, in. Uh, Brantford, near Niagara Falls. Ah, okay. Like an hour from Niagara Falls. Okay. Everybody uh, knows Niagara Falls, right? Everybody knows that, yeah. yeah. Um, and so... But I'm from uh, from Brantford, home of the uh, telephone. Oh, beauty. Eh? I grew up, I grew up near the Niagara Falls. Pardon? 
I grew up near Niagara Falls. I was born and raised in Welland. So was I. That's crazy small world, eh? Yeah. Eagle River. <laughs> yeah, Let me ask you a question. And, went to Eastdale High School. So um, did I. The town you guys grew up in, did it have a road? I went to Eastdale. 50,000 people. We're, it was the center of the universe when you were a kid. Did, oh, you guys went to the high, same Nightmare Highway. Road. It's a, it's a, it's a Cocoa Fest miracle. It's a Cocoa Fest. <laughs> you know, there well, are other people. Well, there are other people in this call that went to the I same I graduated in 89. 87. Ah. Yeah. That's that's. You awful. guys might have crossed paths, just didn't know we, it. We might have. Did you play football? We should, we should talk. No. Okay. Because um, I, I played football there and road. That was about it. Other than uh, that, I tried to, uh, tried sorry, to stay in everybody's way. Now that we've hijacked the show with our tearful reunion, yes, sorry yes. about that, guys. Well, that's cool. Speaking of hijacking the show, up next, it just Jason. Shows you how the... small the world really is. <laughs> yes. Yeah. A guy who's best known for saying. Stop right there. We have Jason, the Cocoa Man Rikert, up oh, to yeah. share with us something. We don't know what. It's going to be a surprise. Something. Oh, it'll be something, all right. And, you know, there there are more than, you know, they aren't the only two people on this planet that went to the same high school. <laughs> you and your brother did only uh, kinda kinda yeah it's it's, it's, a, <laughs> it's a long story yeah it's a it's a long story that we don't we don't have nearly enough time for but it is it is a virtual cocoa fest but i don't have a virtual banner i have my banner up over here there it is got that up on the wall is it over your shoulder uh it's over one of the shoulders yeah, which one it is is you know we trying mm -hmm. to be all all mile backwards here but and uh it wouldn't be it wouldn't be a it wouldn't be a cocoa fest without and MC10. 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 Yes. And uh, of course, if if we're if we're gonna go that far, then we might as well just bring this out too. The mug of douchery. For the forest, forest of doom mug. We brought it. It's been removed from its protective styrofoam container for this for this He's special appearance. The champion. My Aren't you friend. afraid of the collect the resale value of that though? Well. Well, right after this, it's going right back into the vault. It's kind of like a Disney <laughs> vault. Under a UV lighting. Uh, it's going to be all all nice and dark there in the in the vault. Uh, now, again, that, hey, that Jason, all aside, yes, you're right. Uh, you're right next to me, so I'm gonna. I'm just gonna take that mug back. <laughs> you guys in the same safe See, deposit you're... box? No, he's my neighbor. Oh. See the banner. Oh, I don't see you, Polly. We're on. Uh, I've got him full screened. Hold oh on, yes, what? yes. Where where are we now? Hold on. We're in an empty room. Where are you, Polly? Oh, there's Polly. All right. Talk again, Polly. Yeah, see, he's my he's my neighbor. Uh, gosh, dang right it! I. Okay. Oh, I see a Coco Man over there. Yeah, I see that. Okay. Yeah, so I'm just gonna reach back over here oh. and take that mug back from him. Oh, <laughs> there it is! Hey! <laughs> oh. Oh yeah! Da, da, look, da, look at the da, wonders da, da, of technology da, da, there. Da, 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 da. Okay, okay. I, I see you're <laughs> at your uh, Tandy assembly booth there now. Now it makes sense. Yeah, when well, this is supposed to be Cocoa Fest, so take down that Tandy assembly backdrop. <laughs> All right, so um, it says Cocoa Fest. Can't you see it? <laughs> no, I can't see you now. I have, I have Jason's face right. full screen. Um, yeah, get your own segment, Paul. <laughs> <laughs> Such a diva. <laughs> oh yes, of course. Yes. Um, all I'm right. Moving, trailer. 
moving right along before I before uh, before Stevie plays me off here, like it's a <laughs> show. Of course, every you know, just you know, as a fest, I would I would bring the entire product line. Of course, we know we we all know the Wallaby, you know the uh, RGB splitter cable. We all know the Switcheroo, the oh, Spark, Rocky, the Spark adapter. Uh, we have Joey. Uh, well. We'll get there. Just Nick, when it's on. your segment, you can talk, all right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I deserve it. I deserve it. Uh, and then, of course, we have uh, we have the, uh, the the Kookaburra cable, which is the RGB extension, which for some reason I don't have one handy here. I, see, I, I'm really prepared for this. But <laughs> you say you're sold out. Yeah, I'm sold out at the moment. I sold my first. I sold my first two at uh, at VCF Midwest. You know, because I'm the Switcheroo guy. As, and as and I got the early. first one. That's right, you did, and uh, and of course earlier earlier this uh, early, earlier not this year but I guess last year but one of the things I was playing to bring to Coco Fest was of course the Joey controller switch so and these are still available this is uh, just uh, again people have seen it but just to bring it back up this is uh, you have two two joystick controller inputs you can plug up to two Coco joysticks. And you can use a toggle switch to toggle between that, you know, the joystick on the front of the machine or on the front of the box rather. And then on top of that, we have another toggle switch up here at the top that will allow you to, you allow you to control between uh, what port you want that particular joystick to go to. What, you know, you saw what joystick and then what port you want it to go to because, and then you got the two plugs right here to plug it in. Because I think we all have experienced the joys of trying to figure out which joystick a particular Coco game uses. Mm -hmm. And it's uh, also wonderful product. I want to switch to that. It is a, uh, it is a, uh, <laughs> it, it sure is. How is can there, I disagree? Is there with a that? switch for Nick Marota's mouth by any chance? I'm sorry, my enthusiasm. If you had the Nick Marota mute switch, mute I would button. buy two of them. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Well, now that you speak of it, I, I, you know, there is a little button there in Zoom. But, uh... <laughs> and by the way, I do want to say hi to the Chinese government who's also celebrating with yeah. us. Uh, yeah. Yes, uh, yes I, 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 I need more sweet and sour sauce for my chicken. <laughs> Love that stuff. Uh, and uh, then more, more, more recently, uh, I, uh, you know, kind of came up with this uh, idea and kind of just. I think I just came up with this. Sometimes it's it's hard for me. Sometimes things come up and say, "Hey, can you make me something that does something?" And uh, you know, I'll say I can or I can't. But then, I, then uh, the other thing was I was playing around with this was uh, we have in another part of the Joey line. We have the the Joey serial switch, and this will allow you to connect uh, three. Uh, uh, the four pin serial port uh, on the back of your color computer. Uh, and uh, three different devices to it, and then and plug into your Coco, and then be able to switch with this nice uh, rotary switch between the uh, A, B, A, B, or C port. And uh, that that comes in handy for if you have print several printers, or you want to have drive wire, drive wire. Um, can I get the knob in another color. Yes, you can. Uh, it's available oh, in multiple fire. colors. Wow! Unlike the Coco's green screen that comes in your availability of two colors. <laughs> well, if you have the Coco Three, then you have you have more. But uh, Coco VGA, yeah, Coco VGA, uh, and then uh, so, again, we you know, the serial switch. The serial switch, yes. It's not it's not the switch between Captain Crunch and Fruit Loops. It's it's just your serial port on oh. your color computer. Now, um, and 
again, say, I want to, I want to let everybody know that, you know, if there's something you need built, you know, cable wise, switch box wise, I may be able to accommodate you contact me. Of course, you know, I think everybody knows the website, cocoman.biz. <laughs> right there it is. Hey, it's not a Cocoa Fest without a banner. So I, I, I got the banner out and uh, tacked it to the wall. And uh, I didn't, I managed not to uh, stick myself with any of the uh, push pins to get it up there. So I'll consider that a victory. But uh, one of the projects, one of the requests I had was to build a, uh, a cable for. Uh, there were some digitizers at one point that uh, required a cable that went to the joystick port and used the analog to digital converter built in the joystick port. And the funny thing was I actually played with this uh, probably early 90s. Uh, it was a, a program called Digitizer 3 Plus, and it was very, it's a very, very simple cable, but uh, I've had some requests for that. So I'm going to be I'm going to be offering that. It's just your uh, your six pin DIN to your uh, to a, just a headphone jack. And, uh, you know, I don't have a snappy name for it yet. I'll come up with a name later, but, uh, well, because Australian... it's, because it's for digitizing the digitizer redo. Yeah. Oh, yes! I like it. Oh, I, 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 like I, I think it. we may have a wiener. <laughs> <laughs> digitizer. Where's my, where's my pen? <laughs> yeah, cancel, cancel all the, my meetings. The, I gotta work on this. <laughs> will be huge just for the name. Oh, I can just hear the commercial. Yeah, the digitizer do. I'm going to have to write that on the back of a cocktail napkin here or something. What, is, what does Nick Moretti think of this? Is what I want to know. Oh, Rocky. Sounds authentic enough. And then um, you need uh, you need an agent to uh, negotiate your parts on this. <laughs> yes. Let's do lunch. I see uh, Robin Rob has a name for you. Uh oh, Dingo Tizer. The Dingo Tizer. Dingo Tizer <laughs> ain't my baby. Now there's a competition. Maybe I should have put a poll up on the I'm a Coconut uh, Facebook group or something. Oh. Dingo Tizer just sounds like something uh, else. Barry Nelson uh, says the, the didgeridoo. Didgeridoo. It's a Don't too close yeah. to Dingleberry, you know. It's Criker. Oh, Didgeroo. Digiru, digitizeri do. The, the, the hits just keep coming. The, the hits just keep coming. So hits just keep coming. Uh, and finally, hits, right? what's that? He said hits, right? The hits, yes. Yeah. The hits, okay, yes. Hits with an it. H. Okay. Yeah, I'm sorry. Will, I, it, will it? Will it? Will it? Will it do? Um, 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 maybe it'll have to. Mm -hmm. Will it do? Will it won't do? Will it cocoa do? And uh, where's our timekeeper? Where's your timekeeper? Yes. Asparagus. Asparagus. <laughs> oh. Hey, you know, well, if I see, this is what you know. If I wouldn't have had all these interruptions or um, colorful interjections, we'll yes, call them. yes. I'm just curious. Uh, right. Did you? But this, this is exactly what I. This is exactly what you should expect from a a a a, 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 a presentation. And one other thing I did. I just did this recently. Three, just playing around. Two, here. one. Uh oh. No, <laughs> oh yeah. I, is that music I hear? Uh, and w one other one other thing I did, uh, and uh, you know, doing all the variable various uh, uh, RGB cables for the Coco Three, I needed a way to make sure that, quite frankly, that the red, green, and blue lines were working. And I made a simple little program that just drew some red, green, and blue lines. And uh, and I played with that for a while, made it made it quicker, you know, made it a variable. And then just the other day, I said, you know, what the heck? I can expand on this. And just using the 32-column text screen, 
and go ahead and make something that kind of looks like a test pattern just for fun. And I just, this was something I just worked on in an evening. I, I've it's, it's on my blog. My, my blog is cocoman.org and that's just where I'm little projects I'm playing with. I haven't done much with it lately, but I did just put an entry on cocoman.org and just a little test pattern program just for fun. And then what I, I did that one evening, and the next evening I started playing around with, this will run on an MC-10. So I finally did get it to run on the MC-10, but it's a very simple program. I can just hit run here. I'm, I am running a Wallaby. So did I've you got consult with Jim here. Gary during the porting process from Coco to MC-10? You know what? I Please. did on the MC-10 <laughs> Facebook group. Uh, I, 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 did, I, I didn't end up going with the method to port it to the MC-10 because uh, originally I, I was talking to some of the fellows on Discord and like, maybe you can just save it and ask and load it. I tried that. It did load into the MC-10, but it was just one big long line with a weird line number. It's like one, two, three, nine, five or something, of course. Hmm. So that was useless. But there was another fellow, and I, his name escapes me right now, unfortunately. Uh, I'd have to look. Uh, and I, I, I'm, I apologize. Okay. I forget right yeah, now. But, let's, uh, let's see the demo, Jason. Yeah. Uh, but it's very simple, uh, very simple program that would save it out on the Coco to a tape, and then it loaded right on the MC-10 with just one just one line i had to fix but other than that it's very simple it just quickly draws a test pattern and it boom and yeah that's it and it actually runs quicker on the mc10 which is funny okay cool that that's all i got and uh how are we doing on time? We're you're you're overtime. That's fine. We're yeah, you're, you're over, but that's ah, good. okay. We're good. We're good. You never right. get Thank enough, Coco Man. Yes, we are. We are grateful for you and the many contributions you have for us. And uh, thank you, Jason, the Cocoa Man. And up next is a guy from Arizona who owns a Cocoa or two. He's probably one of the most joyful and delightful guys in the community. Couldn't find a nicer guy, a happier guy, a more positive person on the planet. We're talking okay. about, you know him, you love him. It's Rondelvo, everybody. Where is he? <laughs> He's really okay, man. <laughs> I'm going like to go right, right to sharing you, a screen. You're welcome. Yes, I took some time to steal that. <laughs> yeah, you can share it anytime. I've stopped sharing. And so. that is that is running on a Coca One. Okay, oh. screen one. Here it is. Share. Ta-da! Okay. All right, we see you. Okay. Um, do you see... I see your mouse moving over a okay, video file. Okay, good. That's what I wanted to know. Here it goes. All right. There's no audio to listen to. And uh, it, it doesn't really, isn't really pretty. But <clears throat> I have a bunch of Ron's Max. There's a whole bunch of uh, Max files that I've digitized. And I just pick one and I show you how uh, Coco Max 2 works with the um, Coco VGA and and just in the you know first Coco Coco even anyway loaded up I put uh, I put the disc on a uh, drive one and uh, you can select which drive you like in the program as soon as it gets there plus Ooh, uh, I reached over reached over and clicked to make it so you didn't see that <laughs> so I snuck my hand over there to the uh, <clears throat> button anyway so uh, 
I want you to notice how quickly this works. There's, uh, you don't have to wait for the programs to load or, any, or you know, you have to wait for the program to load, but um, it's real nimble. I mean, everything is quick. Boom. And this is uh, Armstrong. Neat. That I digitized. That's, that's digitized. A videotape. Yeah. And um, next one is Yeah, that's Aldrin. wicked fast. Yeah, it goes quick. Wicked fast. I, I'm actually slower getting to it. <laughs> <laughs> and this is all on the um, SDC. Unfortunately, on the uh, Color Computer 3, uh, Coco Max 3 doesn't work on it. Hmm. I don't know why. I've asked uh, for some to help if they could, and no one has any interest in finding out why it didn't work. I'm pretty sure so I just used it on dry. Huh? I'm pretty sure I've had that running on my Coco 3. Maybe I haven't. Well, it, it, you can bring it up on the SEC, but you have to uh, load it with uh, the CM3 um, command. It's well, CM3. Dot, you, uh, you'll I, see. I, I, think I must be thinking of Colormax. Maybe. Colormax works fine. Yeah. But I can't use uh, two different drives on the SDC on um, Cocomax 3. There's the moon. Oh, neat. It was a bad picture in the first place, and now it's even worse. Yeah, it looks good, But though. you can still make out what it is. Yeah, it looks cool. And this is all on that Coco 2, Coco 1. Anyway. And I bet a trivia, the author of Coco Max was Tim Jennison, who's the guy who formed the Videotech and did the, the toaster and stuff later on, on the Amiga and then on the PC. Oh. Okay, so... Um, and new tech, and they're still in business. Yeah, yeah. when you when you get um, Coco Max, it comes with Groucho, and I thought I'd put him up quick. Oh, neat. And you can see... You That's can a see good some, scan. Uh, That's real good quality. Yeah, you can see the... Um, mix the colors with his face yeah yeah all right and is this coming through the coco vga yes yeah it's just uh you know i i set the camera back and that's where i had my mistake because it's fuzzy and i didn't realize that because i was looking no, it at looks it small good. it looks fine yeah it's okay okay so now we can go over to uh hit stop and this is coco mix three I could make it bigger, but it gets ugly. That's fine. It's, it's, it's looking fine. How no, that looks okay there too. Yeah. All right. So, um, gosh, this isn't the same one. <laughs> Why is it the same one? Did you ran the same video twice? No. Here it is. Here. Fifteen. The other one's ten. I think you ran 15 the first time. Oh, uh-uh. Oh, maybe it is. Yep, that's two. Okay, you're right. Oops. Oh, God. Now I got to find the program. Do it Don't you love live presentations? Uh, yeah. I didn't really use uh, a lot of Cocoa drawing programs, honestly. I, I did use Graphicom. Um, that's the only one I ever remember using. So I didn't use those ones that have the kind of Mac paint look to them. I think they're cool. I think it's very nostalgic to see a, a graphic editor like that. The old, like, you know, paint, Microsoft paint, Mac paint, these really old nostalgic looking tools. 
and it's cool that the Coco was able to run things like that. But personally, I didn't really mess with too many of those. So it's neat for me to see these because I am not seeing them that much before. I used to use them for like presentations at school. Right there. Yeah. So let's see here. Video 15. Is that what the last one was? I don't know. That's what this one says right now. We got a little some sport. Yeah, you were looking for video 10. To play 10? Yep. Okay. We'll go back. Yep. Right. Okay. Sorry, guys. It's okay. What are you running this on? An MC10? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> How the hell do I get out of this? Yeah. There we go. Just, just press clear. All right. Just press clear. I open up a new window. <laughs> just All right. hit clear. Here we go. Video 10. Here we go. Yeah, run CM3. You have to be out of um, out of SDC DOS, probably. Yeah, in order That's to play it. it is, yeah. But this is off my drive, so. Okay. Oh, it might be the Shift M for multiple disk things in the SDC. If you use no, the Explorer, it isn't. Oh, because I run it on SDC all the time. Let's talk offline. Figure it out. Yeah. Okay. Coco okay. Max. So that looks a three. And this is still a Coco one two thing. Yeah, it looks like it, huh? No, yeah. this is Coco three. Oh, it is? Right. So you I'm can tell by the color palette in the bottom. Oh. Right. Yeah, yeah. This is the hamburger I drew. Hamburger. And this loads in a little longer because it's drive. Anyway. Real, real floppy. I mean, oh. David Ladd would prefer that. but What I did was I made a mistake. Uh, I, I was just looking around. But you can see how fast it works. It's yeah. fast. Yeah. It zips. You show the page. That's and nice. I, That's see, good. on the top, uh, above Intergraphics, I made a boo-boo. I um, hit it with, a, I don't know, one of the tools and made a blip. And so then I oh. take an eraser and erase it. And I'm okay. going to move past that. Yeah. Anyway, cool. so I fixed that. And then I go ahead and draw. And this is the part I'll go quickly on. Oh, you're taking a bite out. Um, yeah. Taking a bite out of the burger. We're just going to move along. Oh, that's neat. Make me hungry. Yeah. That was that stuff. That stuff was not there before, so you have to draw it in. Yeah, it's all drawn in ah. by hand. Yeah. You know, <clears throat> you saw. Have you, you tried drawing pictures. it by foot at all? No. Uh, yes, <laughs> I could. <laughs> That's basically it, guys. That's neat, Ron. And I saved it off on Drive One. Yeah, that's cool. Do a follow up with Color Max Deluxe too. Yeah, yeah. We'll sometime. Yeah, that's awesome because I have not really seen these programs in action, and it's neat. And you and you're a talented guy, so you are you know very artistic. So it's nice to see. Um, also, some... Bjork blocks. You should do that one too. That was designed by Steve Bjork himself for doing uh, tiles and stuff for games. That's it, guys. Oh, thank you, Ron Delvo. Thank you. Mm -hmm. And I got to say, I'm like everybody else. I'm glad I got to meet you in person at Coco Fest, and yeah, I'm, glad you, I'm glad you're joining us here today at Coco Fest. And uh, next up is a presentation that you guys have been dying to hear about. We just don't get to hear enough, David Ladd. Um, and we are going to hear right from, there. yeah, we're going to hear from David Ladd and Mark Overholzer about a project he's been working on for a while that we saw some prototypes from last year. David Ladd, are you still there? 
Oh yeah, baby. Everybody ready? <laughs> oh yeah, baby. Are are you excited, David? I know I am. Oh yeah. <laughs> Let's get this going. All Ooh. right. <clears throat> Let's see here. So this is the current incarnation of the mouse adapter. So basically, um, this is basically here. We've got the PS2 connector. Here you've got the USB for the power. And then, of course, over here, you've got the uh, joystick out, which then this cable then goes to the joystick in on your Coco. And then you can just use the mouse. That's pretty much it. It's There's a few people that wanted just an output version because the fact that since Jason's got his, his Joey, there's no point to having a joystick input when you can just flip a switch. <laughs> so what do the LEDs do? Well, this particular LED is the SPI activity from this DAC right here. And then over here, this LED is basically to let you know if you've got it plugged in for power or not. Basically, it's my idiot light. Okay. Do you have it plugged in? Is okay. the light on? <laughs> All right. Have you tried switching so, it on and off again? <laughs> what does the switch yeah. do? No IT. Uh, what does the switch um, do? That is just, that's just a reset button for the uh, controller if it gets locked up for some reason. The old version looked like this one right here. Oh, wow. I have one the of old... those, yep. So basically on this one, you had an in where your joystick, your current joystick would plug into the in, and then you'd have the out, your PS2. And then of course, um, since I was using an Arduino Nano here, I had a separate power input that you could use, but I found that was, uh, um, it was just more of a pain in the rump to try to get an AC adapter to do that when most people just had USB power anyway. So I just ran it that way. Um, and then, of course, the spot for the same DAC. Um, this thing's gone through a lot of iterations over the time because of the fact that uh, um, I started out with what they call pulse width modulation, or PWM. And I found that to be extremely uh, jittery because that's controlled from the power from the microcontroller and not the, the Coco. I've been PWed so in what... the past. Yeah, uh-huh. So, but that's the reason why I switched to the DAC, and that was on recommendation from Jim Brain, and I've been enjoying it. And it works really well if you happen to add, let's see here, where is it? I know it's around here somewhere. Drum roll, please. I don't, I Super clear picture here, though, David. Whatever uh, under you... the bed to the left, I think, there, David. Yeah. Next Hold to on. the dead body. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So right here... Well, I think some people would recognize what this nice little box it's is. It's a high-res joystick interface. Yep. So basically all you have to do is if you have one of those, you take the other end of this nice little cable, you plug it into the high-res like so, and then you plug the high-res in like normal to your Coco, da-da-da. And then, of course, there you go. You got the high-res adapter for, um, for multi-view. Um, yep, for multi-view that used it, and I think there was a couple pieces of software and disk basic that used it. Um, but yeah, if you need the high res, it's there for the software that supports the current um, 
NIC and Sockmaster software version of the Hi-Res. Um, the mouse adapter will work on that because this is a 12-bit DAC. So it's overkill, but it's, uh, you know, it was actually cheaper to go with the 12-bit DAC than it was the 10-bit DAC. <laughs> so I'm like, I'll just use the 12 then. Is there any way to collect and harvest those extra bits and store it and reuse at a later time? <laughs> Only for you, Steve. <laughs> so this works on the 6-bit DAC standard, and it works on the high-res joystick interface, and it works on the software routines that Sock and Nick did for the high-res software routine. Yes. And it, and, and it does it without jitter like it normally would. Um, well, the thing is, is that any of the joystick analog inputs is always going to have a little bit of jitter. That's never going to be fixed. Um, now, I, I found have not switching tested to decaf this. has helped me with my jitter. Yeah. So now I have not tested this because the person that got one of these that was supposed to test it never got around to doing it. Um, but I wanted to find out if this would work on a Tandy 1000 that has the mm, same Coco joystick ports. Yeah, yeah. Because there is a driver for that. Um, but again, I don't know if that will work. It should, because if this per works perfectly on the Coco, it should work on the Tandy 1000 that had the Coco joystick style input. Interesting. Well, send me one and I'll test it on my yeah. 1000. There you go. You've got, so, a, you've got a product. Tested. I will mention when I tried it at the Fest last year, David, on your previous prototype there, it did seem to have less jitter than, than say, the high-res interface on its own with a regular joystick. It did seem to be smoother. I don't know if that's the digital PS2 mouse that's making it smoother. Well, one of the things that I've learned, um, you know, because my training is just as a PC repair, not engineer. So, but For God's I've sakes, taken... Jim. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> So basically on almost all of my boards now I've taken uh, to doing what Jim Brain does is I pretty much make sure that I've got a ground plane on both sides of the board. I, I make sure that there's a full ready-to-go ground plane to help cut down on any RF interference. Um, I've done my best to make this as, as reliable as possible, but, you know, there's never going to be a hundred percent jitter-free or hundred percent perfect product. We're human. We are flawed to start with. So, I have a question from Grant Leedy too. He's asking, how much are you charging for it? Um, well, that's something that uh, Mark and I have not talked about. Mark is going to be the one that's probably going to be the primary um, manufacturer of the the adapter. Mark Overholzer, that is. Um, but certain components I'm here. are cheap, you know, um, the, the, the joystick, the six pin dens that I was using here, the initial ones I was getting were like six bucks a piece, which is pricey on that. The microcontroller's about 250 currently. Uh, the DAC is, I think about three, 350. Uh, and then, of course, you get add in all these other components. Um, but, you know, I don't know. Yeah. It's something that I mean, Mark just doing some quick to... math, you've got about you got twenty dollars in just materials. Yep. Um, yep. Yeah. Not to mention labor, and that doesn't include your circuit board cost. 
So yeah, I, I found I found some. I have a whole stash of those connectors now that I got for less than six dollars. They'll probably be more like a dollar fifty, dollar seventy-five each. Right, right, right. But still, even if you sold it for forty, fifty dollars, this is something. If somebody wants it, it'll be of value to them. I don't think this is something everybody's gonna use, but there are people out there who would want it, and they would they would value the. I would. The you know, what it went to come up with this and make this. So no, it's cool. And, and do you guys sale. have an expected date they start going on sale? That I don't know because right now my 3D printer because I still need to design a case for it, and right now my 3D printer is out of commission because I've got to rewire the power supply because, yeah, they didn't. Well, use, let me let me ask you this: Would it standard. is it possible that this would fit in a pre-existing hobby box of some kind that's already that wheel's been invented? Well, can because it's it's like any of our projects. I'm sure Mark would be more than willing to sell it without a case and you can do what you want. Right. I'd, I'd be willing to sell it for the parts and a little bit for my time putting them in a kit, you know, if people want to mm -hmm. do it themselves. So, I mean, it's pretty much all through hole stuff, so. So what do you yeah. call this, the ladder? <laughs> no, I technically, um, we were throwing around the idea of calling it the mouse but I don't know. <laughs> the mouse I like that. This is more uh, like the Mastery Junior because it doesn't have as much as the other version. So. Yeah, because yeah. the the one that I have, well, that was just the raw board. Where the hell? Oh, here we go. Here's the one that I was using at the Fest, which actually is the fully assembled unit. Mm -hmm. So I was using this um, on my table. The one that you saw earlier is the one that um, Curtis was using on the ease of use table at Coco Fest last year. So these are what I was showing, and I think Mark had a similar previous the, model. Which, yeah, I have the original Proto, or second-generation Proto here. Yeah. Um, the the, 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 hey, David, uh, try to wrap it up here. Hey. Yeah. Well, the um, th just think that in future generations, you're going to be like the Wozniak. That this is going to be like the Apple One. That somebody's going to say, I had the first David Ladd mouse adapter before it went mainstream, you know, so. <laughs> so after you, after you get a uh, Coco VGA and they put one of those on and then you have the adapter and make it go faster, uh, do we have to, like, hook up an extra car battery and maybe... Uh... <laughs> Where the, light, the, the lights in your house are going to start flickering with all this technology, right? So, How many well, MPI I, I... slots does this take? Yes. You need a diesel electric auto, uh, automotive engine. Yes. Yeah. All right, so... Yeah, what... I've got three-phase power here, so much. We're going to... Somebody's making a lot of noise right now, right in their microphone. Um, Not me this time. We are going to take a commercial break, but let me know. Let me let you know who's coming up next. Hopefully you're ready. Erico, you will be up next after the commercial break, followed by Eddie Serbinski and D. Bruce Moore. Um, so just so you know who's on deck, who's on first as we continue the I don't know. first ever 29th annual virtual virtual Cocoa Fest. Um, we'll be back after these words. So enjoy. Since since we've had David Ladd um, just present for us, how about a nice little block of David Ladd uh, commercial content? And we'll be back. It's potty break. We'll be back in about three minutes, boys and girls. And now these messages. Radio Shack, America's technology store. 
Computer shopping has never been better at Radio Shack. Here's proof. Our new ultra-high-performance 386SX 20 megahertz computer with 85-megabyte hard drive, only $12.99. And it's from Tandy, manufacturer of the best-selling PC compatibles in America. Or get a 286-based Tandy home office computer with color monitor and hard drive, only $899.95. Shop your friendly nearby Radio Shack. Great selection, superior service. Nobody compares. ESP 8266-01 RS232 TTL Wi-Fi Network 4-pin DIN Fitbanger DB9 PC IP DriveWire 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 Good day. This is Nick Marionettes. Crikey. After you buy Gunstar... Stop right there. Okay, fine. After you bought Gunstar, go ahead and buy your copy of the Coco Fest edition of Nightmare Highway. Nightmare Highway. It's a quarter of the quality at half the cost. Hello, I'm David Ladd. Thank you for watching Coco Talk, the world's leading live Coco Talk show. This portion of Coco Talk brought to you by Placeblex Dietary Supplement. Placeblex, thought to help you with your floppy life. In a world where hard drives rule and floppies are superfluous, one man, one legend, one old fart dared to learn the floppy and took the brunt of jokes then all hard drives and SSDs died but the floppy survived and the only man who knew floppies became a legend once more. Floppy Life, the David Ladd story. This summer, straight to YouTube. Eight slot MPI, floppy drive, Coco SDC, sound speech pack, orchestra 90, RS-232 pack, modem pack, super IDE. You start adding all those together if you want them all usable at the same time well guess what you just went over the four slot mpi david lad oh i'm much happier breaking stuff all right ladies and gentlemen you know him you love him it's david lad the man we love to love uh you just can't get enough david lad and darren thanks for being here this whole time i know it's early for you thanks for getting up and thanks for hanging out with us all day hopefully we're not putting you to sleep or anything um so we just have so much in store for you. This is a jam-packed show. Um, we are not done yet. We've got much more to do, but this is a good-looking guy here. So most of us on the show look like a bunch of old farts, but we got a good-looking guy here now. Uh, we have Erico, and Erico, you showed something off last week, a little teaser of a work in mm -hmm. progress. So what do you have to tell us today? What's the big news from you, sir? All right, it was ex uh, I was hoping to have it done for this weekend, but uh, just couldn't make it. Some 
bugs popped up in the last minute that took my time yesterday night and today morning. But anyway, I've got um, not much to show, but uh, an update. I sent a, a file to Nick. Nick, did you did you get the file? I did. Does it work? <laughs> I started to run it. I couldn't run a whole lot because I had to. Uh, the show is starting, but it seems to work so far. All right. Uh, oh, what I have is that. I believe the game is pretty much done. I just need to, um, you know, create a front page and create the trailer and a gameplay video and all that, which I'll be doing uh, today and tomorrow. And remind but, us what that game is. Yes, the game is uh, out the outhouse. Uh, I actually wanted, uh, if if possibly, Nick could play it online because it would be something. Just are are you little... able to screen share, Nick? Yeah. Okay. And by the way, Outhouse is what this show usually should be uh, put in. So um, our best experience, Coco Talk, best experience in an outhouse, out of doors. Give me a second. Uh, I wasn't prepared. I'm really looking forward to the semi-graphics toilet paper. (laughs) (laughs) There's a shortage on that right now. (laughs) Give me a second. I wasn't prepared. Virtual toilet paper. It's like a regular show. If it's too much trouble, Nick, I can run it from here too. It's it's fine. Just so that people know, uh, those who don't know, it's a take on the outhouse, the color computer, and uh, it's done with semi-graphics, but it's a Windows PC game. And I'm attempting to make it uh, really sound like a color computer game. So hopefully uh, other people will come from the mainstream computers to ours. Nice, nice. Bring them in. Lure them in. The first one's free. That's how we get you, right? <laughs> All right. And this is take our sweet time here as we try to do this. I'm just messing with you, Nick. <laughs> no, I got it. I got it. I got it. I got it. I can share. No pressure. No pressure. You're just holding up the entire show. It was running well until you got involved. So See, this you. is what happens when you say, it's all running well. <laughs> It happened to me. It can happen to you. Uh-huh. Hey, can you see it? It can happen to yeah. everyone eventually. I see green. Okay. I see um, green. I see green. I see green. I do. Yes, I see green. It looks like a cocoa screen. How is it loading in? Okay, it's 1981. You want to do? You want to do the reading, Nick or Erica? The outskirts of Mount Weaver. Weaver is the uh, actually creator of the game. Ah, right? yeah, Jim Weaver. Yeah, this is as far as I got, so I didn't try to run more than this. So I don't know what, what are the controls are they? Um, controller or keyboard? Uh, both. You can use arrows and Z. Okay. Or... Ooh, or the joystick. Erica. Press it again. Oh, I love how the sun like just it. set. Yeah, change it a little bit. I love what, I love what you've done with the sound here. That, that phasing effect is really good. <laughs> Oh, this is awesome, dude. You got a flying bird there? So this bird is pooping on people? And those are bats. Oh, bats. Oh. Okay. They got coronavirus. They get awesome. attracted by the UFO. Yeah, make sure you oh, stay six feet current. away from... As they're going for this toilet paper, they have to stay six feet away from each other. So. Don't Social distancing. Doing the coronavirus <laughs> Uh, oh, oh, he just stole it. He's got the oh, toilet papers. I thought you could shoot the keyboard. You destroyed the toilet paper. Yes. 
He hates these cans. Get away from the cans. <laughs> this is what happens when you go two meters apart. This is awesome, Erica. Can I shoot these things? Uh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, I know. Oh, crap. You can actually shoot them, a lot of them together, if you line oh, them nice. up. Oh, that was a good guy. That was a oh, guy who... Oh, a good guy. Feel, yeah, oh, I didn't feel, know. What he feels a bit of the... Is he a good guy? How do you know? I don't know uh, how to tell. Shirt color, maybe? He looks like Homer Simpson. No, kind of <laughs> Have a goatee. Oh, guess got exploded. Well, looking at the guys right now, I figure out which is good. Oh, bad. man, it's becoming a real shite storm. This is like Black Friday oh. now. You go down low and shoot. Oh, dude, this is so awesome, man. <laughs> no more flush. It's a little bit better than Kabam, I'll tell you that much. So. <laughs> that gets oh, I, can't, I can't wait to get it. And uh, you, you can actually play. I hope it's fun. It's more fun to play with two players. You can play simultaneously two players. Oh man! And uh, one can uh, uh, one UFO can shoot the other. So it uh, the space is very short. I'm just imagine that since this runs on Windows, you could actually like sit on the John and play it for real. But I don't think you want to have a two-player game in that. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, Eric, the only thing I don't know is which are the good guys and the bad guys. Uh, everybody's a bad guy except the guy in blue jeans and white shirt. That guy is going to refill a bunch oh, of paper. Oh, okay. To the, so white the white shirt. Okay. And, uh, your Amazon the... delivery guy with toilet paper. <laughs> and, the, and, the, and this guy, he actually marks the stage progression, right? So whenever you see him, you are I'm becoming a pro. I'm becoming a pro. This I love the diagonal looks of it too. And I love the kind of really um, like defender, the kind of like choppy line of uh, lasers coming out, the perforated laser line. I can't wait to play it. Yeah, and this will play. And, and how are people going to be able to get do? this? Oh, you because... can shoot your own house. <laughs> Does that, Is that do anything? Bad? That's I bad. I saw your you toilet paper go down paper. there when you shot it. So. Oh, you lose toilet paper. Oh, okay. <laughs> Of course. Well, in a certain emergency, you can go down there and shoot uh, a line that will that will kill a lot of baddies, a lot of the humans, but you also lose paper. Uh, oh, that's a good guy. Okay, yeah, the white t-shirt. Don't shoot the guy in the white shirt. <laughs> gonna resupply. They won't come in with him in. So the sequel of this game will be like a scooter. <laughs> a scooter game. I, I do like all the uh, other Coco game sound effects you put in here too. You can hear like mixes of different other games. Well, they're getting yeah, fast, this is... dude. This is awesome. Holy cow. <laughs> this is fun. Neat. You're picking up pretty fast. He's getting good. Doing better, doing better, better at this than a double back, huh? <laughs> <laughs> so what would be a high score on this one? Uh, the score. I've tried to add score, but it, it didn't work fine the way I wanted. So I kept with the toilet paper amount, right? Oh, okay. Uh... You're actually at zero now. Any hit, any hit you take on the outhouse uh, will be game over. But the other guys won't steal paper because have none. Oh, you just destroyed your house. I love that disintegration-looking effect too. Oh man, that was awesome. That's cool. And 
that's pretty much it. It's uh, hopefully by the next one or two days, I have everything set up together with that image, the 3D image for printing. Okay. And I'll hopefully bundle them together. And uh, by uh, during this week, I'm going to render uh, uh, a similar poster, but with uh, but we fill it transparent polygons, right? Okay. Yeah, that'd closer, be cool. Closer to the ones you guys saw on Facebook, about okay. like more fillet polygons, no no outlines only, and that's it. Neat. Neat. It looks and, like you uh, took your time and really thought about the words you used when, in the beginning there. You have some yeah, really good, hear, good words in there. I want to hear Stevie read that. Go it's, bring it back. Bring it back to a the few ten dollar words. Start it again. Oh, yeah, okay. Bring up the title screen again. I'll take a look. I don't at think that. you'll have enough time to read it because it's only up there for. Uh, Okay, so Next, it stays word. on for quite some time if you don't press uh, if you don't press. Can the you button. see it? No, 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 not yet. <sighs> the it, it was very actually it was very Can troublesome. See I see it now. Yes. Yes. One minute, okay. fast. All right. But it's uh, uh, on the intro. It, it was a lot of work. Oh, I started the game. Hold okay, on, that's fine. Me... No, right. just, no, just crash on the crash on the outhouse. Crash into it. <laughs> okay, Which Stevie, is you'll have to hustle. Okay, bring it up. All right, there you it's go. It's 1981, and the outskirts of Mount Weaver lies an anomalous region teeming with vandals, odd-behaving fauna, ubiquitous meteors, and enigmatic UFO incidents. Some talk <laughs> about the supernatural, others that the army is involved. Yet deep within the cosmic void, even Chuchilu has to go, too. Woo! Awesome! I'm right. surprised. So, you made it. Some really <laughs> interesting words there. Yes, I often feel like I'm going to Chuchillo when I'm out in the outhouse. So um, I think I had a chimichanga and experienced some Chuchillo's revenge at one point in time. <laughs> Michael uh, Flash. What's that? Yeah, I, I did okay, that. Great. All right. Thank Good you. Job, Erico. Thank you, Thank Erico. You. And if you want to come back on the show next week and let us know where we can all get our copy of that today, they'll be flying off the shelves. That will I also have be a question off. from uh, Torsten about it too. He's wondering who's going to backport this back to the Coco now. <laughs> oh yeah, we have to. We have to find someone. Oh, like I said, the graphics are all open. If somebody want to try, somebody that can move SG graphics in a faster fashion, it's uh, it's all there. Uh, just one note about uh, like Ron said, uh, the text on the opening was a little bit hard to pull up because uh, layouting the text. So I had to choose choose words that would fit. Ah, and yes. then we had to change what it was. Say, it took some time. It yeah. wasn't as quick as it as yeah, it I seemed. thought you did. <laughs> okay. Excellent. 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 Okay, that's it. Thank you, Erico. Thank you, Nick Morota, for showing that off. All right. So, thanks, Nick. Oh, very, no problem. Thank you. Our very next presenter comes to us from Eddie. afar. Eddie Serbinski is with us, and he's got something to show off that uh, probably a lot of us have not seen before. So, Eddie. Tell us what you're going to show us today on our virtual yeah. Cocoa And where are you at in the world so everybody knows? Oh, your audio is horrible. You're, you, we just, you're right. Try plugging your mic and plug it back in. Unplug your headset and plug it back in or something. You're Cyloning. That's, that's a Logitech uh, bug, if it's the same thing. Oh, not in this case. No. Is that better? No, try unplugging your microphone, too, if you haven't done that already. Is it part of your camera? Uh, Unplug the camera if you have to. Yeah, you were coming in loud and clear before. Hello. No. Stop, stop. 
suffering issue going on. Can you say Nightmare Highway? Nightmare <laughs> Highway. <laughs> Anyone recording that? Perfect. Yeah, we... Nightmare Highway. <laughs> Is that okay? No, you sound no. horrible. Try Maybe try hanging up on Zoom and coming right back in, too. Yeah. Uh, work. Gosh. Yeah, you were loud and clear every time you spoke before. It's it's really like distorted, like bandwidth choppy. Is a Cylon. Yeah, we had to say how good the show was going. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's fine. <laughs> That'll learn. You. No, no, I'm you, try try just leaving Zoom. Try disconnecting from the call and reconnecting. Maybe next. Yeah. All right. So how about while you do that, we'll move on to Bruce Moore um, while you're while you're working on that. D. Bruce, are you still with us? Oh, yes, sir. I just uh, I woke up. I, I woke up to toilet paper flying all over the, the, my screen. I was wondering what was going on. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, and uh, Saturday is, morning at a Costco is um, <laughs> so one of the projects that you were going to have at Coco Fest was a, um, a coffee table book. And so we're gonna let's go ahead and let's run that video as it was, as it was intended, and then we can continue the discussion after that. Sure. So here you go. Hey, Jacob, the uh, the virtual hey, wallpaper is kind of cutting you in and out a little bit. You're kind of phasing on us. All right, I'll fix that. Here, and uh, let me go ahead and I'll share system sound so you guys can hear me. All right, here we go. This year, the TRS-80 color computer turns 40. And what better way to celebrate than to get your very own limited edition 40th anniversary color computer photo book. This pearl finished 23 page hardcover photo pictorial depicts the introduction of the TRS-80 color computer in 1980 and follows the evolution of both the hardware and community over the last 40 years. This classic coffee table homage to the Coco is only available by pre-order with delivery at the Chicago 2020 Coco Fest. With the regular cost of printing and shipping a single copy at over $45, a bulk group order of 10 or more copies gets Coco Fest attendees this timely heirloom for only $30. Email coco at gracenote.ca to arrange your PayPal prepayment by March 21st. So obviously that didn't quite go according to plan because then uh, COVID hit and everything else hit the fans. So, um, so that's it. This is it. This is the actual guy. So it's here. Now I, I you know, I haven't taken pre-orders. I haven't done all that kind of stuff because I'm not sure whether we're actually going to have a physical Cocoa Fest or not. Right, right, right. That right. really is the easiest way to distribute this would be to do it at a Cocoa Fest. Uh, otherwise, I'd have to do a group buy, which I'm willing to do. Mm -hmm. um, uh, and then I would have to package them up and send them out to individuals and that right. sort of thing. So, I, I, just, I, ha I have an observation. Right now, your facial hair looks like what Jacob did to Nick Marenti's when he penciled in the fake mustache <laughs> on him. <so. laughs> 
<laughs> my cowboy. Oh, <laughs> Crikey. Or you didn't even wear your Ronda mask. Yeah, too. no. This is the COVID stash. Um, so no, it's a really cool project. I remember, you know, you showing us what your copy looked like and we were kind of looking at it on the webcam. It's really cool. Like the kind of pearlescent effect of the paper It's just, yeah. there's a lot of details and accents going on there. It's hard bound. Um, so it's like, it, we live in a time where you can have just about anything made on demand, but when you're doing in low volume, the cost, you know, your own cost, as you said, it costs you $45 to have one of these things made. So, yeah, mm. which is, it's not a ton of money, but you know, it's, but it's a keepsake too. And it's, it, this is, this is yeah. the 40th anniversary of the Coco. So, um, I, I'm, I'm hoping that we will still have a real Cocoa Fest this year. Uh, and I'm hoping we can still do that and get together and all that good stuff. Um, and then, then if that doesn't happen, then I'm sure you'll come up with some decision and announcement on here's how you can buy it. Will this, will this place do fulfillments where if Bob in Nebraska wanted to order one, they could pay for it and they'd do, they'd do a direct ship. So no, unfortunately, no, I'll have to actually, I'll have to put in an order myself. You'll have to yeah, come to that, that, and that, that becomes, then you become like, you're a store. You got to take on inventory. You've got to front money. You've got to hope you can comp you know, recoup your expenses. So um, no, I gotta do it. I gotta do it as a bulk buy. So I mean, if you're, you know, still email me, Coco at Gracenot.ca, expressing your interest, expressing your interest, and then when, you know, if it turns out that uh, we're not having a Coco, well, either way, whatever, whatever turns out happening, I'll contact everybody and we'll see what what they want to do, how they want to do it. This obviously this isn't gonna make any money, you, you know, like that. But it's 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 a labor of love essentially. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna up the price and try to make a profit on this. I just want to make sure I, I break even on it if I, yeah. I can. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And, um, you know, and we'll just we'll just see how that all plays out. So yeah. I was hoping to be handing this out to a bunch of people today and, and right. there's you know, space in the back for autograph. You could get autographs. And, yeah, absolutely, and absolutely. Well, yeah. I mean, it's you are, we mentioned this, you're kind of like the king of mixed media because you've done so many things on so many different formats. Maestro. A maestro, a maestro maestro of mixed media right you do music you do videos you make video games you've done audio uh, productions mixed media productions augmented National stuff, anthems you know so um your your talents and your contributions are a huge asset to this community you are you're a jewel uh de bruce and we working with him was fun too yeah, yeah. We, we are great he's one of the few of us with genuine talent i think is what we're yeah. trying to say here yeah exactly yeah <laughs> don't tell and, him you'll and, leave us and luckily you're not Rode a yeah. Yeah. Rode is my go-to guy when i need when i need my uh, ukulele tracks <laughs> <laughs> and, and there's talent junior by talent junior right next to you design. yeah um eddie serbinski you want to do a sound check we've got something else to show off from d bruce but eddie are you back I'm not sure if Eddie is. All right. So we have a bonus clip. You want to set this up or do we just want to play it and we'll talk I about it when it's done? This is something Jacob and I uh, Jacob and I put together. Uh, yes, I think you should just roll it. All right. We're going to roll it. Hi, Jacob. We awesome. have a bonus clip from the Moore family. So you got the measles, kid? Yeah. Got to be in quarantine like forever. More time for us to play! Totally awesome, dude. Think we'll still be doing this in 40 years? Coco forever, kid! How does it feel? 
Good job. Okay. Yes, is the answer. Yes, yes, we were awesome. absolutely yes, doing this in awesome. 40 years. Yes. Here we are. Uh, we didn't know it then. No. We're doing it. <laughs> we did not. We did not. We did not. We did not. Eddie Serbinski, are you back? Is Eddie back? Is he in the call? I haven't seen him try to get oh. back on. Has anybody seen if Eddie's joined the waiting room or not? I'm going to. I'm going to. I haven't seen him. I haven't seen any. Okay, maybe he's rebooting his um, maybe he's rebooting his computer. So, so uh, hopefully Eddie will be able to rejoin us. So the next one up was Paul Fiscarelli, Polly Walnuts. Are you still there? And are you ready to dazzle us? Walnuts. With your brilliance. Yeah, I'm still here. Can you guys hear me? Okay. We can hear you. Let me uh, put you on maximize. I got to find you now. These Hollywood squares keep moving around on us. Okay, I see you here. Uh, where are you going? Spotlight video. All right, Polly, Coco Fest 2020. <coughs> welcome to. Look and at all this. Just for the record, my banner does say "Welcome to Coco yes, Fest." Yes, it does. It doesn't say "Tandy." So shame on Jason. No, for... it does not. Yeah, sorry about that. Hey, I... uh, Jason's muted. It's been re. I, I think I think it's been retouched because I don't remember that back black no, background. No, that's the way it was printed. <laughs> Just uh, a yeah. spoonful of Photoshop makes the medicine <laughs> go down. <laughs> looks like Cocoa Fest in the background there. It does. Look at all that good stuff. Right next to the TA <laughs> shirts. In the can oh, there. yeah, that's right. <laughs> hey, there. Selling, selling, selling off the shelf there. Hi, everybody. Um, so how's everybody doing? Oh, we're doing great. I'm gonna so, uh, yeah, thanks for uh, thanks for having me. And, um, you know, I appreciate you giving me a couple minutes here to talk. Um, so I had planned to have a couple things uh, available at the Fest. And uh, one, I was going give, to give a talk um, uh, about David's favorite subject, um, the grease weasel. <laughs> uh, that was only going to be part of it. But we're not going to get into that today. There's uh, just way too much there. Yeah, thanks. So yeah. another thing, that yeah, I... there's only so many days in the weekend. So, <laughs> so another thing that I was going to uh, be uh, that I plan to have available, uh, I was working on um, a keyboard adapter uh, for taking a color computer keyboard, a physical color computer keyboard, and encoding it. Um, it's just a little microcontroller uh, at Mega microcontroller that would encode it to be used with uh, USB. Um, so being able to plug a physical color computer keyboard into a PC, Mac, um, or Raspberry Pi. And the reason why I did that, one, um, Chris Hawk had started this uh, project a while ago, and that was the inspiration for this. Um, he had put together uh, something around a Teensy, and uh, he just basically had a connector that he had wired uh, together um, directly to the Teensy and uh, gave me the idea that, you know, maybe you could put a PCB board around it to make it a little bit easier to put together for folks. And um, the other thing too was uh, the, since it's based on the Teensy, the Teensy is, uh, it's, it's, it's about $17, $15 maybe. Um, but uh, there's a similar uh, microcontroller called the Pro Micro um, that SparkFun puts together. And they're both based on the uh, Atmega 328 uh, U4, uh, I think it is the great the, chip. One of my favorites. Yeah, it's a great chip. Yeah. I have no so, idea what um, you're saying, but it's okay. <laughs> <laughs> it is a great chip because once you see what you can do with it, uh, I think you'll you'll 
You'll eat those words, Stevie. But, um, <laughs> You're in Canada, you like ketchup uh, chips, and I eat those too. Go ahead. Yeah, so I, I, had, uh, I had done a mock-up of this back in uh, November time frame, and I thought I was going to have something available within a month or so, and uh, that just never happened. I got sidetracked, and I actually almost walked away from the project for a few reasons. But uh, Ron Klein, who had been testing one for me, encouraged me, you know, that there would definitely be folks in the community that were interested in it, even if it's a bit of a niche market. I mean, uh, you know, I'm not sure how many people are looking to actually use a, a color computer keyboard as their main keyboard for when they're working with uh, the emulator. I, I can see I can you know, see people using it for some of the old Cocoa 1 and 2 games because the arrow key layouts between the Cocoa 1, 2, and the 3 are quite different. And some games really work well on one layout and not the other. That way yeah. you can actually set it up to, to play on the, the various things. Sure. Yeah, no, that makes sense. And um, Ron uh, had posted a Facebook posting uh, the other day. Um, and he actually has his in a physical uh, color computer case uh, with a Raspberry Pi with the uh, the Pi 3 or now Pi 4 distribution that he's running. Um, and that looks really slick. I mean, that's a that's such a great idea. And while I don't recommend people go out and gut a fully working Cocoa, if they do have an extra case around and an extra keyboard, might be a good use for that. So. Yeah. So yeah, that's what I that's what I was uh, planning to have available to show. Um, unfortunately, with you know the situation being that it is, um, what I've done instead is I've set up a storefront on Tindy, and unfortunately, I'm still waiting for listing approval. I was hoping that they would have it uh, for me today, but uh, it's not available yet. So I was going to share a link for folks because a few folks have been bugging me for them. But uh, as soon as that link's available, you know, I'll share it with the community. But uh, just to give you guys a heads up of what what it looks like. Um, let me uh, stop the video here for a sec. And this will work with Snyder's uh, Coco Mac keyboards too, correct? Yeah, hang on one sec, uh, Curtis. And that's one of the reasons why there was a little bit of a delay because I went back and redesigned it a little bit. Nice. So cup. we'll. Uh, yeah, thanks. <laughs> nice mug. Face needs some work, but the mug looks great. <laughs> <laughs> All right, cool. Ooh. All right, so we'll see if it comes in focus. Yeah. So this is what the uh, the actual board looks like. Um, so uh, the original one. Uh, so this is the Pro Micro right here. Um, it's just one of the the cheaper knockoffs, um, but it's using the genuine Atmel uh, Atmega chip, um, so it works just fine. Uh, the the key difference is here is you can get these for about uh, six or seven bucks uh, in low low quantity. Uh, versus uh, 16 or $17 for the Teensy. And then the uh, connectors are relatively cheap if you source them in quantity as well. So uh, this here is a 32-pin uh, uh, 2x16 card edge connector that allows you to plug in the Mylar, the flat flex cable, directly off the color computer keyboard into there. Um, one of the nice things about the way that I designed this is depending on how you want to install it in the case, um, it is reversible. So you can reorient it that way and have the flat uh, flex plug in this way, or you can turn it around if it makes a difference inside your keyboard. Uh, one thing that I had taken a look at is some people might want to mount them underneath the keyboard and having them in the other orientation might help out a little bit. Um, and then as Curtis just mentioned, uh, one of the things that I had taken a look at is Ed Snyder has the new uh, Coco Mech keyboard. And this here is a two by eight um, IDC header, um, shrouded header. And this will allow you to take a ribbon cable, um, you crimp uh, the, uh, the female connector on that, on Ed Snyder's keyboard, and you can plug that directly in. Um, the keyboard itself um, that, he, that he ships uh, has the, 
the little adapter board on it that you can plug into the card edge. Uh, but this is nice um, if you want to get it with just uh, the ribbon cable and just put your own crimp on it. Or I think it would be a little bit sturdier <clears throat> that type of uh, that type of uh, modification or that type of arrangement. Um, so a couple other things with it: um, the spacing on the uh, the mounting holes here line up nicely with the uh, vents on the bottom of a color computer. So if you want to take some nylon spacers and nylon threads, uh, you, they go right through the holes. So you don't have to drill any holes into your cocoa case if you are putting it in a cocoa case. And the other thing that I came up with um, might be hard, a little bit hard to see on the white on white no, is this little mounting block. And what's nice about this is it gives it a little bit more spacing um, to bring it up closer to the keyboard. Um, there's uh, some threaded inserts in there. So you can just mount it on top just like that. And the, uh, the slit in the side here, um, there's a little um, uh, slit or a little uh, tab that sticks up that um, the color computer had in there for uh, supporting the motherboard. So that slides nicely around it and positions it perfectly in the center um, where you want it. So, so that's the uh, that's a keyboard encoder. And like I said, um, they're going to be available on Tindy when the site goes live. And there's a special introductory price um, in kit form, which is basically this here. Um, Take, uh, take the parts out here. You get the um, the little uh, microcontroller, which I will program. It will be programmed with the latest firmware. And then uh, all the connectors. So you have the card edge connector and the IDC connector. And I just dropped one of the pieces uh, there. Um, so Scratching folks want to solder them. Yeah, so if, yeah, <laughs> if folks want to solder them up themselves, they can. Uh, so the special introductory price, uh, you know, going live and the, the fast rate is going to be $18 in kit form uh, plus shipping, uh, doing U.S. Postal Service uh, first class, which is $8.30, I believe. Um, if you want to have the kit um, assembled and tested by me, uh, it's an extra $10. It would be $28 uh, plus shipping. And then uh, if you want the extra spacing block um, to mount inside the case so you don't have to drill holes, uh, that's an extra $5. So, very so um, once the site goes live, I'll provide the uh, provide the um, the link to that. And then the other thing, which was a bit of a bit of a sleeper that I was using as uh, I was going to um, show off at the show, and very similar fashion, is this guy here. It's using the same microcontroller, um, so uh, takes uh, input and then converts it to USB, and this is the joystick adapter. So basically what you can do is you can take a Tandy Deluxe joystick or any of your Tandy joysticks that have the six, standard six pin DIN connector and use them um, with a USB uh, device, uh, you know, whether it be the emulator or Raspberry Pi, just like the, the keyboard itself. Um, and then uh, the little uh, uh, knobs I have on the side are potentiometers and uh, those are on off switches for a rapid fire. So oh, there's two wow. of them on this one. Um, I don't know if I'll include both of them uh, on the, the final form of this because I'm not sure how many games would use the uh, rapid fire on the secondary button on the joystick, but at least for the first uh, one, it, I think it comes in real handy. So the reason so, it's a potentiometer is you can adjust the rate of rapid fire? So You it's... can adjust the rate of rapid fire, yeah. Okay. So the LEDs are just showing that it's on and off. 
I originally play, played with it a little bit to show the rate, but uh-huh. it got annoying. And uh, a lot of times you, you can't even see it flashing because it's flashing so fast. Nah. So um, they're just on-off indicators, and you can change the color of the LEDs. I have never um, seen so, a variable speed rapid fire. Maybe, maybe, yeah, maybe the NES Advantage did have that dial where you could adjust the rapid fire. It's just I'm not used to seeing it. Yeah, yeah, I, th- I think I had seen them back in the day, but you know, it's nice, uh, nice. I think to be able to control that to some degree. So uh, those will be available on the site at some point too. Um, the only delay with these right now is uh, I want to put a case around it. Uh, the keyboard encoder is a little bit different since most piece- people are going to be putting those inside a, a PC case. This most people probably aren't going to want to have flapping around on their desk. So I want to put a case around that and uh, haven't done that yet. So uh, that's the other piece that I had. Neat. So and you said this website is the, called Tinder.com? Uh, Tindy. <laughs> so it's a, <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm messing with you. So. <laughs> yeah, so. Uh, these are the keyboard uh, encoder boards. Yeah, so these are the little PCBs that I did. Uh, that is cool. joystick. Um, so will that work with uh, CocoPie 3? Yes. So that's that's the that's the whole. So basically, of both of your projects convert Cocoa devices to USB devices. So you can put a Cocoa keyboard on anything that has a USB input, and a Cocoa joystick on anything that has a USB input. So it could be a Cocoa Pie, it could be a PC, it could be a Mac, it could be Linux. Um, it Absolutely. becomes a generic USB input device. Yep, that's right, Stevie. That is awesome. It's like so, yeah, um, sorcery. The, yeah. <laughs> Not really, but um, yeah, it's it is kind of neat, and uh, the it's nice actually with some games uh, using a color computer joystick, uh, especially the deluxe joystick uh, on a PC um, for non Coca related stuff too. So it, it, it allows you to do that as well. That's cool. Now this is this is one unit per stick. So if you wanted to use two sticks, you would need two of these units. Um, so yes, that's correct. But uh, I am working on another version that would allow you to do uh, two joysticks with one USB port. So, and that, that'll be coming at some point. Uh, I don't know when, um, I don't want to even okay. give a yeah. time frame yeah. because everything I, I've estimated so far has been completely blown out of the water. Yeah. I have an, I have a prototype box that, as uh, he was mentioned at the earlier, the show, Jason Cyril, who's an Australian guy who makes all kinds of cool stuff. He made one for me like five years ago. It's a, it's in a hobby box and it's got the dins, and then it plugs in through a USB port to a PC, and it actually it lets me do two joysticks because it's got two DINs on there, and then they show up as USB devices. Uh, and so I was using those for some of my YouTube videos and stuff when I was doing emulators to use a real Coco joystick on a on a PC. But that one, for some reason, does not work well in MAME, and I I mean not MAME specifically, but on the Coco Pie because I thought it'd be super cool to have real Coco joysticks on a Coco Pie. Uh, and somehow yep. in MAME, it hijacks the MAME menus uh, and the Cocoa Pie menus or something like that. So there was something weird that it just didn't seem to work right. And I didn't really have the time or energy to figure out why. But I'm, I has, I'm sure it has to do with the fact that it was a prototype that he kind of gave me to try out. And, um, you know, yours is being produced as an actual product. So um, and I'm sure you're going to test it on the Cocoa Pie to make sure that it all works. So um, this would be very cool to have. Um, yep. What what do you think those joystick adapters are going to sell for? So the joystick adapters uh, with the turbo uh, or the rapid fire probably in the same ballpark. Uh, the I would say they're probably going to be about twenty dollars in kit form, maybe twenty five, uh, thirty dollars assembled somewhere in that ballpark. So. Yeah. 
And a lot of people in the live chat, we see you out there in the live chat. Sorry, guys, we haven't been acknowledging you only because we've been trying to keep the show moving. But real quick, we've had um, Torsten Dittel or Dittel is out there saying cool stuff. David Gettle has been here. Uh, Mark Oberholzer, Grant Leedy, Torsten, and David David uh, Brenneman saying this is a fantastic achievement. So for all of you guys who've been hanging out with us here watching, there's over 70 of you watching right now. We, we appreciate you watching this, and I, I do apologize for not including the live comments as, as much as we should, but we're just trying to keep the show moving. Um, anybody have any hey, questions Stevie, for Polly? Yeah, go ahead, Polly. One thing I did forget to mention that I did want to throw out there, if people picked up on it on the board, there's the uh, little uh asha logo on there the open source hardware um the plan is for these to be all the um materials to be uploaded uh probably throw them up on github at some point um just haven't gotten to it yet but i want people to be able to customize the firmware themselves and you know especially around the keyboard encoder uh because some feedback from ron um you know i went in and did some uh special keystrokes um where you can one of the things that's nice is uh you can hit i think it's like control f2 and it'll switch between the different uh key maps on the uh, emulators so like vcc uses one key map ah. and the next war and may use another one like the break key is different the act key is different gotcha. so wanted yeah. people to have an easy way to go between those plus there's uh some other custom keystrokes that you can go in and uh bring up uh like the tab menu and main to edit uh, different things and uh, you know, switch between the different environments and sort that sort of thing. But people will have that ability um, once I get that stuff posted. And I want it to be there just in case something ever were to happen to me that, you know, people would be able to, uh, you know, be you be able to use the technology at some point in the future. Right. And so. we don't want anything to happen to you because you typically buy the first round of fire and wine when we're in Chicago. So. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Speaking of, hey, hey, cheers. Cheers. Hey, Paul. Happy Cocoa Lovely. Fest, guys. Happy Cocoa Fest. Shalom. L'chaim. Hey, Paul, do you have a link to your Kindy site? We have people asking. I, I do, but it's not up yet. Um, I'm still waiting on approval. I don't, I mean, it's taken them forever. So I thought it was going to be live for the show, but uh, I can share my storefront. I don't have anything there. So if people want to check in, they can. So well, please wait, yeah, I'll post we swipe? <laughs> swipe left. <laughs> yeah. So how do you, how do you spell it? T-I-N-D-Y? Yeah, T-I-N-D-I-E. Oh, I-E. T-I-N-D-I-E dot com slash what? Poly Walnuts? Uh, I don't even know. Um, <laughs> if it's not, you have to change it to Maybe, Yeah, you change it to that. It, it's under uh, it's under Windex Systems. Windex Systems. So, yeah, so people can see it on my shirt. So it's, on, go, it's on my banner back here. Okay, so if you go to Tindy, T-I-N-D-I-E dot com. Yep. <laughs> And uh, not Tinder, because you might see a completely different line of products yeah. there. The shirt's um, got a hole in it. <laughs> go to Tindy.com yeah, and search for Windeck Systems. Um, very, very cool. Awesome. Looking forward to that joystick adapter yeah, for sure. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, somebody was mentioning in the live chat, uh, said, was it David? Um, uh, I didn't think that we would... Um, we would be these joysticks would become popular again because it's the irony of it is, is I hated the black beauty for 90% of the games that I, that I had to play on it before they invented the deluxe joystick, trying to play a game like donkey King on a black beauty was a nightmare. So I cursed that joystick most of the time I owned it. But then I got back into the cocoa five years ago playing on the emulator. And I'm like, gosh, I, I really need that black beauty right now to play, you know, a Polaris. Other people, and, Polaris. You know. yeah, there's a bunch of... <laughs> so it's come from, Full circle. Um, you could, you could actually stretch rubber bands around the back sides of the black thing, and make it center. 
Yeah, I think I did that. I think I think my one or two pictures oh, I have of my Coco setup, I did have the Hackintosh freaking rubber bands across my Black Beauty <laughs> to make it self-centered. That's awesome. Oh, man. Works um, good until you get really frisky with it and then plastic breaks right in the middle of a game. Yeah. <laughs> did you have anything else you wanted to show us, Polly? Uh, no, I mean, um, the disc stuff is definitely going to take a bit of time, so we'll save that for another. We'll save episode, that for but, another uh, episode. Chill yeah, to the I've next got episode. a couple things that I'm in. I've got my hands into right now, and um, yeah, hopefully we'll have some uh, more information to reveal soon. That is awesome. Well, we appreciate you, Polly. You're a good man. You're one of the few. I appreciate you guys. Um, you are. Well, you you just like me because I buy first rounds. So. Yeah, you know, and the second round, I'd <laughs> like you even more. So. <laughs> <laughs> I would double my admiration with each new round. <laughs> I'm on a geometric scale, you know. I'd be up yeah. to like eight times as much. I'd like. Oh, you know, Rondo, vote. Rondo, right. Rondo, Ron, do you have to go potty? Are you asking if you can go potty, Ron? You're muted, by the way. Um, <laughs> Rondo Vo's raising his hand the old-fashioned way. Eddie said he's ready. Eddie said he's ready. That, he, you're a poet, and you didn't know it. Um, we just want to make sure that we got we got Paulie finished. Does anybody have any questions for Mr. Fiscarelli uh, on his projects? Or by the way, I want to say, Paul, whoever does your nails, you ought to give his number to David Ladd because David's nails were looking a little shaddy, you know. So, um, yeah. Hey, Paulie. If, hey, uh, Ronnie, what's up, buddy? Since I'm in, uh, you know, the hood and everything, you know, I was wondering, like, if I could get a discount, you know, for, like, you know, family. <laughs> Freaking lootly. <laughs> I got your discount right here. <laughs> Come on, man. You want a discount? I got a discount. Yeah. Oh. And but, leave the gun. Take the cannoli. Hey, yeah, there you go. Hey. That's my buddy. Hey. Eddie Serbinski, are you back, sir? Yes, you are. Oh, good. Sound good. good. Well, actually, uh, I'm very, I'm very sorry because uh, I'm actually using a vintage uh, MacBook. Uh, Ah. So it's a 2008 uh, MacBook that I use every day. It just, um, I mean, it it, it still works. So I don't want to throw it out. It's just. it's just probably creating some glitches once in a while. And um, as a matter of fact, my wife was on uh, another, uh, you know, live uh, video chat. Oh, so, shame uh, on her. Shame on her. So, so yeah. that's why the, the bandwidth was probably stretched a little bit too yeah, much. Yeah. Well, this might have been one of those times that Zoom was going through Chinese servers, too. So we might have been redirected a little bit, too, that, and that caused well, us they- to slow down. So. They, they they probably saw my name and uh, maybe instead of uh, thinking uh, thinking sense was, him. think thinking that it was Polish they probably believe it was Russian so they uh, said oh we we got a spy on this one I mean yeah. if, a, if, if a Russian speaks to Americans it must be interesting that's it traffic at ping pong so what are you gonna be showing us Mr Eddie Serbinski well um, ba- basically uh, a light pen. Okay. So, uh, um, oh, well, Neo liked that. Neo likes light pens. That, oh, my goodness. <laughs> What's that? Yeah, that was a crying baby again. <laughs> All right. Somebody so, get that uh, damn cat some water. Yeah. <laughs> Trojan. So, uh, I, I've uh, had their condoms before. I've never tried their light pens. So, yeah. uh, <laughs> 
<laughs> I was actually going to joke about that and say that uh, I, I I was expecting that uh, I would have a cover, but I don't have it. <laughs> One of those glow-in-the-dark condoms, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. And, uh, actually, you see, I uh, I got I got the envelope. Uh, I got that from uh, somebody in uh, Great uh, Britain, and. Um, I bought this in 2006. Wow. So, uh, that's a long time ago. Yeah. Finally so, got uh, there. <laughs> <laughs> no. I, I, actually, uh, as a matter of fact, um, the, the, the first time that he shipped it to me, the, um, the tape was, uh, was bad. And, uh, you know, I, 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 I didn't come, you know, I didn't complain or anything. I just told him that, you know, if he could send to me a wave wave fail, file or something, okay. uh, and he actually um, he, he made uh, another envelope. And uh, well, I didn't get your full address on there. Can you hold that up again? So <laughs> no problem. Last four You're of wrong. your social. And... and as as a matter of fact, if you ever come in the Quebec City area, you're all welcome to. Ah. Uh, to uh you know i, I will Stop be by. is there a tim hortons there uh many okay well i'll oh, definitely yeah, be there we have many many <laughs> tim hortons and, and we we even have uh i mean i i have to be careful uh when i speak about tim hortons uh, because of uh, henry but uh i mean we we also have um uh other other places where you can get donuts and uh, they're they're good <laughs> so just anyway awesome. just all speak english in quebec Sorry? Just all speak English in Quebec. Yeah, well... Oh, uh... my God, don't say that. <laughs> You're going to start a... <laughs> start a flame oh. war. Yeah, anyway, I got the... Where, where are they? Anyway, so anyway, so I got uh, I got another tape. So so basically, it's... Uh... Oh, hey, there it is. So it's all, uh, it's all in a box. And, nice, uh, so... nice. Anyway. So it was uh, actually a light pen that was made for the the dragon. Okay. So uh, actually, uh, as a matter of fact, thanks to uh, Henry, um, Henry sent me a, a software so I can transform the Coco in a dragon. So um, I was able to uh, to get the program properly uh, properly running. So, so what does uh, he do with the light pen? He's going to show us, right? Yeah, well, before I, I make a demonstration, uh, here's here's the light pen in itself. So you have, um, you know. Okay. Joy, Serial port or joy, oh. it's joystick port. Joystick, yeah. Okay. And, and basically when you, uh, there's a, you know, um, a photo sensible uh, cell in there, a photo cell in there. So basically, if I point it towards the light, there's going to be a high value. And if I point it towards the, if I just, you know, mm -hmm. completely dark, it's going to right. be easy. Okay. So it's basically so, using the joystick port because of the digital to analog conversions. It's reading variance on light, like it would be reading variance on the variable resistor of the, of the potentiometer. Okay. That's pretty cool. Exactly. And, uh, and you need, uh, you basically, you need a CRT. Uh, but uh, you can also use uh, uh, you know a newer a newer screen because uh, some of the software made for that will also create 
the necessary uh, flickering so that you know with the the flickering the pen can read uh, where it's where it's at on the screen so but uh, with a crt screen basically when you put it on your screen um it will read actually you know the uh, the flying uh you know coordinates yeah the, 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 the ray the the cathode ray that that is actually raster uh, the raster exactly. line okay it's chasing the beam exactly chasing okay. the beam yeah yeah okay so uh so um I, right now i got i got the tv set up behind but uh, i was not able to get it to work in um high resolution but uh, i can i can make uh, a demo uh, okay. anyway so uh, i'll plug it in mm -hmm. i, I, I will mention thought... while he's plugging it in there that spectrum projects used to sell um plate pens for the coco back in 82 83 for 15 bucks wow That's... oh really yeah. And there was also, I found out, uh, uh, Colorware also. Yeah, that was so, a little bit later, uh, yeah. Neat. Yeah. yeah okay. How does this differ from the X-Pad? Is this one, re you have to hold it up There's to the no screen. There's no tablet. You, you're tracing you the screen. screen. Yeah. Yeah, yeah so but you draw with. It might be yeah, only work on CRTs. Is it to draw it's with or to make selections for programs? Well, uh, if it creates a flicker, you can use it to uh, make selections. Uh, but if you have a CRT, then it will, you know, it, you can draw. With, the scan, with the scan lines, it's going to know where it is on the screen and it's going to, you know, it's going to do what it has to be, it has to do. So, uh, so let, let me move everything to uh, show the, the screen. And, uh, but there's also something special I want to show. Ooh, uh, so, by the way, it was noticed that Rob Inman says your MC10 is being put to good use there. It's holding up books on the shelf. Oh, you have yeah. a birthday candle on the Coco. Yeah. Oh, happy so, birthday, Coco. So everybody cool. at the same time. Happy birthday. Oh, he just blew out the candle. Oh, oh. Yeah, there you go. He spared the chat room a lot of pain. Yeah. <laughs> so there you go. So this is, uh, I didn't really even realize they, like in the early 80s, they had them for Coco because that, that was a big thing with the Fairlight, obviously. So it'd be pretty cool to be able to incorporate one of these and make a, a Fairlight type program for, for a Coco. It'd be really cool. All right. So I believe there's a very custom wand you can get on Tinder.com too, if you're really into that. So. <laughs> Night, folks. All right. Did you say Trilogy? <laughs> oh, that's cool. Well, that's, that's the program that came with it. Okay. 1983. Okay. So anyway, press any key. So you see, I have uh, I have the pen, and it asked me to uh, touch the screen. You touch the spot. Yeah. Okay. And now the screen's flickering. All right. Maybe that's just your camera not adjusting to the light. Pretty big, too. Great. Is that this never happens? I swear. <laughs> <laughs> well, it, it seems it seems to be very uh, very tricky, uh, but uh, it was working well. Let me see. Maybe have I have. Turn, maybe have I have turn the, the brightness. Down. Uh, yeah, it's up to the max. Oh, maybe you're in the wrong. You got in the wrong hole. Is it in the right um, joystick hole? Needs a Joey. Do it live. There you go. It's so, just it just switched over. It just it's switched. the right the right joystick. So. Right joystick. Okay. So there I have a I have a choice here about uh, if I want the instruction the light graph 
uh, name game sound music graph or high resolution draw so as i said uh, i i could not get the screen with the proper uh, settings so uh, but uh, you can also play with some uh, variables in the program to adjust the sensibility and everything and uh, that's what i didn't do but uh, maybe at uh, next week or a couple of weeks uh, I'll make another demonstration when I have all the things uh, sorted out. So, so if we go here, for example, you see I just I just selected, and then there you can see the the value of you know you see the the the, the light here, you know the value that. The, so that's the, the brightness level, basically, because it reads black and white, doesn't it? It doesn't exactly, know the color. exactly, yeah, yeah. And if I if I get it towards the light, so you can see it varying depending on how much light I'm 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 giving it, you know. So, so. this right now is acting like an optical analyzer, kind of like Steve Bjork's audio spectrum analyzer. This is the optical analyzer. It's showing us the the level of light that this thing is receiving. Yeah. yeah. If you could draw in very straight lines very slowly, you could actually digitize a picture just by drawing horizontal lines. Yeah. 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 So, and if I go into high res, so there, but it, it doesn't doesn't work very well. But uh, I got it. I got it working, but uh, it's not very uh, reliable. Reliable now, but uh, I tried. I got I got three CRT TVs uh, in my house, and I tried uh, all of them. Okay. And uh, there was one I could get some better results, but uh, it was very very little. So I, I said, let's take the big, uh, let's take the big one to uh, make a better show. Yeah. So anyway, that's uh, that's cool though. Does you, it, you, does that sample game that came with the tape work? Exactly. Yeah, that's uh, but it's a Dragon program, so so you need to have a you know a Dragon conversion, or uh, you need to turn your Coco in a Dragon to have it running. Well, okay, is it written basic? Yeah, actually, it's all uh, well. A, li a little part is in uh, assembly. Okay, but uh, the assembly uh, routine is uh, included in the basic program. Okay. So uh, you don't need to load it. It gum. It comes with the basic uh, program, and, uh, there, huh? and I have uh, I have seen uh, many other programs that I haven't tried yet. But I have seen many other programs that make use of uh, the light pen uh, as well. So, uh, but first, before I try those, I will try to get the optimal, um, you know, contrast and brightness uh, sure. setting. Yeah. on the screen right now basically what i can't get is uh, you know a 255 all all i can get is uh, about 128 so it's it's not enough you know so um maybe it's the pen also that's uh, probably uh, maybe too old or but i i don't i don't believe that uh, photo cells can uh, age like that so uh, i think they're uh, yeah they can actually age, but they don't usually age that much. Okay. But they will change in value over a period of time, especially over a long period of time. But I would not expect to see a 50% change in its value. You might also try cleaning oh. it too. Like if you have a bit of fingerprint oil and stuff in that, that might be blurring the sensor a bit. So it's not picking up. So if you 
clean it off, it might work better. You know, if there's if there's what any I... fudge factors in here, they're probably fudged for PAL at 50. Oh, oh that's right, because it's a dragon one. You're right. Ah, I might be trying hertz. to do a 50 hertz oh. signal refresh than a 60. Oh. I'll take, uh, yeah, that's a good... Uh... Good call. Are your TVs all NTSC? Sorry? Are your TVs all NTSC? Oh, yeah, 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 definitely. Uh, all, all, all we have is the accent, not the screens. <laughs> <laughs> that's good. Yep. That's good. That's good. So if it's tweaked... If it's tweaked for uh, for PAL, then obviously the the um, the timing, horizontal timing, will be out. Yeah. Well, actually, uh, uh, there are some variables you can change in the program too. So uh, I suppose that those variables will will be able to uh, so maybe handle, adjust the timing. Yeah. Make the or the ML routine might need a bit of tweaking for the timing too. So. Yeah. 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 Yep. Yeah. Well, I'll. Uh, well, I'll, I'll keep you. Uh, I'll keep you posted. Maybe it can be. Uh, I mean, this is something that can also be um, easily built. Uh, it's not. It's not very complicated. Mm -hmm. I mean, you have a, a plug, a wire, a photo cell, and and a pen. So <laughs> it's uh, it's very. I I think I paid uh, something like seventy or sixty bucks for that, but it's way too much. Uh, I mean. Uh, I really wanted that at the time, and uh, but I think that you know can be uh, very very cheap to build. So uh, mm. yeah, and I I have a I have actually a, a question, if I may. On a, while we're talking about uh, sure. joysticks and everything, yeah. I have this box which I actually found uh, when I was looking for this. <laughs> so. Uh, it's a it's a box that have uh, uh, you know those those two plugs so uh, serial and uh, and joystick mm -hmm. and you have serial and joystick. So is it just an extension cord, basically? Can it be? I'm wondering if it's an extension cord or if it's maybe it's a high res joystick interface, but a homemade high res joystick, ho homemade high res joystick interface that would let oh, you plug oh, in a, a serial port to this thing, so you don't have to keep reaching behind your cocoa to swap yeah, cables. Yeah, but the high res doesn't use serial; it uses the cassette, cassette port. That's right. right. Okay, so maybe yeah, well, that's, that's what I thought. Yeah. So, so anyway, I'll I'll open it up while I listen uh, while I listen to the other uh, speakers. I'll open okay. it up and I'll keep you. Uh, I'll keep yeah, the, the thing I would probably say it will probably be is a uh, just an extension because most of us back in the day, that was one of the annoyances I had is if I had to switch from one joystick to the other, having to move the cocoa, unhook it and all that, it was just yeah. easier just to extend it and have an extension cable, kind of like USB cables, USB extension cables. Yeah. That way you can just easily get to your USB port. Strange thing is, though, the box is pretty big for just an extension cable, isn't it? Yeah, that's what I thought. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Have to see what's inside of it. I think. I'll, I'll. All right. Well, I'll get right to it. I um, we our our next presenter is going to be Michael Furman, but I also need another potty break. I don't know if Ron needs one or if Ron's asking for one. So I'm gonna run another commercial break, and then Mikey, you'll be next. So up up next after the break will be Michael Furman, David O'Connor, L. Curtis Boyle, and Scott Went. 
Those are our last four presentations. So we are going to take a commercial break, take a potty break. Thank you very much, Eddie Serbinski. I'm glad we got Thanks, the uh, audio visual. I've never seen a light pen ever, so that was kind of cool to see. Um, this is something you would see at a Cocoa Fest or at a computer club. So these are one of the things that people bring for their show and tell, right? their dog and pony show. Very cool stuff. Um, so we're going to take a break. And then David O'Connor, will you be ready to present when we come back? I mean, excuse me, Michael yeah, Furman, Mikey. No, sorry, Michael Mikey. Furman's. Yeah, yeah Mikey, I'm ready will, after Mikey. Though. Mikey, will you be ready when we come back? <laughs> Mikey, Mikey, he likes it. He likes wait, it. Wait, wait, Mikey, are you there? All right. Well, we'll be back in three minutes, and we'll find out. All right, guys. Uh, thank you so much, Eddie Serbinski. Uh, good stuff. We'll be back after these words, everybody. We will return after these messages. Here's a hi-fi bargain from your nearby Radio Shack store. Save $100 on our exclusive realistic 77 AM-FM stereo receiver. Only $159.95 during the sale. With audio component features like FM muting, push-button tape monitor, main remote speaker switching, in a genuine walnut veneer case. The ideal control center for your new music system. The sale-priced realistic 77 receiver. Only at Radio Shack, a Tandy company. Hey, what's going on, everybody? It's me. It's Original Gamer Stevie Stro. You know, gameplay. To get your copy of a Gameplay Goodness gameplay Color Computer Gaming DVD today, gameplay head on over to 8bit256.com. There you will find several DVDs featuring Color Computer Gameplay videos by the Original Gamer Stevie Stro. So to get your very own copy of a Gameplay Goodness Color Computer Gaming DVD, head on over to the Retro Swag Shop at 8bit256.com and tell them the Original Gamer Stevie Stro sent you. From the makers of the Switcheroo. Wallaby Cable. Color Computer 3 Dual RGB Cable. Get yours today at CocoMan.biz. Scared you didn't I? <laughs> Hello there, it's me, Hudson. Um, all the way from Melbourne to you, my darling. And um, congratulations on your talk show, Coco Talk. Oh my God, that's so exciting! I don't think I'd ever be good at a talk show. I just don't have anything ever to say ever. Just can never think of things to say. It's just after no words ever come out of my mouth. It's just very embarrassing. I just it's just silence all the time. <laughs> my darling, I hope you're having a fabulous day. From me to you, bye. <laughs> Extended Color Basic, combined with a disc controller, brings you Disc Extended Color Basic. Direct access to your floppies. Direct access to all of your hardware resources. Deck B on your color computer. Deck B washes away the competition. Hello, this is Grant Leedy with Coco Talk. Got your Coco 3 yet? Oh, we are oh, back. How do you follow that, Mikey? <laughs> I don't know if I can follow it. 
How do you follow Greg Leakey? Oh, jeez. Oh, Lord. We're having too much fun here. Uh, yes, how do you follow are. Grant Leedy at, at least at a six feet distance? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's best to practice social distancing around Grant Leedy at all Maybe times. Maybe sneak somebody else in, <laughs> in between. Uh, anyway, I guess I uh, it's my turn. So, so today I am announcing the release of two of my projects, the latest release of two of my projects. Uh, DW term and uh, Pi Drivewire. So um, let's get started with uh, Pi Drivewire. Give me one moment and see if we can get this to work. Uh, I want to share the screen, I think. How's that look? See Pi Drivewire? See Pi Drivewire, yes. Yep. All right. So. Um, the big thing that's new in PyDriveWire is actually this one, easy installation methods. So, you know, there's a whole whole list of features, blah, 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 blah. But uh, basically, uh, I found a way to uh, create uh, packages which you can download, and they are binaries for a variety of different operating systems. And uh, you basically just download them and uh, unpack them and you can run PyDriveWire. Um, also, by request, I created uh, Docker images, which some people said they, they uh, wanted. So um, that also works. Um, and the old installation methods are still supported as well. So what I was going to do was I was going to follow my own instructions, actually download it, unpack it, and run it as part of the demo. Okay. So I'm going to go ahead and do that. So uh, the instructions are, this is just the main, sorry to scroll so quickly, this is just the main PyDriveWire page. Um, it is in the readme file right here. If you scroll down a little bit to the to the text part, getting started, you can, you know, these are the operating systems that are there, Raspberry Pi, Mac OS. Uh, I don't have Win32 yet. I didn't have time this morning. But uh, I have a Mac, so... We're just going to go and download the Mac one. So let's see. Mac OS zip. Alrighty. I'm going to save that. And then somewhere here. Whoops. So it just downloaded this uh, PyDriveWare V0.5C Mac OS. I'm just going to double click that. It's uh, unpacked. It literally contains two executables and the manual. So uh, I'm going to go over to my command line over here, and I'm actually going to run it. Does it have to be run from command line, or could you just double click it? Um, well, um, you do kind of have to run it from command line right now. Um, I don't. It's not. It's it's still basically a uh, command line uh, application. Okay. Okay. So what what did they call it? Yeah, zero point five C. Is there an autocomplete? You can just hit tab. There is. Yeah. Uh, but. Okay. All right. So here I have uh, I have my two executables. I can literally just go in here and run run PyDriveWire, and I didn't give it any. Oh, well, there's an error. Ha <laughs> ha. Oh. All right. 
I have something to fix. There's some, uh, <laughs> now we can tell there's it's a some, live uh, demo. Bug, there's some bug reports that have uh, have already been coming in. Um, I probably shouldn't have shouldn't really have uh, rushed this, um, but my original my original release date was supposed to be uh, at Cocoa Fest. So um, even if there are bugs, I wanted to go ahead wanted to go ahead with it. Let's see if at least actually this works. it looks like your address was just already used. You already have one running. Uh, yeah, I may. Um, well, uh, I, I already have one running. Okay. Not completely a demo fail. So it, it is a command line application. It does have help, etc. But what I actually want to do is, uh, this is probably the very first thing that you guys are going to want to do. If you want to actually turn on the web UI, you have to actually tell it the UI port. And I usually use port 6800. Um, I'll show you how to use that in a Why moment. Why not 6809? <laughs> well, 6809, usually you use 6809 as an incoming port. Ah, if you want to okay. tell, if you want to uh, connect into uh, Nitrous 9. Um, I'm not prepared to demo that today. I was just going to ask about 6309. Would that work? You could put whatever port number in you native want. mode. <laughs> so I want it to, um, uh, because I'm going to be using uh, MAME, I want PyDriveWire to listen for a an incoming DriveWire connection on port 65504. And port 65504 is the default one for both MAME and VCC. I believe it's also the default for XROAR if you enable their uh, their built-in uh, DriveWire. So I'm going to go. I'm going to go. Oh, I didn't give it a disk image. Um, so uh, I have two ways I can do that. I can do it here at the command line, or if I have a web browser here, then I can just uh, pull up the UI. Ooh, and, oh, I there like are this. there are already some there are already some disks mounted here, um, but none of these are the ones I actually want to use. I want you to have, use a different one. So button. I'm like just going to type the name here. Uh, DW. Uh, I think I just want to put it in here. So I just type. So, oops. All right. So that that should be that should be inserted. Um, one I, one way I can double check that is on the command console. Oh, you've got a terminal console there, huh? Right. Uh, this is exactly the same as doing it here. Okay. There's no difference in between. Right. These Once you've two. enabled the web browser, you can now do it from a semi GUI. Right. Okay. Still, That's cool. still command line based. So. Um, the next thing is to fire up MAME. And sorry, this is a little small here, but um, you have to have the correct uh, ROM. But uh, if you just say EXT, you know, this is a Coco 3 with a 6309, two megs of RAM. Um, if you actually plug the, uh, the um, HDB DOS ROM into it, this is just how you do it from the command line. Um, it is the same. It is the same thing as going in here to, or is it slot manager? And if you actually look at it, you know, it's one Coco 3 HDB DOS. That's the one that I actually have plugged in. Okay. So if you see, uh, if you see it actually has HDB DOS. So um, now um, MAME and DriveWire, the PyDriveWire server are both connected over a TCP IP socket. So I can now uh, look at uh, ah, that's look the, at the that's disc, the disc you uh, mounted in your driveway. I didn't. Uh, I think there's a mode I have to change, but I put in the put in the uh, the driveway the um, 
DW term disk. So that's basically how easy it is. You download it, you run a couple, you run a command line, and basically, boom, you're up and running. It's still not quite as easy as having a GUI, but uh, at least it's a lot easier than having to go do pip install and do this and, and, and do that stuff. Okay. So uh, I only have about two minutes left. Take your time, Mikey. Take your time. Um, no, uh, I'm just going to load up uh, my second project, which is uh, DW term. Load M. Uh, before I show that, um, so DW term, I showed it before. I actually, I actually released this, and it has has the NC support for the VDG screen, NC support for Coco VGA, and also NC support for Gimme. And I added a few, a few new things. Other some, some key combinations. So this is kind of exactly the same thing as um, um, uh, PyDriveWire. Um, you, the, the zip file is just here uh, on the releases tab. Literally, DW term releases. There's only one release, NC support. So I already have that on my machine. And uh, oh, one other thing on this uh, on the main page that I need to point out which is something that people always ask is, which one do I use? Well, it actually it actually says here, there's Bitbanger versions. Mostly has BB, 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 right? Coco 1, Coco 2, 3. Um, the late ones are for 16K Cocos. Um, since I'm using the emulator, I need to use the Beck report. It actually says right here, emulators. So PW term Becker. Just done that, and I want to show, I want to show the uh, Coco Three, uh, ANSI, and there we are. That looks really nice. So at this at this prompt again, I can type DW commands. I could insert this or, or whatever, or uh, there are two different ways to make external connections. I can just do Telnet. Um, the ones that I was demoing last week don't seem to be working this week, so. Let's just try. That's Neil, Neil Blanchard's BBS. Yeah. Let's see if this is still working. It was working earlier today. It says connected. Boom. And then uh, I don't have the font, but you know it's got the colors. Yeah. Um, the I think this actually needs a different color background than I have because you can't read some of the stuff. Okay. It's actually got black text, um, but I'm just going to disconnect. So that's working. Um, it's pretty fast, yeah. Has a has a has a modem connection, you know. You can type some modem commands. Um, one new thing that I added is you can actually force this to uh, disconnect by pressing the break key and C. Now I'm back at a DW prompt, uh, nice. and uh, it's not it's not completely 100% working. Like it doesn't change the palette, but if you type uh, break and Q, it actually it actually quits. I'm actually back at uh, back at basic right now. Um, yeah, I just had to reset it to, to get the, get the colors. So, um, as I, those are my two projects. Uh, as I said, there are a couple bug reports coming in for PyDriveWire. Um, I have to, I'm going to have to work on them after the show, but, uh, I'm out of time. So no, that's fine. We got plenty of time. Um, but that's really cool. And I'm definitely going to be getting with you because, I'm getting closer and closer to being able to reap the rewards of using DriveWire. 
So um, right now I, I have a system that's working fairly well through my um, Wi-Fi SD card. Mm-hmm. But the one problem I have with it is that once I've once I've touched the SD card with my PC, it becomes read only, and I can't um, get the cocoa to write to it. I'd have to close down the program uh, on my PC and then reset the cocoa before I can write to it. And sometimes I can just never write to it again. So I've never really used DriveWire in this fashion. But if a, could I mount the disk image through my editor on my PC um, and then have that? W- I guess through DriveWire, but still have the ability for the Cocoa to write, read and write to that same disk that my editor is on. Yeah, you can. Um, you, there's uh, one, one thing that the Cocoa doesn't do is it doesn't really uh, cache the file system data. So, so uh, you have to I reload believe, it. I believe. Well, you don't have to reload it actually. Um, I believe that the Cocoa, some of the time, I have to read the ROM to actually actually really completely understand it but um i believe it it caches the fat table in memory somewhere some of the time but uh it doesn't cache the directories so in general i found that if you have a disk image that is mounted in driveway on your coco you could actually go on your computer and use um like the deck b tool or the os9 tool and you could read and write files to that disk image. And if you just type derp, the Cocoa will we'll be able to it. read them pretty much instantly. Okay. So, All right. So what I, have, I would be interested in knowing would be kind of this two-way tug of war to a .bass file. Um, mm-hmm. Or even if I don't have it open, let's say, let's say I did some editing on my PC with my editor, which is a custom tool I have from John Strong. I close that file so it's no longer open on my PC. And then the problem I'm having now is like, oh, I need to change this one variable. I change it on the Cocoa to test it. That works. But now I can't save my file again to save my change. So I've got to, you know, go back to my PC, change it on the PC, yep. save it, and reload. And I, and I just type in load the program name, and I reload it. And, it, and it's instant. So it's still, it's still an improvement over my old process of swapping SD cards between the two things but if i didn't have to do this manual loading and unloading and i had this manual two-way connection to this disk image then my development would go so much faster you know yep so um you can as i said you can you can modify the uh, disk image on both sides um as long as you're careful as you say to make sure that it's closed um like you save on one side and then uh on the coco side then re re-download it on yeah you can immediately read that back in the disk image and the same other way if you save resave the file in the disk image the coco will be able to see that immediately um i do have some ideas to improve like uh, uh some some ideas for how to make your situation even easier okay um i'm not going to say anything more uh, okay. about those um those i don't know if i'm going to actually release that this year or not okay we'll have to see okay. but uh i do have some some ideas for okay. that type of problem but, uh, but so. so i would be more than happy to start testing for you uh I'm, I'm gonna have to probably lean on you a little bit until i become comfortable with this because it's a foreign world to me but but once we get it started i'll be happy to be one of your uh, test subjects oh thank you yeah well thank you and you'll have gonna... to put up with me going, you should have done this, but and, and uh, I guess we'll and be on you're chat. You're going to have to put just, up with me asking just, you 400 stupid questions. I'll just questions, beat you so. over the head with a cocoa mouse, okay? <laughs> 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 That's all I have handy. Uh, 
Oh, that's cool. <laughs> These are cool projects. These are really cool projects. I won't be able to make fun beat... of Drivewire much longer. So. No, you can't. You're going to beat somebody over the mouse. Hopefully there will be a little bit less uh, <laughs> Drivewire hate around here. Aww. Drivewire. Drivewire. It'd be cool <laughs> if you could make a video of how you do it on a Windows 32. Yeah, bit. yeah, that that would be the that would be the Most plan. Most of us is... have Windows, I think. Right. Yeah, yeah, that would be the goal. Like first, I would uh, kind of learn the process and get all the bugs out of my own system for using it. And once I understand it, then we could make a video for other people to know how to do it, like a how-to, right? Do, do you have yeah. any plans on making it GUI installable at some point too, or no? Um, now that I have entered the world of binary packaging. Um, that actually opens up that possibility. The primary issue with doing kind of a GUI thing is what you have to, you know, you have to make sure you have the correct version of Python. Then you have to make sure you have all the modules. Then all, some of the modules don't, don't install. Blah, 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 blah. It's a bunch. It's a, it's a bunch of trouble. It's complicated is what you're saying. So it's an easy now, two-step now that process. I have, now that I have the binary <laughs> packages, I can deal with all of those issues. And the package contains everything that you need to run it. Yes, that's cool. So it, what do you think of, uh, or when do you expect that this is going to go on to the Raspberry Pi uh, Cocoa uh, image as well, the new version? You mean the Cocoa Pi 3? Cocoa Pi, yeah, Cocoa Pi 3. Uh, so um, Pi DriveWire is actually the um, the primary drive primary server that's used on the Cocoa Pi 3 already. Okay. Does it have? It's a new version with all this UI and or the 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 web and everything. The the web the web interface is there. I don't I don't know right off the top if it's uh, if it's enabled in Cocoa Pi three, but uh, it was the primary server in the previous the already existing release. I think it is because I know Ron Klein has shown me some demos yeah. in the past. So. It must be cool. it must be enabled. I uh, mine's sitting here. I don't have it turned don't have it uh, turned on at the moment yeah. to see if yeah. the uh, Ron, Ron Klein would be a good guy to ask because he's kind of yeah. in charge he of the was there earlier. Stuff. I don't know if he's still here. Hey, I, how I think does, he's watching uh, actually. Okay. I got a question. <laughs> but, how how does uh I have uh Cocoa Pi three and um I'm able to go on uh that um gosh I can't remember now. Probably a share drive. Huh? You have a share drive? I don't know. I'm able to go on um that group that has um it's a universal what's the name of it gosh i can't think of it uh, um uh gosh i shouldn't have said anything soon because i don't know <laughs> is it the play-doh thing you're talking about yeah okay i think play so play-doh okay. yes play-doh okay Arata online. Arata online. Uh, how, how does that do that on um cocoa pie three um, well, uh, the uh, Plato term software uh, does use the DriveWire protocol for communication. Okay, so, so we're using that when we do that. Yes, when we go online um, with that. Thank, thank you for reminding me. Um, that is something that I haven't tested recently. So okay. I should see if it's still working and uh, get with. If it does, if it's not working, I should get with Brad and work out whatever the issues are. So, okay. yes. and, we have uh, some comments from Ron Klein in the chat too. He said the web interface is enabled by default for Pi Drivewire, and it's set that way for Cocoa Pi three and the upcoming Cocoa Pi four for the Raspberry Pi four. Excellent. Yep. Okay. 
I'm double time now. So doesn't matter, Mikey. Doesn't matter. <laughs> just just slap yourself up with that mouse there, and we will. Yeah. Yeah. Um, now we're doing uh, great on time. We were thinking that this was going to be a five-hour show, and then we're 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 doing no, good. No, actually, we're kind of rocking. Yeah. So, okay. Right. I, I I've got a question to throw in there. Oh Christ. <clears throat> <laughs> oh no mikey are Jesus. you prepared are you prepared mikey i had a crazy idea Uh-oh. well i like crazy Uh-oh. ideas so with hdb dos it's an 8k rom we have the other 8k area that there are some open spots is there a way that you could add an extra command to hdb dos to sneak DW, DW term into the ROM space in the other 8K bank? Hmm. Well, maybe. All right. That, I don't that's think all I wanted. A, I don't, that's a, it doesn't that's fit an 8K maybe. currently, but uh, there is there is the uh, the 16K Cocoa version, maybe. Yadas. Okay. But that's an excellent, excellent. Uh, an excellent idea. It's actually not that crazy at all. Wow. Very cool. We're disappointed, Dave. It wasn't crazy. Yeah, it wasn't was that crazy? Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right. <laughs> and not the line the ring pepper. Okay. Well, we're gonna well, see. We're there's gonna... one thing that a lot of people don't realize about HDB DOS. There's two addresses that are sitting in HDB DOS for the DriveWire version of it that gives you hooks to the read and write routines for DriveWire. So no matter what what speed you're running, you always have a. Um, generic address that you can go to that's ready to go if you want to read and write okay using David, those I, just want, I just want to cut you off because we want to get through the rest of the presentations we yep. can we can have follow-up conversations in the caboose but i appreciate that david and let's just get let's get everybody else through here too so but thank you david thank you mikey all right so our next presentation is another guy from down under a guy who likes to say crikey and good eye <laughs> where the hell are you david i'm looking for your video right now I, oh, just take my video you. on this. I just so, uh, see you right now. I'm spotlighting you. So, David O'Connor, tell us what you are going to be presenting for us on Virtual Cocoa Fest today. Well, hey. what it, it looks like here that I'm going to present a Cocoa STC. Okay. <laughs> I've heard of those. <laughs> it's but I'm not actually not. Down. What's that thing? <laughs> are you telling me you uh, invented the Cocoa STC? That's pretty cool. <laughs> Wishful thinking. That was, <laughs> that's a real winner, this one. But... Uh, and there is a reason I've got a Coco SDC sitting here, and it's um, just the fact that I've got two of them, and one of them can only be plugged into a computer at the time, so the other one's just sitting there. Uh, all right, that was a, a rather obscure Escher-type uh, introduction. Um, let me get on with it so we don't waste half the day. Too late. Many of you will recognize what that is. That's a Coco 3 keyboard, or that's the Ed Snyder keyboard. Mm-hmm. No, that's, no normal, that's a real normal. normal no, that's a normal Coco Three keyboard. Normal Coco Three keyboard. I recognize that. Yes. In good yeah, shape. Okay. And some people might even recognize what this thing is. It's that a looks bezel. like a bezel. Bezel yeah. from a Model Three. Come back. Oh, no. oh, and oh. it's Model Four. I haven't I finished. I haven't finished yet. It's all just sitting there, and the keyboard's still. The, the guts are still in the Coco Three case here, but I just okay. wanted to sit it there. And actually get it running and see if it actually everything fitted in. Mostly the monitor. Nice. Um, yeah, that's what I've been waiting on. So that is a monitor, cool demo right? there. So the yeah, Coco yeah, yeah. 3 is wedged inside the case? 
Yeah, I've actually, the bottom of the case is actually sitting up there at the moment. Oh. So I just found, I found out it's actually got a really good serial number on it too. I didn't realise this is my... Uh, but uh, are, you, uh, are, you a model, are you a Model 4 killer? No, 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 no. I wouldn't do this to a Model 4. If I had a Model 4 here that was working, it would stay working. Um, I got this case from a guy on eBay who'd parted it out um, to keep other Model 4s working. Um, and basically, this was the, the leftover case. So he had an empty case there. Um, and he had it listed on eBay, and it was at a reasonable price. And I thought, well, that's I've been wanting to, to add, you know, to, to, to make a, a, a cocoa in a Model 4 case because I just love the look of the Model 4 and the Model oh, 3. Yeah. I just think, you know, they just, they just say retro computer. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's just, you know. Just, <laughs> um, so, yeah, at the moment I've got the uh, the other Coco SDC sitting okay. there. That's actually running at the moment, so if I... Uh, yeah, I don't know if you're planning on doing this, but it might be cool if you had some type of enclosure in that's mounted in the floppy spot where you could plug a cartridge into it. Let's have like an extension cord that went into the cartridge slot so you could like add and remove cartridges. Um, and the SDC too. In the SDC, yeah, yeah. from, from yeah. Where, the, where the floppy drives are. That's pretty much Beautiful. exactly what I'm thinking of doing. Um, okay. I'll just reset that now. I'll just reset it, get rid of the demo. I've got the SDC running there. Oh. Well, that's the reason you don't have that hole closed. <laughs> the, what was that? Right. The, yeah, the reason why the holes on the keyboard's not closed, so you can get to the uh, you can get to the SD card and the reset stuff. Yeah. Oh, here, yeah, 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 yeah. 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 Now, yeah. is, is yeah, the well, plan is the plan to gut the cocoa and and repack it in here, or are you going to keep the cocoa in its case? Um, no, I'm actually going to take the cocoa out of the case, um, but I'm not going to destroy the case. I'm mm. going to keep the case, and I'll possibly maybe even put a Raspberry Pi in there or something like that with an emulator. Um, and, you know, these little, these little thumb drive computers and something might, maybe something like that might go in it, but, uh, yeah. is, is, that, is, is Darren still on the, uh, with us? Um, yeah, yeah. Darren yeah, what yep, do you yep, plan yep. to fill the, the keyboard area with? I'm just, I was just about to raise that, but, um, this Coco 3 that's in here now, that, that came from Darren. So thank you, Darren. That's the one that you sent me. Um, yeah, I've I've got the original bezel here, so that's the key. All right. Um, but the but the as you can see here, the uh, doesn't quite F1 line and F2 up. F two keys don't quite line up here, and the brake mm -hmm. key is in the way there. So I would need to do a little bit of modification um, to this, which I'm prepared to do because you know you can get another one of those if I ever really need it. Um, so the plan is to, to to shift everything across here, take the guts out of the of the case. Mount the circuit board on the bottom, possibly, or I might even mount the circuit board so the cartridge port faces out this way. I'm not sure yet, but I do want to use these um, okay. because I'm going to use this for, for my uh, with, with my uh, synthesizers and music stuff. Um, I'm potentially going to use one of these as a as a, a blank panel where I can put in sockets and plugs and stuff for interfacing it with the computer. Okay. Um, oh, or yeah, or I could use the blank space in the keyboard area to do that. Or I could use that blank space to put cartridges in. Um, oh, I'm yeah, really like bring 100%. all the rear connectors to the front so you can just plug right in from there because yeah. you can't yeah, access yeah, yeah. them. Yeah, so your joystick. Exactly. Where are you going to put the joysticks? The joystick yeah, ports. the joystick ports I'm thinking about putting in one of these as well. Okay. So uh, all right. I haven't really decided 100% yet exactly what I'm going to do, but what okay. I also do want to make sure I do, I want to keep Model 4 case as intact as I possibly can. 
Um, I've done a few little mods. You know, I had to, to, to modify the bezel a little bit. Um, but, I mean, I'm probably not ever going to put it back to being a Model 4. I'm probably going to keep it with this as a, a Coco 3, so it probably mm -hmm. really doesn't matter that much. Um, but especially the outside of it, I want the outside of the case to look um you know to not have a whole lot of holes drilled in it yeah yeah you know, things things hacked apart i want to keep it looking neat and tidy and like it's intended to look neat so, um, you know, i've got in here like okay, okay. why don't you just put a raspberry pi in the model four and run well i thought about that i had thought about that as well um but i think i'd you know i kind of like this idea of having real hardware in it so this <laughs> is just a little program i wrote for uh for testing for my composite mod, actually, when I did that, so it's this little thing that. Oh yeah, nice and clean. Yeah, use it to draw test patterns. Did you license that from Coco Man? Because he's right now has the market on test pattern software, so. For sure. <laughs> <laughs> there's a, a white black border thing here where you can. It's, basically, this program is just designed for generating video signals that you can use for calibrating an analog, um, the, the um, composite mod that I made. Neat. So uh, it's a pretty simple little. Very program, clean. But, Extremely clean. What, what I, I did this two years ago though, and I um, put a Coco One in there, and I had uh, found a TV, but it was black and white, but it, it was the same dimensions and it into the bezel perfectly. Oh, and wow. I put a couple of drives in, and it was a basically a Coco One, and I was able to um, the um, the keyboard, uh, what is it, Mark Data keyboard, fit in the slot for the keyboard oh. and the rest oh, yeah. was blank in, yeah in the yes yeah. Yeah. yep mm, mm. it didn't oh, have yeah. function keys yeah neat oh okay yeah yeah right that's a cool repack it's, yeah but yeah. it would, would have been a moco not a coco because <laughs> it was monochrome well that's right. you know there was an article yeah. there was an article in color computer news back around 82 i think it was actually somebody took a model 3 keyboard and hooked it directly up to the coco Including the mirror keypad working, so he had the whole oh wow shebang. Oh okay, yeah right right. So you might yeah, if you had a keyboard, you might be able to hack that yeah. to work on the Coco. And that, arc, well, that I might... think that that episode that, that that article might be on the archive already too, if you want to take a look at it. That might be worthwhile looking at because then I can put this. I can have all this looking completely original. Yeah, yeah. I can actually, have the numeric keyboard in here as well. Yeah, and reach out to Ian Maverick. He's in Australia, and he's a he's a TRS eighty guy. He might have parts and stuff for you. Not to mention yeah, we'll do. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah. The thing that I like, the thing I was waiting on the most was the, this monitor. I wanted to make sure that it was actually going to not just fit, but look half reasonable. And, and yeah, the right angle no, it does. See. It looks really good. It's very clean. Yeah, and crisp. Like the, the black bezel on it too. Actually, it, it fits with the original. Had a black bezel. So. Yeah. yeah, stylistically, it definitely does. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. So I'm. Uh, I literally just put that in there just before the show, like half an hour before the show, just set it all together just to see if I could get it fit and uh, yeah i've just got a little piece of foam in the back there just holding the, the screen against the front of the case very cool um, and, and the rest of it's pretty much empty space at the moment so there's, so, that's the thing with it there's plenty of room inside to do a whole ton of customization yeah, yeah you could do like a multi-pack and have a couple of slots in one bay you could have floppy drives in yeah. another bay you can bring ports through there's so many things you can do here yeah do you have a scart I, 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 cable for the VGA? no i'm, I'm, I'm running no, I'm running this out of the because this is a PAL Coco three and the and the empty the, the sorry the composite signal from PAL Coco threes is taken off the RGB board, so that's actually composite you're looking at there. Well, that's pretty good. 
It looks pretty clean. Mm -hmm. yeah, compared to... Go back to, uh, to color bars there. It's yeah. like, that's really crisp. Wow. I thought it was RGB. Yeah, it looks like RGB. The, the, the composite on the on the Palcoco 3s is pretty good. So, But I will be running it. I'm going to get a Gimme X for this. So um, obviously this monitor, one thing I wanted to make sure with the monitor was that it had plenty of inputs. Um, so even though it's only a little 12-inch monitor, it's got... Um, it's got composite, it's got component, it's got HDMI, it's got RGB, it's got VGA, um, and it's got HDMI, and nice. um, and uh, BNC. Wow. So I'm actually, oh. yeah. So uh, You got it all. The monitor was originally designed for either point-of-sale systems or for security cameras. So it's, uh, it's equipped with all the extra inputs that you need for it. Okay. Look at Mikey. Yeah, Mikey's holding up the stopwatch. Okay. <laughs> uh, okay. All right, so we are. Uh, thank you so much, David O'Connor, for that presentation. Uh, looks very cool. And as you as you continue to work on that, make sure you come back and um, and share your updates with that. Absolutely, uh, very, yeah, very for cool. sure. Uh, there's a there, there, there's a guy in Quebec I know that uh, took uh, an old Macintosh and he he put a, a cocoa in. Oh, that's another project I'm going to do. I've got an old G4. I've got two G4s here, and I'm going to turn one of them into a Coco. Yeah. Um, our next presenters is the dynamic duo of L. Curtis Boyle and Rob Inman. And we are going to learn what's new and exciting about Beta 5. We're going to learn about how many steps the process is and what the name of the auto exec file is called, among many other things. So... Um, gentlemen, you have the floor and take your time and hey, Rob, um, Rob will be sharing the screen. I'll just be commenting. This isn't going to be a very big presentation because basically it's what we changed since the test one went out a week ago. So, okay. um, now originally I was planning on having a release for Coco Fest as many other people were, and I wasn't going to have as much in there as we are going to have now that I've extended the deadline to the end of the month. And then we've also had a few issues where some of the old, you know, original programs, you know, written for 120k machines need some patching to properly work with g-show which i'm working on right now and so was bill so rob whenever you share your screen and you are muted at the moment moment rob just a second let me switch over can you see my screen yeah pretty okay so uh walk me through what you'd like uh, me to demo uh <laughs> With you. Well, like I said, there's not too much a demo this round here. Uh, the first thing I'll just mention is thanks to Nick Moroda on our testing team. He discovered that I'd completely forgot to cover the Alan DeCock Smash game, which is kind of a breakout game, onto the new images when we reorganized everything. So I totally missed it. So it's on there now, um, both 6809 639 versions. Uh, number two, Cronus Rift has been fixed to exit cleanly like Rescue and Fractals does. And there's some minor optimizations on the 6809 version, probably not too noticeable. The 639 version is a little bit faster. There's a TFM in there that helps speed up some of the graphics. So for those of you that thought Kronos is a little bit too slow, it's a little bit better now. Not as quite as much as Fractalus. That one's been optimized more. But yeah, you can show that quickly if you want to. Okay. Which, uh, is that in Arcade or is that in Simulators? No, it's in Arcade. Our Kronos on the lower left there, yeah. There we go. Okay. We're and new icons from Nick. He, he drew little black outlines to make them stand out more. Nice. He's really happy about that. Yeah. <laughs> okay, let's, let's do it Which right Nick? now. Nick Morentes. Oh, and they just it went, it went straight to VDG. See how quickly it did that? Oh, 
You pick composite? Uh, I did. I don't know why. <laughs> yeah, those I... colors are totally wrong. Just hit clear. Yeah. Um... Just a <laughs> <laughs> They're laughing at you, man. No, I'm not. I'm <laughs> using his catchphrase. It's catchy. Yes. Here, let's go back. And uh, now my colors. Did you accent? Did you clearly accent? Hit, 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 hit S for shell. Okay. No, 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 not the resize. We got that one. And then just type mon type space R. Thank you. Yeah. You could do it through the control panel too, but meh. Yeah. And then EX. Just hit clear. Look at that, people. <laughs> Let's try that one more time. It's clearly. Yeah. Ooh, that looks better. That's hey. pretty. Much better. I honestly think the Coco out of the 8-bit versions of Coronas Rift, I think, had the best-looking title screen of the whole lot. Oh, yeah. I mean, that seems a little... And maybe I'm getting this confused with Rescue and Fractalus, but... Um... I tried playing this. I had no idea what I was doing. Yeah, this one you need the manual. <laughs> yeah, you definitely need a manual. <laughs> That's never going to happen. Now, I'll me. mention one thing they did here, <laughs> just for those who haven't played it before. The Rescue and Fractalus and Kronos Rift both use a fractal engine, which is to generate the mountain shapes. The code itself, the actual map is just straight triangles. All the, all, you know, the rough hills and stuff is all done with fractal map. But That's they improved really cool. the engine for Cronus so that now you have shading depending on distance. So you'll see the mountains that are further away are darker green. Yeah. And get brighter yeah, as they right. get towards you. So that was added. Fractalus doesn't have any of that. That's cool. Maybe you could backport that in your spare time. <laughs> <laughs> I'll put it right up there. <laughs> <laughs> right up here. What? I won't say. But anyway. <laughs> it's just another Cocoa Fest. Anyway, it's a fun game. I know Nick Nick Marentes, this is one of the few us on games he he actually liked back in the day too. So um, I he's actually been my tester for because he what? played it more than I did. This is OS nine. That's right. You guys should see this starting at twenty five <laughs> megahertz. Steroids. It's unplayable. Yeah, I imagine it would be like a racing car game at that point. <laughs> on the Coco Three FPGA. Definitely don't need a um, a SAM accelerator for that. Yeah, this this one here is running about twenty percent faster than the original. Candy yeah, it looks one, decent. So. I mean, the clip is nice. Hmm. Okay, that's I really neat. like that they've used fra fractal algorithms to draw the mountains too. That's cool. Yeah, yeah, because the maps are actually only a two hundred fifty six or sorry, sixteen by sixteen grid of points with heights. That's all it is. Yeah. Okay. And everything else is all fractal map to connect the the, the points together to draw the mountains. Anyway, hit Control C to get out of that, and we'll go on to the next one. Mm -hmm. And that's the clean breakout. Yeah. Boom! Look how clean that was. <laughs> Very clean. Look how fast that was. That was fast, wicked fast. Yeah. I will mention that uh, Nick uh, Marentes also did a slight modification, drawing an outline on the um, rescue and fractals icon too, on upon his insistence. Okay. Um, the next one up. Um, Here's rescue. Yeah. Okay, it's been outlined. Outlined. Yeah. Uh, next up, I will mention a bug fix I did in Gisha. We don't need to demonstrate it, but I found a bug right before we demoed it last week that I'd screwed up when I did. I have an uh, an option in there to change the name of the icon because normally it always just changed or put the name of the program, which when we get to the Sierra games eventually is going to be bad because they're all called Sierra then. Yeah. So I have a way to override it so you can put in like KQ3 or whatever. When I did that patch, I'd screwed up when you do a generic extension like a GIF or a 
play you know, a WAV file or something like that. It was just listing the word play for everything because that's the app that launches it. Mm-hmm. That's been fixed. Don't need to show that, but it, it's been fixed now. Okay. Uh, the next step, uh, Todd Wallace in uh, Discord uh, was wondering about getting an actual proper IBM font. I had made one way back in 1998-99 that I threw in all the little, you know, the drawing bits that ANSI uh, text modes on, on PCs had just to get something compatible because we were getting files that actually used that font. I wanted to be able to at least read them without a bunch of you know, weird checkerboard European stuff and whatever. So uh, Todd actually went a bit further. He actually pulled an image of the actual CGA ROMs of the actual CGA font and created a font with that. And he put it up on Discord earlier this week, and it looks so nice. I've decided to include it into EOU, and I think you already have some screens set up to show that. Yeah, so I'm going to adjust it clear. So the first screen is going to be um, a white on blue, uh, a white on blue 80 column screen, and you'll see the CGI IBM font. And then I'll hit clear again, and you'll see um, a 40 column PC Junior type screen oh, that's, neat. Um, that's white on black. So, so this is, is this is officially font folder number 42, right? X, yep. Yep. It's 42 X. Here's the 80 column. Okay, that looks very CGA-ish. Mm-hmm. I know, isn't it? Yeah. All this is missing is a few scan lines. Um, yeah, completely CGA. Nice. Yeah, and, and it has uh, all the high-bit characters, too, so you have the little outline boxes and shading and all the other stuff that's built into that font. So if you mm-hmm. want to convert a GWiz basic program or a QBasic program or something like that from the original you know, CGA days... Okay, you have 80 you by 20. Is this 80 by 25 or 80 by 24? I think this particular one, I think you're an 80 by 24 at the moment, aren't you? Okay. But you can you can do 80 by 25. Though I will cut the last line off just because the gimme's stupid bug okay. that it okay. cuts off at 199. So, some pretty good real estate. And okay. then to make it a bit easier to see on the stream here, you want to switch to the 40. Alan, is, uh, yeah, Alan Huffman so. is asking, is this a graphics screen? Because it's a font, yes. is it technically graphics? Yes, that is a graphics screen. That's a two-color 640 by 192. Okay. All right. And, uh, oh, I recognize are. that. Yeah, that's that's totally Sierra right there. Yeah, that's 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 the Sierra Online font right there. That's your forty column mode. Yeah. This is currently, I think you've probably got it set up in the three twenty by one ninety two by four color mode in this case. So you can see the cursor's yellow, while the text in the background's black. Okay. And white, so he's got an extra color still in there too. But yeah, that looks, looks like a zoomed in model one thousand. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's uh, very the, nostalgic. The, PC yeah. Junior was 40 column, wasn't it? Yeah. That's... On, and yeah, especially in composite mode. Yeah. But you can run this uh, font on any of the modes that OS9 supports for the windowing system. So you get 320 by 192 or 200 um, for four color and 16 color. And you can do the 80 column, which is 640 by 192 or 200 in two or four color. So you guys can like mix and match your fonts. The other nice thing about it too is because it's just an escape sequence you sent with a print statement to switch between fonts. So if you want to use this font for text, but you have some special graphical font with some stuff for a game you're writing, you can actually just tell it to switch between while you're printing. You can mix all the fonts together in the screen at once. So hmm. go nuts, guys, and write some software. But there, thank awesome. you very much to Lord Dragon slash Todd Wallace for doing the work of actually converting that over and then sending it up to us. That's it, awesome. It, it, thank it you, Lord really Dragon. Nice. Your Majesty, we appreciate you. Mm. His Majesty the Dragon. Mm. Um, yeah, man, that looks really good. So I was quite impressed with that. So thanks again. Uh, next up, uh, we got a couple of demos I've thrown on. Um, Bounce 96, which was by Alan DeCock. He did this way, way back. 
and uh, I'll, I'll let him run it first, and then we'll I'll kind of get an explanation of some of the magic in it. Oh, 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 it's Here magic. So the folder bounce 96. Bounce 96. Okay. And you notice I cheated and just reused the icon because I was too lazy to draw one. <laughs> Double click? Yeah. Okay. Hopefully it won't crash. <laughs> Whoa. Whoa. Holy shnikes, Batman. Look at that Whoa. thing there. We have color bars behind color behind bars behind a grid with a bouncing ball in front of the grid. Oh. Yeah. Oh wait, wait a minute, Stevie. I have something else I, I want to do. At oh, the wait, same you just time. hit clear. You just <laughs> hit clear. Look at that. <laughs> oh, what do you got? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, where did it go? <laughs> it exited cleanly. Yeah, it exited oh. cleanly when you hit clear. That's the that's the exit. <laughs> now to explain why, let let's just keep running. Okay, first of all, it's doing some magical things you don't normally see on, especially in OS nine program. The uh, color it's bar. Not, yeah, it's not. Yeah, it's not sucking. <laughs> the, the color bars That's you see low, there Steve. are actually going into the borders. These these are not just you know your normal addressable areas. Ah. Cross hatch pattern is that's your full 320 width by your full 192 height, but it's using the top border, the bottom border, and the left and right borders to do those. So you're doing like palette hacks, like uh, okay, Nick did in Pop Star. Scan line. Yeah. Okay. And two, this is using a special library set of routines that Alan did, and the actual source code for this is included on Beta 5. So if you guys want to write a, a real OS9 game or, or use OS9 to launch a game, um, the library for this is all included. But basically what this is, is that Alan came up with a set of code that you can call, uh, he's got an ent enter this mode and exit this mode. What it does is it basically saves the state of OS9 and then lets you take over the IRQ and FRQ for yourself. And then you can also take over memory <clears throat> after you've allocated it through regular OS9 stuff. You then have complete control of the entire computer, except for the vector page has to be left alone, that little 256-byte part at the top. But this means you can write a machine language program that completely takes the machine over. <clears throat> if you want to use horizontal scrolling or vertical scrolling or any of the other hardware features that OS9 normally does not support, you can. Now, at this point, we're not actually multitasking. OS9 is basically paused in the background while you're running a program like this. And then Alan, just to simulate it, to make it look like it's really multitasking, he has the clear key to be the exit, so it just goes on to the next window. Mm. But it's a, it's a trick where basically well, you can now... it basically brings it right back to OS9. Yeah, yeah basically, it, it basically just puts OS9 back into, into command there without screwing anything up in OS9. So if you want to write a game that is like full-on, hardcore Gunstar style, you can <laughs> And you can launch it from your virtual hard drive. You can have all the data files it needs in there because one of the problems with distributing stuff on, on disk basic is if you want it compatible with disk basic, well, sometimes you have to limit it to a 160K disk, 35 track, single sided. At the most, you'd be doing the maximum floppy side, uh, size, I should say, <clears throat> of an 80 track double sided or whatever. But this way, if you want to make a game that has 120 meg and you have a 120 meg you know, uh, sound, sound card that you can load up with samples and stuff like that, go for it. Launch it all from the hard drive. So. It's a pretty cool trick. Source code included. Have fun with that. These got to read me that are kind of explained. We won't. I have a question read about this. Yep. Can okay. you um, can you still access like uh, drives and things while uh, while you're in that mode, or is Nitrous Nine completely completely off on the side? It, it's completely off on the side in this particular demo. You can switch back and forth because I have actually played with that before hmm. from Alan. Hmm. Yeah. If you restore, okay. if you store, if you use the call that restores the FIRQ and the IRQ to normal, then almost nine picks back up where it left off. So yeah, you can jump back and forth. It's a little bit convoluted, but it works. Hmm. So, so this is a new like ability in... 
I was just uh, Nick, say Nick first and then next, yeah. whoever was after that. So this is a new ability in EOU5 to suspend OS9, uh, Nitrous 9 while... It's, it's not a new ability. Alan did this back in the 90s, like 96, 1996 is when he wrote the Bouncing Ball demo that showed it. But it, the having the public availability of the library of, of routines that he does to do this has not been publicly released before now. And he That's gave me permission cool. to do so. Who is the next question? It is me, Mark. I was just going to say, uh, so you're throwing down the gauntlet here for uh, Nick Marinti's to like make a Yeah, that was game. so subtle, eh? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if anybody missed that. Put up the clock. He'll never do it. He'll never eat that crow. <laughs> no, he never will. Rob, yeah, Bill, Bill up- you, you, you've done a couple ports to uh, OS9 before, like Shang. I think we should just grab one of Nick's games and just port it over. Upstar Pilot. Maybe yeah. improve it for the six or nine, so it actually runs a decent clip too. So, oh, I'm sorry, <laughs> fun star. <laughs> yeah, this might be the fun star launcher. Yeah. <laughs> Rob, put the clock up. Put the clock up. Yeah. See if no, it's my, still. Bro- if it's still my, Mikey, yours took twice as long as normal, so I'm ignoring your clock. Oh. <laughs> okay. Anyway, go back yeah, to directory. The, time, the timekeeper abused the privileges. Yeah. Actually, we don't have I much more to, to demo stop, anyway. But so. Stevie told me to keep going. No, I that's mean, good. That's fine. good. Yeah, yeah. Now we've only got a couple <laughs> minutes left to show. Just stay uh, a couple more minutes. Ray Bounce will be the next one we show. No, we're ahead of schedule anyway. We thought we'd be. Now, this will take a while to load. <clears throat> this is actually loading nine graphic screens in. And then we'll so page flip animation, through. animate them between. This is, this is from chat. Five, yeah, five this, is, this is a conversion to OS 9 from it. But this is just using normal window yeah. descriptors. You can do this in basic. Whereas normal basic, this basic will not let you have like nine H screen twos. This is just using nine window descriptors. You get nine windows running. Mm-hmm. But it's got 300 and some odd K of screens to load and allocate and set pallets on and stuff. So it takes a bit to load, but uh, the animation is pretty cool. Okay. Well, he just uses clear key between each one. <laughs> Yeah, it's really cool. There you go. And of course, this that's multitasking. Is... You can actually flip to other windows, and yes, it actually absolutely. this one does not stop it. <coughs> I was going to say I had other stuff to do while we're uh, demoing. Oh yeah, you're a busy guy. Yeah, I'm multitasking. <laughs> Doing now this does like... suck nine window descriptors and and takes them over for all the screens here, which is one of the reasons on beta five we took all the VDG windows out except for one, and now that I've got G shell, so we can convert any regular window into a VDG window. <clears throat> I, we've now got 15 window descriptors in there, so you can do up to 15 windows at once. You have ADHD? Just press clear. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I think it's, what is it, Enter to get again. out of here? Uh, I think you have to hold it down for a second or two. It's Control-C. Uh, yeah, it was Control-C. Okay, there is a, there's a key to hold down. I just can't remember which one it was off the top of my head. Now, I'm trying to remember, did we show off any of the Sierra games last week? I do not believe so. Okay, because we so. got one installed right now, and I've still got to do some fixing to get it to run on all the boards, but we could show uh, Black Cauldron if you want. Let's do it. Uh, am I going to need to flip the switch on my switcheroo? I have no idea. Level 2. Uh, oh, Black Cauldron is level 2. Sorry. Yeah. Adventures? Adventure... Graphical. Mm-hmm. It's a real simple 14-step process. 
Hey, but you Stop. have to do the same thing in Windows. Yeah. Stop. <laughs> it's simpler than it was. Was that icon animated? I, did I hallucinate? Yeah, I, I thought know. I saw I bubbles. Uh, no, no. Uh, it's see. just a mouse. No. That's a it's sign just... you've had too many beers so far, Stevie, yeah. to get through. It, so. <laughs> it's a sign you're, pro- you're approaching five yeah. hours. Yeah. It's a good and icon. I was going... That's yeah, a Nick Morenti's icon, that one. Got got He pays me to t- say say that, so. Part of the licensing right. agreement. Let's Pro- do it. Will you be able at some point to be able to make icon shortcuts on uh, desk view or multi-view? What do you mean by icon shortcuts? Well, like a shortcut, like a... like a folder with all your favorite applications and have a short, like, because OSTAN does links, right? So I was wondering if you could have like a folder of favorites and create uh, favorite icons to your favorite things. Oh, like creating a shortcut folder. Yeah. You, you can. Um, the one yeah. issue, and one of the reasons I split these apart in the first place is that it, it's pretty slow because you have to read two files for every single icon. And if you look, ran beta four, the games directory had 20 some odd icons in it. So it had to read 40 some odd files just to load them in. And it takes a while. So we've been splitting up the directories into you know genres just to make it so it appears to load much quicker, so you don't have to wait for them all. Wow! I'm, oh, I'm going to try to come up with a way to speed the whole system up, but it, it, that's a ways off because that's a pretty big rewrite. Nate, oh, that's cool. That's playing its little song. Now this I have to fix. This is one thing I have to fix in the Sierra program because they have no way to break out. They actually stop multitasking to play their one voice music. But they, they don't do. let oh, you really? break out of it until it's done. Oh wow! Well. You're gonna hear our. I've always better. hated that. Yeah, their their interface isn't that good. Did you uh select joystick or keyboard at the beginning there? Do you know? I uh, can't remember. Here we go. Joystick. That is the right way to do it. Yeah, the keyboard Press controls the button, are pretty good. Press the button. Left cutting. or right. It'll no. You don't have to switch. I also don't know if you're in fastest mode. That's nothing I'm going to change too, because yeah. the Cocoa runs a little bit slower on these. I'm not going to default it to fastest instead of normal. Check to see. Oops. I'm yeah, their their joystick control in the menu is kind of sucky too. There's a lot of yeah, things I've got to change in the series. With... I'm going to for... just forget it for now because my joystick's interfering. Okay, no, this is cool. Running at the go. speed of Kabam right now. <laughs> Rob, just use that nice optical PS2 mouse. <laughs> hey, uh, <clears throat> this goat is looking pretty good to me. Yeah. After uh, all this quarantine, uh, Rob, you're, you're oversharing again. <laughs> a long show. We're <laughs> <laughs> almost after dark. So. All right. Very hey. cool. Very cool. Do we have? Do you have more to present? More. To we have one Rusty. more thing to. One more thing to present. Okay. Alan Huffman hey. wonders if this is a cross port. Uh, or what? Black Cauldron? Black Cauldron was not officially released, I don't believe. Yeah, no, the only not two games that Tandy officially released were Leisure Suit Larry and King's Quest Three. Gwyn Major, who did uh, who hosts the Color Computer Archive, ported a whole bunch of others on there, including Black Cauldron. So we've got, a, I think, a dozen games. And a lot of third-party oh, ones. Oh, yeah, there. there's lots like of Like fan, fan, fan fiction ones, ones yeah. yeah. My joystick was set to double back mode, so that's why oh, it was. I got it. to double back okay. again. They can just go quit now, and then we'll just do Rusty quickly, okay. and that'll be the end. There you go. I will mention, too, while he's getting to that point, that uh, Bill, because he's been away when work for a couple of weeks there, is actually, we're starting to work on the Flight Sim 2. We've got it running now, so it is using a TFM command in the 639, which means it's much, much smoother at multitasking. 
but it is frame locked and we're still trying to figure out how that works properly but we are planning on speeding up flights in two too excellent yep. excellent if you and you want to just see it running um i could double click on it because it does yeah this this is that. the this is not the well, one do you have the updated one rob no he doesn't no i don't no oh, it's just no. a stock this is just a stock but just to show you it launching there we are in an analog in uh, demo mode i guess there's a there's a world war one flight sim in there too where you can actually go blow each other up too which is no, this fun. is cool this there's is a bazillion cool. keys you got to remember for flights and too so very cool. actually while we've got a large panel here how many people on the panel were regular players of either Coronas Rift or Flight Sim 2 or what are the other ones we're working on? Sub-Battle Simulator. Flight Sim 2. None of the yeah, above for I me. All of them. I was playing this when Megsfield still existed. Because I'm not that familiar <laughs> with them, some of the optimizations we're doing in the code might cause bugs. So if you guys are familiar enough with, to be able to play them, I would like to include you guys in the beta testers list. Just mention that on Discord on the EU channel that you want to be on the test thing. And then once we get some tests, uh, up-to-date ones of 639 optimizations, I would like to send it to you guys for testing them because I don't I have the time to really learn these things fully again and, and and even remember what all the keys are to do things. So Dragon Bites um, is saying he played a lot of sub-battle when he was a kid. Yep. Well, if he still remembers, uh, go on the Discord, the <clears throat> Nitrous 9 EOU channel. Just let me know, and uh, we'll send uh, copies of those for you guys to test as Bill and I go through them. And actually, Curtis, I don't know if you you have them yet, but I've got a couple other worlds for Flight Sim 2, too. I don't have those installed. I'd like to because that was rare, and I'd like to have those available for people to try. Yeah, and I've got them. Cool. Yeah, I know Japan neat. was one, and uh, there's a few other ones, too. But... Neat. Neat, 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 neat. Yeah, so this version doesn't exit, um, but the Bill Nobles version will, right? Or you're working on it, Curtis, right? Sorry, what the was the question? Release. Hold on. Uh, someone who's someone who's willing to test sub battle. Yeah, Dave and Sharon. He's on Discord, right? So we can let no, me know. Tom what, what, Rob? what was that, uh, Rob? I, I was I was saying this this version on my on my copy do, doesn't yet exit cleanly, but you're no. working on that. Yes. You no, know, this one does exit cleanly on the real hardware. What? But they get a really weird key sequence. What is it? Control Alt. It's Control Shift Clear. Or or control or Shift Right Arrow or something like that. <laughs> yeah, it, it's weird. This is another one where you need the the manual because there's like literally 50 key combinations to remember to play this thing. That's fine. I can just leave it running. Yeah, nice yeah Rusty will kill it anyway. So. <laughs> yeah, well, this actually, thing, uh, I've got game really running. flies at 25 megahertz. I've got <laughs> uh -huh. in demo mode for three days now. <laughs> wow. We know you're getting a kickback, Mikey, for promoting the Cocoa FPGA. <laughs> I got yelled at the other day. Okay. I really yelled at. Was there more to show, or was that the last uh, one? One yes, last thing got... to show is Rusty. Rusty. Uh, this will be released thing. with Beta 5, and this is another Alan DeCock program that he wrote back in the day. It was a commercial product at one time. He's given us permission to use it. Thank you, Alan. Yep. But this is a program to launch programs that are written for Disk Basic from OS 9, from a hard drive or floppy drive or whatever it is. Now, I don't have an icon or thing up made for this yet, because uh, this is just in testing, just to make sure it works. It'll launch Cocoa 1, 2, or 3 stuff. It has the capability of launching basic programs or machine language programs. Machine language programs are limited to ones that are a single file to load. It won't load like multi-file things. Um, you can run multi-file ones if you mount a floppy and tell it to run off that, but it gets complicated, so I'm probably not going to support that. But anyway, we're going to show the command line version of it for now. So, Rob, if you want to go over to a shell and... Yeah, just hit clear, Rob. Yeah, that's all I did. And then switch to the, uh, what did I call it, deck B? Uh, what, what do I do now? Type. 
Type CD I, space deck B. I think that's what I can oh, name okay. the folder, isn't it? Minder. Good. So in this case, we have uh, two Cocoa 3 programs. The CC3 demo, which is actually a bouncing ball demo with four voice music that Alan did back in the day, too. Okay. And Blocks, which is Chet Simpson, I think his very first Cocoa 3 game he ever did, which was uh, a Tetris clone. And then I also just threw in for fun Outhouse Draconian and Donkey King. And you basically you just type Rusty Space in the bin. Now, I will let the panel here say which of these five programs would you like to see run? Donkey. Donkey. That's fine. Yeah, Donkey. Draconian. Donkey. Donkey. <laughs> okay. one, one vote for Draconian. That's fine. Doesn't matter. Okay. The boat of car votes for Donkey. <laughs> Dot bin, okay. yeah. yeah, 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 sure it is. Now, this is you're in RGB mode, so you're gonna switch your you can switch it back to composite when it fires up. Yep, okay, the, just hit enter. Yep, all right, here we go. You got an SDC with a uh, does he have to hold the shift key? Down? Yeah, you will have to hold the shift key if you're running on the SDC with SDC Explorer because SDC Explorer will steal it back and not let it get to it. So, I'll hold shift while I am prepared. Press, press enter, press enter, and shift. No, oh, not nope. yet. Hang on. We can yeah. yeah. Now, hold <laughs> the shift key down. Hold the shift key down. Can you drink capital Y for Be yes? Keep yes. holding it and say yes. Stand on okay. one foot. Yeah. And this is a warning. OS tummy, 9 is about to die for you to run a disk based program because OS 9 will yeah. be completely shut down and you can't come back to it at this point. So. Yeah, Nick's no great loss. Message. <laughs> <laughs> it was right, in the way anyway. So. And hold the shift key down while you, while you wait until Donkey King comes here out. Here we go, everybody. Hold on. Ooh, and that was oh. fast. Look at those colors. Hmm. Hey, what? Ooh, what? <laughs> How is this even possible? What is what the sorcery? The right this? colors. That's right. Well, he's got a switcheroo, so I figure you can just hit the switch and flick it over to the proper colors. Uh, well, it's not. It's not that sophisticated. It doesn't work like. Oh, doesn't that. it? Oh, okay. No, it just it just switches the composite. It's fine. Yeah. This is just for demo, anyways. There so. you go. Still have to do the. You still have to do the F1 reset. You do. Now, the reason Alan did this in the first place, because he had quite a few people that like playing an occasional game, but usually lived in Nitro Stein doing stuff, but every once in a while they want a distraction like double back or whatever. So he actually set this up that you could launch programs, or you can also fill out your hard drive and make a directory with every disk basic game you've got. And then you can just pick whatever you wanted to play that particular day, as long as it wasn't a multi-load, which is most of the Cocoa 1 and 2 libraries. So uh, works pretty good. And plus you get to load it at hard drive speeds there, as you saw. I'm going to predict this will not make the game on challenge. Which one? The, the score. The score he's about to get. Oh right now. yeah. <laughs> I, I'm using a mouse. Uh, so. Using a mouse. So that's we're, we're, we're going to remove points from his draft from his double back. Uh, <laughs> but the shift key is necessary because when it tries to reboot, it does a cold start of basic with Donkey King preloaded. But a cold start of basic tells the SDC Explorer by default to fire the SDC Explorer up. So it'll load Donkey King into memory and then immediately kick it out and run the SDC Explorer. So that one caveat, and I've got to see if there's a software way I can disable that, and I'll add that code to Rusty if it's possible. Because if you're trying to launch a program from Rusty, you obviously want to run the program. You don't want it to kick over the Explorer. So uh, I'll see if I can actually patch Rusty at some point. I don't know if it'll be in time for Beta 5's release, but to get it to automatically temporarily disable the SDC so you can actually fire the game up without having to remember to hold the shift key down. Could we add a little oil to Rusty to make it... Um, I'm going to run a little Yeah, we'll call smoother. it Rosie then. Um, <laughs> I can. I can. 
Yeah. Well, we could just okay. augment Rob's handy thing. You know, just hit clear just or hit shift clear. if you're going from OS nine to yeah, you know. basic to run. It's, it's an easy multi-key sequence combination <laughs> that requires very little lookup tables. Twenty-seven charts. easy to follow steps. Yes. <laughs> and that was actually what I was just about to add. Just so, with... so much as possible with Nitrous Nine Ease of Use Edition. Were we saying there, Bill? I was just going to say I was going to add that with Alan's other modification, where you can switch back and forth between Nitrous Nine and RS DOS, you can actually end up making rusty so that it can return back to os9 yep that's true you just have to add his libraries and, and wrap the deck b programs around it or have rusty wrap it around somehow to do it yeah exactly i'll let you it, tackle that one bill yeah yeah that's not gonna be an you easy put one your rusty in you put you know, your rusty out you wrap your we, rusty around and you shake it all about yeah hey curtis a, so one of the things that when you was mentioning the SDC and this this wrapper, uh, one of the things that you could do is um, switch the ROM bank in the SDC to a different ROM bank so the SDC DOS itself doesn't load. Like I could, but either... I, you're not guaranteed that somebody else is not going to have their ROM bank set up the same way as somebody else. It might kick into like Dragon DOS for all I know. You just have to document it and say this is what you need to set yeah. it up. To well, you. I'm hoping there's a way to automatically do it. If I can mute it with, uh, you know, some other flag to the well, SDC thing, just well, does it involve the, the old OXEC file? Okay, let's not let's not get too too technical. Yeah, let's not on get this right is a tech, <laughs> okay. tech description. All right. Um, now I will mention one other thing, and then I'm done. Um, there is still more stuff coming. Bill and I are working on getting Flight Sim 2 to actually be sped up on the 609. Nice. Uh, we're working on getting other games like uh, the rest of the Sierra ones on here and getting them working with every memory configuration. We're getting Sub-Battle Simulator, so it'll do... There's that other uh, Klondike game that I've got to fix it because it keeps hijacking the high-res joystick interface. What would There's a couple other a demos Klondike to put on. Bar. Smartwatch drivers will be put on. RSB will be put on here in the emulator, so you can run CPM and Disk Basic all under Nitrous 9. How is um, that even possible? Very slowly, from what I've heard. <laughs> Carmen San Diego is another one we're working on. So there's there's a ton of stuff still coming, but those are the ones I'm going to try to get as much of that done by the end of the month. But if we don't get everything on that list done, we'll get as much done as we can. But basically, everything you guys have seen the last two weeks for sure will be on there, obviously. So look forward to the release at the end of the month. Great work, Curtis. In all seriousness, that you are doing amazing work on this project and i just want to say thank you even though i'll probably hardly ever use it i appreciate what you are doing now. <laughs> no. No, i'm just saying i'm not going to use i'm not your typical os9 user but i appreciate what you are doing here and i just want to say thank you for that because i know there's a lot of people who are users who will benefit from this for me it's always going to be an idle curiosity and i'll tinker with a few of the games but i'm never going to spend quality time in, in nitrous night but I appreciate what you're doing, and I want to thank you for, for your efforts. Yeah, no problem. And also, once we get you into Base 9, you might fiddle in there a little bit. I don't okay. know if you can live in there, but yeah. Right. Actually, I, I, listen, you could, could really too. like Base 9. I'm, listen, I'm happy to be proven wrong. It's never happened yet, but there's always a chance. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> can we talk to your wife for a sec? Yeah, so my. Yeah. All right, well, our next presenter is a man who needs no introduction but we're going to introduce him anyways. He goes by the name of Malfunct, but I believe his birth certificate has something different on there. But uh, and we, some of us have met him in person. I've met Scott. 
uh, at, uh, I believe it was Tandy Assembly the first time I met you at the first Tandy Assembly, Scott. Um, but you've been in the community for, for a while, and you're one of the few people whose profile pictures, even when in cartoon form, look almost exactly like you do in person. So, ladies and gentlemen, please give a warm welcome to Scott Went, a.k.a. Malfunct. Hello. Hey, so, hello, uh, Scott. Hello. Uh, hey, Scott. I think it was back in Tandy Assembly, or around that time I got on the Discord, and I was inspired to do this project, and it's taken a while to get around to actually being done. Um, the reason I actually managed to get around to tackling it was the Coco Fest uh, competition that the Coco crew was putting on. Um, and so uh, I'll go ahead and sh shrink my face and bring up my setup. So uh, I think it was David Ladd's mouse board that really inspired me. And the idea was um, instead of uh, PS2 mouse, what if I had a USB port and could plug in a game controller? And so I, I spent some time over the last couple of months designing um, a circuit that would emulate the joystick and could be controlled from an Arduino. That Arduino has uh, a USB shield on it as well. Um, I was working until late last night to get this thing to, to work to demo it. Um, so we have fun wires to put on there for where I've had the trace connected in the wrong place and had to cut it and repatch it. And there's a wire soldered onto the bottom of it. And the joystick port is wired backwards. So I had to make a special crossover cable to make it actually work, but it, it does work now. So um, what I have running is a really simple basic program. That's the test program I use. So um, you can see that second number is vertical. So if I go up and down on the thumbstick, it'll go from zero at the top to 63 at the bottom. If I go horizontal, that first number will move. Um, and then if I push the button, it'll go to a P instead of a U saying the button's pressed. Try the corners. Can you, can you get zero, zero and, and 63? You 60? can get pretty close. Um, I can adjust that in the software and actually get it to zero, zero in the corner, but that would mean that the the top um, has some dead zone on it. Yeah. Um, this again, is the same I problem. Again, together at like one in the morning. The yeah, 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 yeah. software is but, really rudimentary, um, but I can adjust all of that stuff in software, so that part's easy. Another thing I'd like to do in software is there's no reason why with the libraries I have available, I couldn't plug in a mouse and with a mod of or have it interpret the mouse and then if you start it up with the gamepad plugged in it emulates a gamepad and it would also be able to handle ps4 and um, regular pc usb but that's all a software product what difficult part being a software guy um program is kind of fun but uh it wouldn't be nearly as interesting if we didn't have a game to play so let's pull up a game um and as of last night this wasn't working i think i understand why it didn't work last night but hopefully it works now so we have uh, temple of rom this is the mini version that uh oh neat i haven't seen this one yet the the small um, the small one that rick and did. so we press the buttons and eventually a little guy will come up there's a little guy neat yeah and so, and I'm way better with an Xbox controller oh, than yeah. I am with the old black 
joystick, so this is going to be a lot easier for me. Um, the mini game is small enough that I can actually beat it. If I don't die to a spider. No, I don't want to go in the portal. I just want to get treasure. Treasure, 100 points. Uh, cool. Yeah, it's, it's very responsive. Yep, so I I need to do another revision of the board so that I can not have all the extra wires and whatnot on it and can use a regular straight-through cable. Oh, the, the ghost. Look out for the ghost. Oh, you got him. Good job. So the... The idea is you can, when this is hooked up the right way, just buy the IEC drive cable from um, Jim's website, and that will plug between this board and the computer. Um, but like I said, I wired up the port backwards in my in my diagram, and so that didn't work. Um, that's basically it. So you can ask me some questions now while I finish. I want to see level. if you. I want to see if you beat the game. <laughs> You're like one prize away. Hey, you beat the game, everybody. Yes, yes. It's a small enough pimple of ROM that I can actually beat it. That's cool. That's cool. Uh, that is neat, Scott. That's very cool. Um, so what you the the problem you're having with your device is the same problem I had using an Xbox controller in Mame because the Xbox controllers can't hit those corners because when you look at a Black Beauty, it was like a broken wrist. You know, it could go in any yep. direction. It could go 360 degrees around. So you can literally scrape all the insides of the bowl. With these joystick pots on the Xbox 360s, they, they're, they're not as loose in the corners. And that's just how that mechanism is. And I don't know that there's a fix for it. Um, there is. It's, it's pretty easy in software. I basically just um, use a different divider and and just math fix oh but only math. but it's not a global uh override is it, it will work a conditional override where when you're just in the corner then to change the math a little bit in in this area no i, I would just have a dead zone in the, the far out places so um the corners will become the zeros in the maxes and if you go past the corner to go straight it'll up, just you won't it out. anymore. Okay. Yeah, it'll just be the same as if you were a little. All right. Bit so down. if the corner is six, you're going to make six zero, and you're going to compensate based on that. Exactly. Okay. Yeah. Um, no, that's really cool. I, again, I listen. I know you work for Microsoft, and so, but uh, I'm an Xbox guy. To me, the, the my two favorite controllers were the Sega Genesis slash Saturn controllers back in the D-pad days, and then the Xbox style controller. To me, is just it's thumb nirvana to be able to hold it and work everything and trigger and bumper and button and do all these things from just this comfortable thing. The Xbox yeah. controller is, is it man. So, um, yeah, I do hope this support. You're breaking up a little bit and whatnot. Yeah. Oops, sorry. I don't, well, I'm, I don't, I, I don't want to get feature creepy on you here, but one of my wish list items would be to have a, an adapter because the joystick, the Xbox got two analog sticks to have that feed into both of your joystick ports. And since a Coco um, 2 can read two buttons per controller, you could technically get both sticks and your four buttons, A, B, C, D, all registering on a Coco. And then we could write games to take, take advantage of two sticks and four buttons and play a Coco game like yeah. it's an Xbox game. That's that nice would actually require some additional ICs on the board, okay. um, but it's definitely possible. So I don't plan to ever produce this and sell it um when i get it <laughs> when i get it working correctly the the plan is to put 
the uh, Eagle files and the code for the Arduino and everything um, up on a website somewhere and people can grab it and uh, build it the way it is or modify it however they want. Okay. I'm just going to release it to the public. Um, the goal was just to do it and then have one that works for myself. Yeah, no, that's neat. Well, listen, if you get it working, I, I wouldn't mind one. So um, I'm an Xbox controller fanboy. <laughs> yeah. so what's the best way to follow your progress on that? So it's on my blog on malfunct.net, I think it is. I can share in the Discord a link. Yeah, it's M-A-L-F-U-N-C-T dot net i'll put that on the live chat so people can grab that and you are on you are on discord as malfunct right? I'm, I'm on discord i think i'm on discord as scott went oh scott went because oh, I, I think i renamed you for my purpose and i think that renamed you for everybody so i think you <laughs> well i don't know what it is but yeah um yeah um how long you been working on that scott so i have been thinking about it for two years i okay. think but i've actually been working on the hardware design since uh valentine's day when the competition opened up okay okay um, and there was a lot of time where i was um having trouble with arduino uh it turns out the usb shield uses some pins that i was trying to use for other things so i thought my arduino was dead um, i ended up getting a logic analyzer so that i could debug some issues on it a bunch of stuff so that delayed me but yeah, most of it was the hardware design because that's what I'm bad at. And then last night I hacked together the software in a few hours. That's neat. That's neat. Yeah, it was like for me this week, between trying to solicit and coordinate everybody attending today and trying to get my game ready in time to show off today as well. I've had a busy week too. And if I wasn't in quarantine, I never would have got it all done. So, yeah, Well, uh, when I asked for a time slot on here, it wasn't actually working. Um, I was just hoping that I could get it done. <laughs> that, hey, we um, do, that, that is the story of our show every single week. We just hope it works by the time it's done. <laughs> so that's why I have like wires with a grippy clip on it to patch where uh, the pin was connected wrong. And oh, that is so awesome. Yeah. That is, that is the spirit of the cause. Like Henry Wrightville was saying, either it looks kind of messy, but it works. <laughs> <laughs> I freaking love it. Is Jim Brain still here? He did come in. Yeah, uh, he said he needed another five minutes or he so. He needed another five minutes. So how about we do this? And you guys want to do game on? And then we'll come back yes. to, um, we could take a game break on. from presentation. Yes, let's do it. Let's do it. David, are you excited by any chance? I don't know, Stevie. <laughs> All right. Well, I'm going to share sound for just a minute so we can do our game on introduction. And then... Um, and then when you're ready to actually, I can keep sharing sound the whole time until you're ready to, to announce next week's game. Right, Nick Morota? You're muted, Nick. Nick Morota, do you, well, did you want me to, did you want to roll like, did you want me to talk over the video? And stuff well, yeah. Again? So what I'll do is I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to run the game on intro okay. and then you can talk for a second if you want. And then we'll, yep. we'll run the high score results okay. and then. Once I'm done with that, I'll turn off my sharing so you can then share. So now I just, because I've added okay. so many more things to my Discord, I've got to find it. Here we go. Get ready, folks. It's time for Game On, where we talk about the most important reason for using your cocoa, playing games. And your host for this segment is a man whose name is so nice, we must say it thrice. We're talking about 
All right, Nick Marota. We are here for the Game On segment. In case anybody has been living under a rock for the past week, what game have we been supposed to be playing this week, Nick Marota? Last week, we were supposed to be playing Double Back, and a lot of people came uh, to the call and did it. We had 26 players submit scores. Which wow, is that's a record. Record, yes. I was very thrilled. In fact, we had a lot of traction early on. Like Monday, by Monday, we already had uh, like over 10 scores. Like I was, wow. I was really Yeah, because we've been averaging like like a, an average week was 11 or 14. A good week was mm-hmm. 18. Um, mm-hmm. So what was the total number? 20... 26. Wow, that's good. So this one really resonated with the, with the, uh, with the community. I was very happy to, uh, to see that. Awesome. So uh, if we could go ahead and roll the uh, results. And this, Steve. by the way, this is a production of Robbie Inman. Yes. So not only is he Rob busy. Videos. Yeah, not only is he busy just hitting clear, but he also happens to put together <laughs> some pretty kick-ass videos too. Thank you, Rob Inman. Thank you for doing that. Oh, very nice. <laughs> <laughs> I just double back again. All right, so uh, I don't know if there's any sound, but we're not hearing it. Yeah, we, it's low. Can we? Oh. Oh, look at that! Oh, the production value just going up. Can you hear it? Uh, it's a little buggy. It's a bit quiet. Yeah. Yeah. Can you start over with the sound up, Stevie? Yeah. There's some audio. Okay, well, I had lowered it before because the previous video Nick couldn't hear himself with, so we're ready to start this again. All right? Okay. Take One two. More time. We'll do it live. Fix it in post. Stomach feeling. This is cool. I haven't seen this. I want to keep a surprise to myself. So. <laughs> All right. So yes, double back by Dale Lear where's our game of the week, which is fortuitous to his birthday this last week. So it ended up being a uh, happy coincidence that he's no longer with us. But so anyway, number ten, boat of car with twenty five thousand and sixty. Hey. That's John from Needles Retro hey. Gaming. Pearl. Number nine, Ben VR Drakes, 25,007. Vaughn, are we going over there? Number eight, Tom C, 38,610. Number seven, Canadian Retro Things at 39,050. Number six, Buck Owens, 43,020. And we'll talk more about that, Buck. Number five, Paul Shoemaker at 46,290. Number four, Alpengrice at 51,320. Number three, Adam Tandy Guy at 56,100. Number two, L. Curtis Boyle at 147.320. So Curtis and Buck have already been mentioned. So who, who is number one? Really? David Ladd, 158,050. David did awesome. Really impressive score. I can't. 
can't Way even go, punch David. when I'm crouched. Really? <laughs> really? Coronavirus shame. Oh, here comes the shame. Oh, back to hell. Wow, that's wow, harsh. That's harsh. Yes. <laughs> so thank you, David Ladd and El Curtis Boyle and Adam Tandy Guy, Alpen Grace, Paul Shoemaker. Buck Owens, Canadian Retro Things, Tom C, Ben VR Drakes, Boat of Car, Mr. Dave 6809, OG Stevie Stro, Damon Beals, uh, me, Nick Moroda, Riza, Cat Lord, R. Allen Murphy, Just Mike, uh, I have no idea, Oligarapri, <laughs> Rob Inman, Terry Stege, Ken Reichardt, Mikey, La Mikey, Mark Mosley, Barry Nelson, and Jason Kokomanda Biz. Thank you all for participating making this our biggest week ever. Now, Nick, uh, Eddie uh, is mentioning in the uh, Zoom chat here that you forgot my 55,000 Well, story. it didn't come through Discord. We'll have to talk to you, Eddie, about that. Oh, okay. And, uh, and something else I talk about is, um, is uh, we did have one late entry uh, because we were pressed for time this week with Coco, with the virtual Coco Fest. Uh, but we did get a late score from Buck Owens, and... Uh, which was at, and shoot, let me find it. Sorry, I lost the screen. We had a late entry from Buck Owens at 127, 120. Does that so make would him have affected, the high, Would that have, no, would have been the highest score? No, that was still, okay. that was still David. Um, but yeah, if you want to be guaranteed to get in the video, your best bet's to be in by Friday night. Uh, usually Saturdays we get, we're able to fit you in, but this week with uh, with the festivities we were not able to do so. Right, because Rob Inman has to produce this video, and, and we you can thank tell you, you can tell by the amount of quality and detail that goes in there. It's not like he can just press a button and poof, it's there. So um, since there, since we're giving out the results on Saturday, ideally the cutoff should you should plan on having your cutoff be Friday night. And, and Friday night's a very relative term with our global audience, but you you get the idea. Saturday morning United Eastern. States time is pretty much your. We can't guarantee that we're going to get you in there, um, or at least we'll mention you, but you might not be in the video because it's already being worked on. Um, good job, Nick Morota. I had fun so playing. Um, I, I didn't play more cause I had to work on my game and, and yeah. for, for, for one of the few times in my life, I didn't let other things get in the way of me finishing something on my cocoa cause I'm usually distracted by shiny objects. So I really tried to stay on target with Kabam this week, but I did play at least once. So no shame in my game this week. Um, now, are you going to announce what game we're going to be playing next week or starting today for, for next week's challenge? Yes. Do you want, do you want to talk at all about Double Back or do you want to cut this one short? Uh, does anybody else want to talk about Double Back? Does anybody... Kind of strategies, et well, cetera, that kind of thing. Do you want to do the tips and tricks after you announce the game? I'd like to hear. I'm sorry. I'm just excited. I want to hear the game. 
Okay, well, basically, double back. The only tricks really is uh, which um, allow things to collect, like the horseshoes and roller skates, and circle as many as you can. You get huge multipliers, and that is a trick that David used to get. Uh, he got like fifty thousand in one in one circle. Uh, wow. That trick. Basically, you heard them. You go circling around the edge so you don't get anything popping up in front of you. <clears throat> and then you just yeah. kind of maneuver and stop at places where you get all of the magnets to merge and the roller skates to merge and the spiders. And so they all become one big glob of shapes. And then you circle that whole chunk at once. <laughs> big glob of yeah. what? <laughs> and there are some, if you go, there are some play videos that people have done. If you want to go and see them in action and, um, and yeah, so thank you very much. Yeah, guys David did one. I did one. I'm not even sure who else all did. Yeah. All right. So without further ado, let's talk about next week's game. So I figured, you know, for uh, it's been the anniversary since a particular incident incident occurred, and this is a uh, this is the uh, virtual Coco Fest episode. So it is with great remorse that I tell you that our game of the week. Uh, you know what? I should. I want to share. Please do. It is with great remorse. This, this the suspense is killing me. Color scripts that, isn't it? Color scripts it. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I thought I was sharing already. I would have seen. It's not one of those up. crappy OS nine games, is it? <laughs> <laughs> I thought I was sharing already. I would have, I would have saved the dramatic build up for. Uh, yeah, uh, well, yeah. The longer you take, the more dramatic it becomes before we fall asleep, anyway. So. Uh, <laughs> it's good because we're running short on this show. And Nick doesn't multitask like uh, OS nine yeah, does. Just hit clear. All Nick. right. Just hit clear. So. You so you ready? We're ready. You can see my you can see my screen. Yes, it says the game Coco of the Talk week Life. with will be Nightmare Highway. Nightmare Highway. Oh, participation <laughs> levels are gonna plummet. So, <laughs> I need to explain some. I need to explain something about Nightmare Highway. So, as you know, there are two versions. There's the free version and the Coco Fest version. Both editions will be allowed. Uh, you will get a slight advantage with the Coco Fest edition in that there's extra scoring opportunities. So if you would like to pick up the Coco Fest edition, you can head on over to Can Can Make It and buy a digital copy for the for the low low price of five dollars, and it's worth at least one of those dollars. Oh, at least. Or you can <laughs> absolutely. The, you can get the uh, the CD version for ten dollars, and Ken will send you the electronic version. Uh, right away. So if you cho choose to get the uh, Coca Fest edition, that's where you can get it. Otherwise, you can play with the free version. And uh, hopefully, we get a great turnout. And, and uh, yeah. yeah, extra so games for the CD version. Extra games as an alleged bonus. <laughs> extra, uh. yes, yes. <laughs> that is so there awesome. you go. <laughs> Rob Inman says, Home Publisher 2, The Smell of Fear. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, this color scripts it. Hey, all right. So I like personal. Either way, you paid personal. too much. You paid too much. <laughs> yes, that's awesome. That is awesome. Oh, what a great show we've had so far. Um, Jim Brain, are you back? Are you here? Are you with us? I'm here. Jim Brain is here. Can you hear me? We can hear you. And it was very Good kind, deal. very kind of you to say, you know what? You guys heard me a couple of weeks ago. Nobody needs to hear me again, so I don't need to be on. But, Jim, we want to hear from you because this would have been Coco Fest. You would have been at Coco Fest. And, doggone it, we want to hear you. <laughs> doggone it, we like you. 
<laughs> I can bore oh. with the rest of with the best of them. Uh, oh yes, I want to hear Jim Brain. <laughs> well, um, I, jeez, how can you can you mute him? <laughs> He's messing me up. Um, so. Uh, I have a couple things to show off today, but I thought primarily one of the things that <clears throat> folks might want to see is when we come to the shows, we really have to pack up our projects and bring them to the show. And so it's a little bit challenging at times because it's not where like folks like myself who do hardware development, you know, we have a hardware environment that or a, a kind of a development environment. This is actually a cave. Um, in the basement of the house and so this is where i kind of make the magic happen and i thought it might be nice to kind of give a little bit of view of it um while i was showing off the projects i had a couple little cute things to show and um folks can ask questions i'm happy to expand on anything i don't want to take too much time i already told um steve that last time i opened my mouth it was 40 minutes later before we managed to get <laughs> control back and do something else so <clears throat> now i i did uh, put it on the phone because it's probably the most portable camera I have. I'm going to see if I can figure out how to turn the camera around. Does anybody know how to do that in Zoom? Or am I... Oh, it's, here it is, right here. Oh, I got it. Little, yeah. I got it. So, you know, Jim, we're just setting you up, you know, so when you complain about how long the show goes, we can say, I know. well, you know, know there was that time. <laughs> <laughs> I'm still going to complain about it, though. So this is uh, probably the first project I wanted to show off. Um, none of these are, I think, um, they're probably not earth-shattering projects, but this is a, we, we, I heard a lot of people talking about uh, mice interfaces, and of course, <clears throat> Paul was talking about a computer or a keyboard interface that would convert a keyboard, a, um, a Cocoa keyboard to USB so that you could use it with RetroPie and whatnot. This is the other way around, or sort of the other way around where this particular interface plugs into a Coco. A Coco, it could be any uh, Coco one, two, or three. Right now, it's using a um, one of those uh, flat, flexible cables, so it's it's hooked into a Coco three. Um, <clears throat> this one's a little bit interesting because instead of having a keyboard of any kind over the side over it, it actually has um, a serial connection, and so it's connected to a uh, a PC, a Windows ten PC, right here, and so. Um, not much to see on here other than if you type keys on the keyboard. So if I type, let's see, um, Jim Brain, and then I look up at the screen here, ah, I have that on the, <clears throat> right? That's neat. Um, That's kind of like what Mr. So, Dave is doing with his Raspberry Pi. Yeah, it's it's equivalent. The, 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 um, <clears throat> the value, I guess, of this is that it, it doesn't require any modification to your Coco. You just have to unplug your keyboard. I am going to uh, design a, excuse me, a, a version of it that has another one of these connectors right below that so you can plug your keyboard into the printed oh, circuit board. Oh, so it and becomes like just, a pass-through. That's mm. right. It'd just be a pass-through. So either you, either you have the serial or you can use your regular keyboard because it's <clears throat> the uh, interesting thing right now is that I... Um, I haven't quite gotten all the keys mapped. And so if you do go to play a game or something and you realize you haven't got one of the keys mapped, you're kind of um, done, right? Because I don't have a keyboard here, so I could uh, go ahead and you know type the key that I haven't got figured out yet. Um, so anyway, that's 
that's one of the things, I, and I, I used it because some of the times I'm working on projects and I need to type in things that are repetitive. And so um, I'll see if I can show here, but if you, if you have this available via, um, uh, uh, you know, serial and you have a program like this, then one of the things that you can do is you can go ahead and see if I can bring up, uh, where is it here? Going back to this temp. I don't see my temp directory. Um, oh, that's right. It's on another machine. Um, but you can put a text file here and then you can, what, what this program at least will do is you can start sending that text file. And so what it'll do is it'll essentially type it in as if somebody was typing on the keyboard. Oh, <clears throat> and so cool. if I have small basic programs that I need to test, then it's easier to do that than it is to try to type them in all the time. Yeah. <clears throat> this is another thing. I don't have it plugged in right now, but I thought I would show folks. I think I've showed this off um, in a video or whatnot, or at least pictures, but this is, um, probably one of the least useful projects um, <laughs> I've made, although that's a challenge. So if people want to help out and try to better me, that's fine. Um, this is a one line by 24 character LCD screen, and it is a cartridge. And so you can plug it into your cartridge port or your MPI, and then you can buy through basic or machine language or whatever. You can put whatever you want on the LCD screen um, that's of interest to you. So. I primarily put it together as a diagnostic, so yeah, I yeah, I was just thinking that because uh, you, you want to <clears throat> do some debugging and see what certain variables or locations cool. are. That's uh, right. Yeah. <clears throat> so mm. I show I'll show the um, kind of back up here, and folks can see the um, the main. Wow. Uh, I know it's got a lot of it's kind of it's kind of hard to get it all in screen here, but. Um, I wanted to show off a couple things I thought were kind of interesting that I've got set up on the <clears throat> oscilloscope. So the oscilloscope uh, real, on the right. Real quick question. Does that uh, yep. LCD panel, does it have a real-time clock? <laughs> no. no. But it could. <laughs> it's not a cocoa project, but it could be. I know. Uh, <laughs> so over here is obviously the screen as you saw just a few minutes ago. And notice the blinking cursor i noticed the commodore the... badge in the bottom of that screen that's the first problem yeah <laughs> no judgment this is a no judgment zone <laughs> actually stevie those 1702s are dang good monitors. Oh, i know they are they yeah, are yeah. yeah i don't know if you can see yes this, we can if we you can see, yeah. so color that's signal. right there yeah, signal Yes, that's right. So this is the video signal for the Coco 3. I've got it piped into my oscilloscope. And you can see right there the um, uh, where the cursor is. And if I hit enter, it should jump um, a little bit. I thought that was David Ladd's keep... brain on floppies. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, that's kind of interesting. <clears throat> Analog's not really my favorite domain, but it is kind of interesting to see the uh, composite output on a on a home computer of the 80s. Um, obviously, there's a lot of stuff, the back porch and all those other kind of things that, uh, that define the NTSC signal. And then over here <clears throat> is, looks pretty simple. This is the, this is the clock generation um, for a Coco. So Coco 1, 2, and 3, the top yellow line is the, what, what everybody calls the E clock. And right down below it is the Q clock. The one thing I wanted to point out is, is you can, you should be able to see on the screen 
you would think that the clocks are very um, just, you know, zero and five volts and whatnot. But as you can tell, they're kind of messy. <clears throat> so you can see, uh, let me see if I can get up closer. Yeah. You can see they're like kind of messy. Trying to do here. your homework on the bus. Yeah. That's right. <laughs> <clears throat> so when you talk, when you hear people talk about, or folks like myself, we're on a call and we talk about clock glitching or whatnot. These aren't actually a glitch. These are because they don't drop far enough down. But this one here is starting to look kind of poor. And uh, that one there, after they get about halfway down, then you start to get worried. So mm. right now, this, these clocks look pretty clean, but obviously not as not as, as good as um, you would want for like 100 megahertz or whatever. Luckily, these are 1 megahertz or 2 megahertz machines, so we're okay. So anyway, that's a digital scope, and that's a that's a um, analog scope. And then <clears throat> the machine I've got set up here, you'll notice this big batch of wires that comes up here and hooks to... Oh, nice. This unit right here. Logic. Oh, wow. this... <clears throat> yes. Yes, this is a logic analyzer. And this is this this really is a tool that's indispensable if you're going to do digital analysis. So right now it's set up to free run. So if you look real close here, I'm sure it's running basic. So it's it's in the main loop. So it's just reading the address and data bus here. A7D3 looks like somewhere looks like a loop that it's spending a lot of time in. So that must be the loop where it's just waiting for us to press a character and, until it, uh, um, until a, we hit enter or whatever. Hmm? That's a pretty high-end analyzer you got there. Agilent didn't was certainly no slouches. Uh, no, they're pretty. They're, I just got this one probably a couple months ago, right before the the the, ch the challenge started up, and I decided it was time for me to upgrade uh, analyzers. This one is so. These are two cables. Each cable holds sixteen uh, channels. 16 channels of, uh, of uh, logic analyzer. So um, this is 32 channels here, and there's there's um, there's eight of these cables that are that are set up in this machine right now. So about 134 channels that you can monitor wow. at once. This is like an EEG or something. I, mean, I feel like I'm in a it, hospital it room is. right now. It is. It is indeed. But it for does a computer, make, yeah. You, know, <clears throat> you can see right here all the little signals you can. And of course, you can set it up however you want, but you can see exactly what's going on at, at any moment. And um, as folks who read some of my Coco DMA um, articles and looked at some of the screenshots can see, you can even set it up so that, like right now, it's setting up for one line per cycle. So this FFFF and, and whatnot, but you can also set it up so that it takes multiple scans, like an, like an EEG machine every three nanoseconds and so i can go down and i can oh, yeah. see what the state of the cpu was mid-cycle let's say wow <clears throat> so that's cool. anyway so what are you, you in, you're analyzing data and address lines there i guess or yeah this was so this is a setup i was using for coco dma um and this is actually the setup for the coco dma project so you've got this big huge rat's nest of cables <laughs> right or uh, connectors right here for the cpu yeah. And the data bus is over here, and then I've got a couple of these things, and then here's the board that has the circuitry on it, and of course the Coco SDC where I load the software. So yeah, I was looking up to make sure that my actual memory got written with the logic analyzer. That's amazing. <clears throat> so That's no really chance cool. of uh, frying up any of those cables into the new machine, right? Uh, what? What? Do you, what? <laughs> <laughs> and you're not going to cause. Always... No, I mean, there's always a chance, right? Because, like, right See? over here, I mean, this is the business end yeah. of the Coco 3, right? So these cables show up in there, and 
then the whole logic analyzer would be toast. Yeah, so do not yeah. touch. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, do not touch. Uh, <laughs> what um, I've discovered is that the leads for that are like hen's teeth. You can get the breakout cables, no problem, but the ribbon cable leads are almost impossible to buy. Yeah, well, okay. I'll help you out there. <clears throat> okay, well, I'll have to can, talk to you because I have uh, three cards in, in my 16702, but I only have two leads in I got those by buying an additional card. Uh, um, we'll we'll find you. We'll get you a set. We'll set you up. <clears throat> All right. And uh, um, since mm -hmm. I have an extra card, I'll have to ship that your way. Okay. Cool. Um, this is probably the only other thing that I wanted to point out before I show off some more projects. This is a um, it's an Amscope um, for a four and a half to two hundred X microscope with a with a built in LCD um a camera on it and i don't know if i can show what it looks like in the unit or not i doubt it it's probably not gonna um, oh, i see a white light coming through there yeah. <clears throat> yeah the white light um <laughs> light obviously <laughs> all of us are well some of us on the panel might be younger but but uh, i'm not so my eyes are starting <laughs> to get kind of bad and, and if you're soldering if you're soldering little devices like um yeah, like that right yeah. there Oh, forget um, it, yeah. it's very it's very difficult to solder those without a without something like this so i i invested in that after a little while yeah. um here's a what couple other cool huh what's, go ahead what's your what's your uh your main soldering iron oh i use a metcal so i know a lot of people are okay. religious about their things but i use a metcal and then uh, for desoldering hot air desoldering i've got a cheapo chinese uh air hot air desoldering tool which is what this is right here and then um if you want the solder sucker type of uh desoldering station then i have a pace uh, down there oh nice that I use. yeah cool cool so and i got the little tweezers so mm. and you're tweezers. you're a fan of the of the of the brass cleaning sponge too obviously yes looks of it. yes i am um brass Ooh. is brass they is work best. so much better <laughs> so much better yep way better um, I showed a couple pictures of this the other day, but here's my here's a Coco One. I think this is a 64K Coco One. It's got a uh, an Orchestra 90 cartridge in it. Nice um, keyboard. It's playing, huh? Nice keyboard. Yes. Yeah. yeah, it's, yeah, a, yeah. it's an aftermarket keyboard. I forget what the name of the keyboard manufacturer Keytronic. is. HGL. Keytronics. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. HGL okay. had the four function keys. The Keytronic had the one PF key. Oh, okay. Well, cool. Um, uh, this unit is being is serving up video to this little unit, which wow. I don't even know if I can zoom in on that. We but that's an inch it. and a half. That's Tiny an inch monitor. and a half. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it is. But it's 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 the red monitor, and you'll see here if I hit enter, it should go to green. Um, yeah, yeah. And there you can hey. score. And then uh, I don't. I have no idea if you can. Oh uh, yeah, yes, we kind of sort of can. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yep. Can Inverted can, text. Yeah. <clears throat> Right. Try 80 and columns. No, I'm just play. kidding. 80 columns. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe the light pad would work well on this. Oh, yeah, right? It's, it's a CRT, so. That's cool. There. Can you hear it? Yeah. William oh, Tell. Yeah, yeah. Oh, William Tell. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. So I got this. Uh, this is the world, what I understand to be the world's smallest color television. Wow. So it's a Panasonic uh ct 101 and i just first does it first thing after i got it i decided i had to see if it would uh 
big hooked up to a home computer. So Neat. there you go. <laughs> That's cool. <clears throat> now the other what unit I, I have. Oh, uh, yeah, there might be one laying around here somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> this is um, this is the Philharmonic Twelve, which is Ooh. the or um, Symphony yes, Twelve. That's right, the Symphony Twelve Ooh, replica, well and I've got it set up here. Hopefully, you can hear it. Yeah. Yep. yep. So that's courtesy of Chet Simpson, who wrote me some sample code for it to try it out. So because this is all through hole, um, I'm gonna oh. I'm gonna put the board and the bill of materials and whatnot online. And so folks can build that themselves. Um, cool, cool. Yep. So yeah, but it does, uh, it's gonna, John Strong is gonna have to make a case for it because those big chips, there was no way to get all that into a, uh, into a, into a game cartridge case. So. Okay. <clears throat> now, you question for you, Jim. Of... Huh? What'd you say? A question for you, Jim. Uh, yeah. Does that actually sit in the same address space as the original Symphony 12? It does. It's okay. exactly the same. It is exactly I used the to own thing, one. <clears throat> the only thing that's different on this one is I, I made a, because the Symphony 12 was designed during the Coco One two days, and so it uses the uh, 0.89 megahertz. It, it, well, no, it doesn't use the 12 volt rail, but it uses the uh, clock frequency of the, of the computer Coco. to drive the sound. Well, uh, obviously, if you're on a Coco 3 and you change it to fast mode, then all your sounds are going to be uh, would it be twice as Double twice pitch. as high in pitch, yeah. right? Yeah. So I put a I put a, a jumper. I don't know that you can see there, but I put a jumper there, and I put a crystal there so that in the event, I mean, if it, it's set normally to use the the crystal, and that way, no matter what speed the computer's at, it'll always run the same frequency on the Symphony 12. Yeah. Okay. So that's yeah. so. What's that basically? A stereo D to A converter audio um, thing. <clears throat> I don't think I'd call it a D to A. These are, I mean, these are actually 80s style. Um, AY, AY3D. The AY8912s, yeah. it uses four of them. <clears throat> these are tiny. Oh, they're the actual, yeah, right, right, right. So it's actually got sound yeah. chips on board. Okay. So each one has, each one has three, three tone channels and one noise channel, if I remember correctly. And yep. then yep. these two are hooked up to the right channel. And then these two over here are hooked up to a left channel. So essentially you have, uh, you have six voices per, uh, 12 voices total, six voices per side, and then four, um, four like drum or whatever you kind of noise channels. Percussive, yeah. yeah, yeah that's right. neat. Right. That's, that's a freaking sound yep. card on steroids, man. Yeah, it is. is <laughs> I actually used to own a Symphony 12 and they were awesome. And, and what's, what's the, what's the de facto player for this? Like Lyra or what else would support this when Musica output to this or Curtis, I'm going to have to lean on you on that. What's the question? Actually, Lyra and Musica both used it. Okay. So there's yeah, probably it had some, its own software too, some off the shelf stuff we can get on the archive to, to drive this probably. Right. Yeah. Lyra supports eight voices on it. If I remember correctly, if you have the right driver for it. So. Got it. I was going to point out one more thing I forgot to mention. So the the monitor is so small, Panasonic shipped it with a <laughs> magnifier. <laughs> slide onto the unit. They used, they, really used, they used to do that with the, the first Nintendo handheld, too. The, the, uh, what was that thing called? Yeah, the, yeah, the yeah. Game Boy. Right. The Game Boy, yeah. That's right. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Shades of the movie Brazil. That's right. <laughs> that's a really cool setup. I'm sorry. Zoom. 
And so I was just going to say, that's a really cool setup you got there, really cool workshop. Well, it makes it real easy to set up things and try them out, especially with all this equipment here. And I was just telling somebody last yeah. night, <clears throat> when I when I did hardware, you know, when I, I was, uh, my degree is in computer engineering, and so I did some hardware design when I was in college. But in college, this was a $15,000 yeah. you know, piece of equipment. Yeah. And this yeah. was probably a $7,000 piece of equipment, and that didn't even exist. So, <clears throat> you know, Nowadays, all this stuff's like this was like three hundred bucks, and this was three hundred bucks, and that was three. You know, everything's like two or three hundred dollars, so it's much more, you know, you can possible do for it. hobbies. Yeah. that's right. Yeah. Um, Same thing with my workshop. I mm -hmm. got a, a Tech Seven Six Zero Three, two um, Tech Scopes. One of them's got um, four channels of analog <clears> input, and the other one's got a Seven D Twenty digitizer. Um, mm -hmm. Back in the day when they were out, that was twenty thousand dollars worth of scope, and I got it for yeah. one hundred and fifty bucks. Hey Jim, um, do you, did you have to um, beef up the wiring in your basement to support all this stuff? I did not. <laughs> However, um, there is a pretty big draw. This 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 particular uh, um, desk right here probably is 15 amps just by itself, and so um, luckily our basement is set up with a lot of different circuits for um, commercial stuff or whatever. And so mm -hmm. it made it easier for, for me to tap into the appropriate amount of uh, power, but yes, definitely. And of course the home computers are definitely not known for their energy saving traits, right? Mm -hmm. so, <clears throat> um, this is one more thing I was going to show off. This is a, um, so everybody, well, I don't know that everybody knows, but a lot of folks know that I manufacture the, eight megabyte flash cartridge uh, called Coco Flash. And it's all surface mount. In fact, I think I have uh, one I'm laying around here, a board I can show folks, but obviously um, it's a nice unit and whatnot. And, and I have actually almost sold out of them. So I'm gonna have to make a new batch, but I know there's some value in having a through hole, some, some sort of project that folks can do on their own. And so this is a um, 512K, um, flash cartridge so it can be loaded by anybody and it only takes four uh, chips and it's all through hole and so I'm going to be putting the plans for this online and so folks can this will be under open source and so if folks want to build a flash cartridge on their own without having to spend that much money or they just you know kind of want to have something so they can put some of their favorite games on it right here What's, this is an option what <clears> size <throat> is it 512k so half a meg <clears throat> yeah, half a meg. And the, Coco, the regular Cocoa Flash was what, eight megs? Yes, it is. So yes, this could be a Cocoa so Flash I'll... Junior. Cocoa Flash Junior, that's right. Cocoa yeah. Flash Junior. Maybe I'll just call it that. <laughs> <laughs> call it that. Um, one project I'm working on right now, and I, I know um, uh, Brian and others have been uh, touting the, the, the MIDI Maestro, which is the MIDI cartridge that I'm working on. Let me turn a light that's on cool. here. I'm really waiting. I'm, I'm really keen on yep. that one. So the the mint the the MIDI Maestro is is under production and 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 should be reaching its um, buyers here pretty soon. It was going to be handed out at the at the at the Cocoa Fest, but obviously we're not all together, and so um, it'll have to be shipped out. This is a prototype of a version of it that includes. Somebody had asked if it was possible to put um, a, a flash capability on the Cocoa on the uh, MIDI Maestro as well, so it could carry its own. Um, MIDI uh, application, and so this is a version 
pretty much the same unit as uh, Brian Schubring and I worked on. Um, it just has the addition of some flash chip. So uh, flash would that memory. theoretically boot up into kind of like an uh, the Orchestra <laughs> 90 did, where you boot up into a player? Yes, that was the whole idea. Okay. So for folks that are for folks that are doing a performance and just want to have something already ready to go, then it would just automatically boot into that. Neat. And if 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 somebody wrote the appropriate piece of software, it could not only boot into that, but they might be able to load their uh, MIDI files directly from Flash as well. In which case, they would need to bring a, uh, a disk drive uh, oh, at all wow. to the performance. So. We well, could just put a USB no, port on there. We can plug in our own sticks to expand the story, That's right? That's true, yeah. <laughs> so if somebody came by and visited your place, they'd have to have like five, $600 on their pocket to cash in on some of the goodies <laughs> you have there. <laughs> no, we just kill Jim and take everything out of us. That's right. Shame, <laughs> shame, shame. Um, one of the things that makes it nice to do development, of course, this is my main development environment here. So you've got the dual, uh, uh, dual monitors on the bottom and then the laptop on top. But the nice thing about some of the newer equipment, like the uh, logic analyzer, is it has the ability to be viewed on your PC. And then here's a PC view of the oscilloscope. So if you need to take screen capture or whatever, you got an, you got an opportunity right there. Cool, cool. Amazing. So, <clears throat> there you go. Is that, that, is is. that one uh, machine Windows-based? It looks like a Windows screen. Um, the, no, it, it actually is It's supposed to look like Windows. Oh. Um, actually, it's Unix. So, that is an HP logic analyzer. And so, it runs a version of HP Unix called HP UX. And then there, there are various what they call used to call windowing systems. And so the windowing system that's running on there to provide the graphical interface is called FVWM95, which was supposed to be a replica of Windows 95. And so that's why it has that Windows 95 look and feel. What's that running in the background behind you there on the right-hand side? On the right-hand side. Yeah. Sorry, your left. Sorry, it'll be, it's my right. Yeah, that's right here. The white dot moving on the green screen. I'm curious about that is. <clears throat> That's um, when the software I was you were listening to with the Symphony 12 or the Philharmonic 12. Um, that's just the screen output that Chet puts up there to show every time it hits a new note. So every time it hits okay. a new note, it, so you can see it here. It's it's moving the um, the cursor every time that it it moves to a new. It's a sample system, I think, and so every time it does a new sample, it moves the cursor across the screen. Neat. Okay. Hmm. There you go. Mikey, you had a question? Very cool. <clears throat> no, I was just saying I used to use FVWM95 on Linux way back in the day. <laughs> well, there now you could you can actually you can remote into this machine from the internet. Wow. So if you remote in, you can uh, you can control my my logic analyzer if that's of interest to you. <laughs> <laughs> so if you see some spurious results you, on your analyzer, you go looking for who's hacking right. in. Can you plug it into my right. project? Thanks. Yeah. Um, I'm just I'm just gonna throw this out that um, we're probably gonna skip the caboose because we're coming up on eight minutes away from a six hour show and it's been a great show. It's literally been nonstop back to back to back. It's literally been a cocoa fest. It's literally been a cocoa fest, but there can be too much of a good thing. So I don't want to beat anything to death. 
Um, so whenever we're done, done, we're going to roll the credits and then we're going to end the show. I was actually thinking about maybe even closing with the national anthem one more time because it was so damn good and maybe not Woo-hoo. everybody heard it at the sure. top of the show. Um, yeah. but well, Dave's uh, still here. Yeah. So, what about tomorrow's show? Uh, well, you're here at 9 a.m. Ron. Yeah. I mean, Coco <laughs> Fest is, yeah. well, just wait for us. We'll be here. Yeah. So we're having an after dark tonight. Uh, listen, anything is possible. Anything is possible. <laughs> but let me just start by going back over who all was on the show today. So we opened up the show with D. Bruce Moore's National Anthems. Our first presentation was Darren Daz Ottery with his Blue Monday cover that was sequenced on a coco we had awesome. nathan bird show awesome. us uh Daggerath cool. online awesome uh norm uh lamoureux uh via facebook we showed off his rainbow fest 1989 video that was very cool, cool. Uh, we got to see kabam by steve strobridge brendan donahy and his lovely daughter morgan were here just doing some uh, fyi on the coco vga Ken Reichard introduced us to the Nightmare Highway music video and a brand new Coco Thoughts. Awesome. Um, Rick Adams, Temple of Rom 2 level design and coding demo. That was very cool. Mm-hmm. We saw from uh, Ben Drakes and Explore VR, the Project A teaser 2. Um, Nick Morenti showed us a very riveting video of him eating Vegemite, right? Mm-hmm. So we got to that see awesome. what he was doing on the cocoa. Where was I? All right. Um, Henry Reitveld, we got to see the uh, the whole inside of his arcade one-up cabinet running uh, cocoa emulator. Jason Reichard showed us a thing or two about a thing or two. Roundel Vo showed us Coco Max 2 and 3. David Ladd and Mark Overholzer talked about the PS2 mouse adapter. Uh, Erico showed us his new Outhouse Semi-Graphics 4-looking game that runs on Windows. Eddie Serbinski and his Light Pen demo. D. Bruce That's Moore awesome. with the Coco Fest 20th Anniversary book and a bonus Joey and Coco multimedia presentation for the show. Paul Fiscarelli with his keyboard encoder and joystick adapter. Michael Furman talking about DW Term version 0.2 and Pi Drive Wire version 0.5 Charlie. David O'Connor with his Coco 3 repack and a Model 4 case. L. Curtis Boyle and Rob Inman demoing off EOU Beta 5 Test 2. We had Scott Went, a.k.a. Malfunk, showing us his cool Xbox 360 USB adapter running on a Coco. And last but not least, we got to see the inside of the Mad Laboratories of Jim Brain and Retro Innovations. Uh, Now, how much would you pay? But wait, there's more. No, so... I can't tell you how <laughs> how thrilled I am with how well today went. You know, I put out a call to arms saying, hey, guys, let's have a virtual. This was actually Ron Delvo suggested this a while ago. Hey, what do you guys think about a virtual Cocoa Fest? And we're was on, it the day that we found you know? it was postponed? And so Ron Delvo <laughs> mentioned this a while ago. What do you guys think? And my first thought was, well, listen, we get together every Saturday anyways. But then I really started thinking about it. I really started asking around, and I was surprised on um, – how overwhelmingly positive people were about wanting to do this um, and not have this opportunity go to waste. And so I want to thank all of you who um, 
who presented today. We've had we were averaging about 70 people watching us live, which is a record for this show. We have wow. 60 people watching us right now, still six hours into this. Wow. And um, and this I would say this was nothing short of a huge success. And so and that and that success is attributed to everybody here and everybody watching because we decided, you know what, we want to make lemonade from this situation, right? So this has been the best six hour glass of lemonade I've ever had. I want to thank all of you. Um, so anybody have any last words before we roll the closing credits? Curtis Boyle. I have one thing to say uh, to, to Ron. I kind of poo-pooed the idea when you first said it and I was completely wrong. You were right. <laughs> yeah, I wasn't sure either to be, be honest. Be sorry. Yeah. <laughs> it did, as Stevie said, it we turned out much better than I expected. It. It's an awesome show. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Patrick, what are you holding up there? Oh, I didn't get to sell any of these. What is it? That's the original Fast 232. Oh. 16 by 50 serial board. board. Wow. Mm. Did you find yeah, I didn't make any mistakes on this at all. <laughs> ah, <laughs> nice. <laughs> nice. Yeah. RS232. <laughs> yeah. Oh, you've, wake, you've woken up David Ladd now. See what you've done. Yeah. I can't figure out where to put the ROM, though. No. And you'll hate this, but thank you, Stevie, for arranging this all week. Working so hard to get people and put together yes. all the, all the itinerary. And you did a real fantastic job. And I thank you for everything you do. Thank you. And so, uh, thank I, you. I totally agree. You deserve uh, everybody. Yeah. Hi. Yes. That's true. Yes. And Stevie, thank you for not rage quitting over an entire six hour show. That's impressive. Yeah, and Grant was saying, I'm surprised Stevie hasn't complained about being hungry. Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> I did I had I had lunch before we started the show, but yeah, this has been a marathon. But it it's just been nonstop. So there's been other than a few little tiny glitches, this this has been, you know, just content after content and i appreciate everybody for trying to keep the train moving and keep the well, time going you glossed over kabam too kabam's looking pretty good looking really good too yeah I'm really glad that you're yeah uh, absolutely yeah once you yeah. poured it to nitrous nine i'll actually try it yeah. <laughs> <laughs> can you have nitrous nine kill itself before launch oh it? absolutely that's the best thing a nitrous nine ever did was commit suicide so. <laughs> there's, got, there's got to be something wrong happening now why is that uh-oh that one oh, is no. oh, it's the <laughs> ugly one. Uh, I'm sure there's a bigger window you've got there to prop up with that thing. So yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I can absolutely. do a car door. Yeah. Oh, so to everybody in the live chat, we appreciate you being out there. It's just been too much to try to keep on top of to be as interactive with you all there today. But we appreciate you there. We do this every Saturday. Today was just like any other Cocoa Fest. It's a bunch of guys getting together talking about what they love, right? And so this was like any Cocoa other Cocoa Talk. Talk. This episode was like any other Cocoa Talk that we have every week because every week we put on the best damn show on the entire freaking internet and we'll be doing it again next week too. So let's go ahead. Am I sharing sound? I don't know if I'm sharing sound, but we're going to go ahead and share sound right now. We're going to play the um we're gonna play the closing credits i'm not gonna run the caboose bumper i'm just gonna play the outro and then we'll come back for final 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 thoughts after that this concludes another episode of coco talk the world's leading live talk show featuring the tandy color computer for all things coco talk visit us on the web at cocotalk.live we'd love to hear from you send feedback suggestions even segments via email to coco talk at cocotalk.live Coco Talk is rocking the 8-bit world. <laughs>
keeping the tandy flame alive. We may be mocked, but we'll never stop. Cause Coco Talk is rocking the A big world. Consider supporting the show with a purchase of merchandise from our retro swag shop at 8bit256.com. If you'd like to become a patron of the show, click the Patreon link at our website at cocotalk.live. Coco Talk would not exist without the community, its cast, crew, and contributors. Thanks go to Curtis Boyle, David Ladd, Mark Overholzer, Grant Leedy, Bruce Moore, Nick Marentes, Ron Delvo, Rick Adams, Jason Riker, Richard Lorbieski, Jim Brain, Tom C., Rob Inman, Mark Bosley, Brian Joyce, Ken Riker, David O'Connor, Brian Weasler, Terry Stegney, Nick Marota, John Strong, and many more, especially to Steve Bjork for production suggestions and James Diffendaffer for making my head explode. Please help support the Coco community by visiting some of its various contributors. A list of resources is available at imacoconut.com. That's I-M-A-C-O-C-O-N-U-T dot com. The Coco Talk theme song is copyright 2008 by D. Bruce Moore and Greg Sheeler. Mixed, mastered, and produced by D. Bruce Moore. Greetings, all you 2020 virtual Coco Festers. I invite you all to rise, take off your hats, and join with me in singing our national anthems. Are you getting up? Just because we can't see you doesn't mean you shouldn't stand up. Okay, true patriots, please stand. Oh, say can you see by the dawn's early light What so proudly we hailed at the twilight's last gleaming Whose broad stripes and bright stars through the perilous fight O'er the ramparts we watched were so gallantly streaming and the rockets red glare the bombs bursting in air gave proof through the night that our flag was still there oh say does that star-spangled banner yet wave o'er the land of the free and the home of the brave oh canada our home and native land true patriot love in all of us command 
with glowing hearts we see thee rise, the true north strong and free. From far and wide, O Canada, we stand on guard for thee. God keep our land glorious and free. O Canada, we stand on guard for thee. O Canada, we stand on guard for thee. Coco forever! Bruce Moore. Oh, I get the chills. Awesome pipes. Very well done. Woo. Beautifully done. How I guess I have to learn the Australian one now. Is there, a, is there yeah. one? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what is it? Is it uh, come from the land it's down called, under? Is that what it is? It's, it's, Matilda. Matilda. Walsing Matilda. Walsing <laughs> Matilda. <laughs> <laughs> What a perfect ending to a perfect show. Uh, thank you, everybody. Thank you. I want to thank God for all things that are possible. I want to thank Tandy for creating the color computer. I want to thank all you guys here for being crazy cocoa nuts and helping us have the best cocoa talk ever until the next cocoa talk. All right, guys, we're going to press the button. Say goodbye, everybody. Thank you so much. I would like to say thank you to everyone. God bless us, everyone. Yes, yes, yes. And happy birthday, Coco! Fortieth anniversary. That's right. Yes. All right, we're pressing the button, Frank.